It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, June 24th. 2013 and no i am not a dirty bastard i actually do change my clothes but yes you are right i am wearing the same thing that i wore last week that's because last week is this week this week's episode of the mma hour is a best of episode we are off this week we're not actually really here we taped this last week to show you this week you understand what i'm saying Sort of. We've done these before. Best of shows. When we're off, we still want to give you something. So we're going to give you some of our best interviews from the last year or so. Last time we did a best of show was around September of last year. So we thought we'd compile some of the best interviews that we've done on this very show and put them here together for you to get your MMA Hour fix. We know how much you guys love to hear from us every Monday afternoon. It's not the same without us. We get that, and that's why we put this together for you. And what's interesting is you may see a collection of different studios. We've bounced around a lot since last year. We've actually had three different looks since last year. That's how much change there's been in our lives, and the one constant has been you, and that's why we couldn't leave. That's why we couldn't change things and not have a show today. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Today on the show, on this best of show, you're going to hear some fan favorite interviews. How about when Conor McGregor was on the show eating blueberries like a boss? He was just chilling. He hadn't even been in the UFC. He didn't even have a pot to piss in, my friends. Eating blueberries like it was uh, ain't no thing, as they say. Not really in Ireland, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, you'll hear from Conor McGregor pre-UFC debut. Our man Prebeck will be stopping by. Tons of great stuff we got planned for you. So just sit back. Relax, strap on your seatbelt. This is the best of the MMA Hour. You cannot talk about the, the, the ultimate fighting championship, the success of the UFC, without talking about this man. We've mentioned him several times. He is uh, arguably one of, if not the most famous MMA fighter of all time, even still today. Everyone knows who he is. Everyone knows his last name. Everyone knows his first name. It is a huge honor to be joined by the legend himself, Hoist Gracie, right now on the MMA Hour. Hoist, how are you? Good, man. I'm at Disneyland. <laughs> you know what? That's amazing that you are at Disneyland. Do we have that clip? Brendan, do we have that clip? I want to play this clip. Before we get to it, you, you do, you're, you're actually in Disneyland right now, right, Hoyce? I am. I'm trying to find a quiet spot, man, so I can talk to you. you. You sound great right now. Do we have this clip? Isaac, give me a thumbs up. Brendan, anyone? Okay, we'll get to it. Yeah, we do have it. Okay. We're going to play this clip before we get to the interview because I find it fascinating. You told me earlier today, Hoyce, that, that you are going to be in Disneyland. And at the end of the first ever UFC, back on November 12, 1993, uh, you had won the tournament. You won all your fights. You did so in very impressive fashion. They gave you this massive check of $50,000. And they asked you, we have it, Isaac? And they asked you, where are you going to do? What are you going to do? Where are you going? And this is what you said. So you get in a clinch, if, if they don't know what to do, it's great jiu-jitsu all the way. There's no chance. What are you going to do with the money? I'm going to go to Disneyland. You going to Disneyland? <laughs> Unbelievable. You're, go, you're, you're still in Disneyland. Are, are you, do you go to Disneyland every, every year to celebrate the birth of the UFC? Man, I have four kids. <laughs> I come over here at least about six, eight times a year. 
Do you remember saying that in the cage? Of course. My mother was, my mother was in town, and uh, I didn't spend any time with her before the fight. So I had to bring her to Disneyland to kiss out a little bit. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is unbelievable. And in, and in some ways, you haven't left. So I want to ask you this, Hoist, and thank you so much for joining us. This being the 19th anniversary of the UFC, it's a huge honor for us, a real true honor for us to have you on the show. Um, we had earlier Art Davey, who was uh, one of the co-founders with your brother Horian, and they were, he was talking to us about how it all came about. And he said he figured that Horian was going to ask Hickson to be a part of the, the, the first ever UFC. But at the end of the day, he went with you. Why did he go with you over Hickson? I think because uh, Hickson was a little too big for wouldn't be as impressive. Uh, 200 pounds being up to 220. So me being a 178 being up to 220, it was much more impressive. Do you remember when you first found out that they were going to put on this show? Yes. <laughs> Take us back just, to that moment. Holland just came up to me. I called me his office and said, I mean, I knew he was setting up the show. I knew he was doing that. He was organizing the whole thing. And then he called me his office and said, hey, I'm going to put you to do it. I was like, good. I can't wait. <laughs> having, such a, having such a big family. Sometimes, I, I mean, I was wondering when is going to be my turn. So there's always a brother that's older or younger bigger, stronger, faster. So it's like, hey, give me a chance, guys. So did you feel a bit at the time like you were kind of overlooked in the family? A little bit. A little bit. I mean, again, my family is very big. Right. So it's uh, everybody doing the same thing. Sometimes you get a little overlooked. So that being said, were you surprised that he came to you? I wasn't surprised. I was just, uh, let's say, I was with him. I was teaching a lot of the classes at the Grace Academy. He knew me um, very well by then, how I think, because I'm not an aggressive person. I'm not a violent person. But I get the job done. And he tested me before with, with people that came into the Grace Academy. So he thought that my, uh, my character would have been perfect for the show. And why didn't Horian do it? Why didn't he compete in the first show? He was a promoter. Can't do everything. Come on, man. <laughs> well, you know, the Gracies, <laughs> I think they think that they could do everything. So was that even considered? Sometimes. Sometimes we do. <laughs> so, so that was never even a consideration, right? That, that, that he would fight in the first show representing the family? No, no. It wasn't even a consideration. He just, I'm, I'm, I was the only shot. He came up to me and, hey, you want to do it? I'm going to put you to do it. I was like, Perfect. Now the f- back to training. The, yeah, exactly. That's actually my next question. The first show was November twelfth of, of ninety three. How many months or weeks did you have to prepare for for the event? Uh, that was about three months, four months. I have it, three to four months notice. It was the same as everybody else. As he was asking people, and he asked the number one boxer at the time, and he declined. After number two. Until he got, I think Jimison was number six on the on the rank at the time, and he accepted. And then he was going to kickboxing champions and combat champions and kung fu champions. He was going for number one guys. So I saw that he was making the list, and then he asked me. 
And, and what did you do to prepare for this? Because nowadays, I mean, this guy fights this guy. They know who they're fighting. They prepare. You're going in there to not only fight more than one guy, but you don't really know what to expect. What did you do in training to prepare for this event? Well, on the first one, we had a sumo wrestler, and the, it was a random draw. And that was, it was done at night before the fight. So we didn't know who we were going to fight so you got to be prepared for everybody, for a grappler, for a sumo wrestler, for a kickboxer. you got to be ready for everybody. So did you bring in, like, a sumo wrestler, a boxer, a kickboxer? Did you bring these guys in to train with you in the weeks leading up to the fight? Not a sumo wrestler, but I had enough students that I, can, that I could choose from kickboxing, boxing, from very heavy, not exactly sumo wrestler, but very heavy students that would have helped me out so I can get used to the body weight. The main thing is strategy for me. It's not just uh, come in and duke it out and fight. Okay, if he's a grappler, good for me. I know what to do. If he's a kickboxer, I got to get in a clinch. He moves such a way. If he's a karate man, he moves a different way, but I'm still going to have to get in a clinch. So a sumo wrestler, eventually I got to get in a clinch. It's just how I get there, how they move him. And a lot of people have said that uh, the UFC in some ways was going to be like an infomercial for the Gracies and for your brother and, and for the family. And, and, the, and I'm imagining that there was a lot of pressure on you because, you know, your brother's involved. He's the, the promoter and, and, and you're trying to represent the family. They chose you. Did you feel that pressure? Were you even nervous before the fight? I didn't feel the pressure. If I felt that pressure, I wouldn't walk out. Wow. And um, if I was nervous, I would definitely not walk out. But whoever says that this was an infomercial for the Gracie family. Should've got in and fought Ken Shamrock. Should walk in and fought Gerard Gordon. Hey, look what he did to Taylor Tully. So it wasn't a sure thing that I was gonna win. I was the light of opponent. If you look at the bracket, I was the last man fighting on the bracket every single time. So there was no advantage at all. My brother never gave me advantage and put the first fight of the night so I can rest during the others. I was the last fight of the, of, the, of the bracket. So my return for the second fight was much faster. You had your father, the late uh, Helio Gracie, there. You had your family, of course, there. No one came to you and said, Hoist, there's a lot on the line here. You know, we've been doing Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. We've been all over the world. This is our big chance to, to you know, reach another level. No one had that talk with you that, you know, you, you have to come through for the family here tonight? Nope, they didn't have to. <laughs> I knew it, but I ignore it. Right. I'm just going to do it, trust, and do what I know. How many, do what I can do it. How many family members were there that night in Denver? Do you recall uh, approximately? Um, Euler was there, Hulker, Hickson, Helson, Horion, all the brothers. A uh, couple cousins came in. And your first fight was against Art Jimerson. He had one boxing glove on. When you walked in there and found out that this guy was wearing one boxing glove against you, in hindsight, not the smartest move, what were you thinking? It was, I mean, for he, he was thinking about doing jab, jab me so many times, he didn't want to break his hand. So he wants to keep me away. And uh, I thought, hey, he have a boxing glove. Good. He's not going to be able to grab me. <laughs> So you, you thought that that was an incredibly stupid move on his part, right? I thought I didn't think it was stupid. I think it was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, good for you, maybe not for him. Did he hurt you at any point in the fight? He didn't even touch me. <laughs> so you 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 he left. Didn't even touch me. I got in a cringe, took him down. I mounted on him, and he just waved to stop to quit. I was actually surprised. I was like, but then again, I thought, hey, he's a boxer. Once he goes to the ground, he has no idea what to do. He was out of his game. Might as well why taking a beating. He just quit. So you leave that that fight. You leave the cage. Two minutes, eighteen seconds. You're fine. I I, I noticed that, and and you said you know you're you're not an angry guy, a violent guy. But it seemed like you kind of held on to some of those chokes a little longer. Were you trying to send a message like, oh, well, why exactly did you do that? I know it was kind of the wild west, but watching it now, yeah. it seems like they were held on a little long. No. That that was because of uh, Ken Shamrock. After my fight, my second fight in UFC one, I fought Ken Shamrock. After I got him in a choke. As soon as he tapped, I let it go, and he continued. Mm. He tried to continue. So the ref got kind of stuck, like, should I let it go, or should I stop the fight? That's when I look at the ref, and I said, let it go. We're going to continue. I talked to, talk to him in Portuguese, a Brazilian ref, and I said it in English. But then I look at, at, at Ken Shamrock, and I said, okay, I know you tap, You know you tap, But you want to continue. Let's go. Go. Keep going. Because now I was going to hold the choke. I was going to pull him out. That's when he decided, by the tone of voice, the way he came out, he decided to, okay, yeah, no, no, you're right, I, I quit. So he stopped. And when you looked at the bracket, did you think that Ken was your biggest threat? Um, they were all big threats, man. Come on, getting a punch by Ash Jimenson, Gerardo Gordur, principally watching, seeing what Gerardo Gordur did to Taylor Cooley. Everyone is a threat, man. But but you, you didn't you didn't single out one guy as being like okay this is this is this is the top guy other than me this is the guy that I think I'll meet in the finals like did you have any sort of sense as to who these guys were going into the competition? I couldn't because we didn't pick the fights until the night before. So I mean, Kesha I'm rocking up on my side of the bracket. Of course, I'm not gonna think he's gonna go to the end. If he was on the other side, maybe he could have been on the end. But we couldn't pick beforehand you couldn't choose you couldn't right. think who's going to win and this, when I came back on, on the finals with Gerard Gordur he beat my ear really when I took him down it wasn't allowed to bite so he took a bite in my ear I look at him I whisper in his ear you bite you beat me he, I look at him he just gave me a look like so what that's when I got the choke thinking of what happened with Kesham Rock and with him cheating one thing, one rule, I mean, two rules, no eye guards, no biting. And he had to cheat on that. So that's why I kept the choke a little longer. Send a message. Wow. Don't F with me. <laughs> and, because and, I am a nice guy, because I'm a, <laughs> I smile, and uh-huh. He goes from field to hand in a second. <laughs> Do you remember what the vibe was like in the locker room, like in between the Shamrock fight and the Gordo fight? What are you doing to keep your, you know, the adrenaline moving and, and, and getting ready for the fight? Like, how, how did you pass that time? Man, there's not, there wasn't much. It was most of the time come to the locker room, shake it up, take the gear off, shake it, get some air. All right, breathe, relax, sit down, relax, man. Bring it down. Try to bring the heart rate down as much as you can. And, but there wasn't enough time. It was a live show, and and as soon as the fight went off, we got to go back in the ring again. Wow. Sometimes we had about 15 minutes resting between one fight and the other. Principally, me being on the, on, the, on the board of the bracket, 
first fight happened, he can rest because the second and third fight might take a long time. But then when he when I come back being the last fight, there's only one fight above mine. And I gotta go back in again. And if and I win, I go back to the locker room, it's a pretty much a 10, 15 minutes and I gotta go back out to the finals again. It happened much faster. How, I'm on the bottom of the bracket. How tired were you going into the to the finals? Man, that's one of my things is endurance. I can run all day. <laughs> I can train all day, man. I got long endurance. So it's a after UFC two, those four fights in one night. I remember telling my brother, man, four fights in one night. I'm tired now. That that got me tired. Wow. But the first one, finish everybody. It wasn't. It wasn't too tiring. I mean, I like. I'm not because of. I don't rely on strength. So. And I can pace myself. Do you remember how you celebrated after winning the first UFC? Your whole family was there. You know, the show seemed to be some kind of a success. Do you remember how you spent that night in Denver? <laughs> that night in Denver, it was. Uh, they had a they had a party after party, and um, I was starving, so I didn't stay long. My wife and I came out. We went to a. Went to the hotel room, we changed. It was around the lobby of the hotel, around the, the ballroom of the hotel. So I went up to my room, I changed, I put a, it was time to snow, so I put a heavy ski jacket on, went outside to a, to a liquor store to try to grab some crackers, some red, some apple juice, something to eat, because there was nothing at the hotel. And I'm walking back inside the hotel, my wife and I were walking back in. It was just time to snow, and... Uh, uh, Kevin was here. Kevin was here and his manager was by the elevator. They were both by the elevator. And they look at me and they ask, what are you doing? Out of nowhere, it looks like I was sweaty because those, those uh, water coming out of my, my head. I said, I couldn't sleep, man, so I went for a run. Wow. The manager looked at him, see, and both of them had a big cigar and drinks on their hands and that's why he's the champion. That's why he's the champion. <laughs> wow. You went for a run after all that? That's, in, that's incredible. No, I didn't go for a run. Oh. I told him I was going oh. for a run. Oh, I, went to Lucas, so I went to get some crackers, some buffalo juice because I was starving. There was nothing to eat at the hotel but I, when I came back it looked like I was sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't see the back inside my jacket <laughs> so they're like, what are you doing? I was like, I went for a run, man. That's good. Not tired enough. <laughs> Let them think that. that. That's very good. Do, would you like to see the UFC have, have one-night tournaments, or do you think it's better the way it is now? Both. Both. One-night one, one night, I mean, one night tournament, fighting three, four nights, and one, four fights in one night, is very difficult. Because everybody's level today is so even. From the beginning, was a style against a style. Today, is an athlete against an athlete. Both of them, both fighters are practicing grappling, great jiu-jitsu, wrestling. Both of them are practicing boxing, kickboxing, the stand-up arts. So, very hard to do one night. Did but I would like to see it. I would mind. Did you think that this would turn into what it is today when you, when you think back to that first day? Did you think that the UFC would become the, 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 the power and the, the success story that it has become today? I knew it was going to get bigger. I knew it was going to get bigger. 
But what uh, with Dana White and the Futura brothers did, man, it's uh, they turned into a, a inspiration for the new generation. Now the new kids, it's like a, like baseball, like soccer. They grow up thinking one day I want to be a baseball player. I'm going to go practice. Little kids playing AYSO, one day I want to be a soccer player. Today they go train thinking one day I want to be a UFC fighter. So it's uh, they start young now, man. It's uh, and and Hoist, very good. And and what uh, what was it like a year and a half ago? There were some rumors that you were going to come back to the UFC. You were there in Toronto. I remember speaking to you. What became of that? Ah, uh, I'm getting old, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so is the is the is the uh, the return is. Is uh, the comeback, is that no longer on the table for you? Are you done, officially? No, no. You got you to gotta know when to stop on this business. So you have officially retired, but you didn't make a big thing about it. Why didn't you make, like, a big announcement of some sort? Eh, don't need it. It's hard, man. It's hard. <laughs> Did you try? No, no I'm, not on the mar- I'm, not, I'm not on the market anymore. Did you even pitch the UFC to come back? Did you have that discussion with Dana? No, no, we have not, all right. Um, I want to do one last thing before we let you go, and you could go back to your family at Disneyland, and it means so much to us that you're here uh, and that you took the time out of your day on this 19th anniversary. We want to bring in our last guest of the day via the magic of Skype. We have your brother and his sons in the house, Hoist. We've got Horian Gracie, Hannah Gracie, Hiron Gracie on Skype right now, and uh, they want to say hello to you. Guys, we've got Hoist Gracie on the phone here. Uncle Hoist. How are you doing, guys? What up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a Disneyland. I just got home, just got home yesterday from Europe. And by the way, I was hanging out over there. I taught a seminar, and uh, Gerard Cordo and Remco Pardu showed up to take my class. That's unbelievable. As they should, as they should. Uh, <laughs> Eric, I wanted to take this time since it was. Um, I wanted to take this time. I was, I think, just turned ten years old when the first UFC happened. I was so young that my dad didn't let me go. He can't let. He don't go. So, Henry, you stay home for this one. I was pretty upset because it was two days after my birthday, and I thought I'd be old enough. But I never had a chance to personally thank Hoist for winning, because if Hoist would have lost the first UFC, we probably no one would be here today doing what they do. You wouldn't have a job. We wouldn't have a job. Everything would be messed up. So, Hoist, thanks for winning and uh, and for representing on the highest level. No one could have done it better, and we're forever grateful. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank your father, man, for putting this whole show together and and choosing me to do it. For sure. I'm glad. I'm glad I had someone like a hoist, small little hoist, and everybody looked up and said he couldn't do anything. But he went in there, like Henry said, and delivered the goods, which was even more impressive than I was hoping for. As an example of what the techniques can do against big size and strength. So once again, congratulations, hoist. And. All what we learned from from my father. Uh, Hoist, well, let me ask you one last question before you go. Do you agree with Henner that if you didn't win that event, UFC won, that there would be no UFC? Man, Gracie's is stubborn. So we will <laughs> definitely find a way to come back and do it again. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Congratulations. Happy anniversary to you. Uh, this is a huge moment for us, having the, the whole family here. I have goosebumps right now. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day, Hoist, and, and especially as you are at uh, Disneyland with your family. It's unbelievable. 19 years later, you're still at Disneyland. It's a great story, and, and it's a big honor for us. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thanks. There he is. 
Kyle? Need a, uh... <laughs> Kyle, do you hear me? Yeah, I do. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How you doing? Between the hair, the eye, the mustache, the uh, the stubble, you are looking great, my friend. You've never looked better. I think I think it's called coming together finally. <laughs> now, how is that eye? Uh, we talked about. I mean, it looked it looked. I got to say, it looked pretty bad. Uh, we're seeing you here. Well, it's yeah. It looks like it's a lot better. At least you can open it. How's it feeling right now? It feels great. I got full movement. Uh, you know, obviously, I just. Still got the raccoon eyes, but um, I got to get checked out one more time to make sure that I don't need surgery. So that's uh, that's pending the doctor visit with the last MRI. So what 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 are they saying the injury is right now? Like no broken uh, orbital bone or anything like that? It is a fractured orbital. It's actually right here, and it's uh oh, wow. it's also fractured and right there, right at the top of the beginning of the eyebrow. So multiple fractures there. Um, you know, it's thankfully it's closer to the surface of the orbital, so it's not uh, it doesn't impact the eye, and that's why I was able to fly for the last month. I uh, didn't have to take a boat home from England, so I'm pretty thankful for that. Yeah, you've been uh, you've been traveling all over the place doing uh, stuff with the troops, right? I mean, were you kind of just I don't know? Did you just want to go home and relax after, or or was this something that you had agreed to prior to the fight? We had agreed to it prior, and you know, they do these tours quite often but with all the camps you have going on if they have a tour and it's during your camp there's no way you can go so when the tour director called me up and he said he was planning it um he wanted to make sure i could go and and he wanted to schedule something after my fight i said i'm in for sure you know win lose or draw if i'm hurt or not i'll make sure i can go on the tour was it tough i mean were you uncomfortable traveling with, with the eye in that in that kind of shape uh you know the doctor told me just Watch out for pressure. If I feel that uh, pressure building in my eye, then there could be some serious complications. So uh, flying from England back over to uh, Amsterdam first before we came back to San Francisco for a day, that was kind of my little tester. You know, I got a test run for that hour-long flight, and it really it really didn't feel bad at all. So I knew after that hour-long flight I'd be good to fly after that, and there were no problems then. Now, Kyle, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you are a good-looking guy, but you just got a whole lot better looking because uh, we lost your video, and now we just see an icon of Natasha Wicks on the screen, which uh, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people don't mind, but uh, have, you be, have you gotten a little shy on us or what? No, you know, this, this, uh, <laughs> I saw it freeze, and then it went away, and now I'm trying to bring it back, and I'm just getting the, the circling, uh, circling icon, the timing icon. Now, did you hack her Skype account? Because uh, obviously a guy like you, and I mean, I, I can't imagine you even being friends with Natasha Wicks. Yeah. We're <laughs> you know what? I actually became friends with her on a, on a tour for the troops. So oh. reason enough to go and give back to the, to the troops. I got to meet a hot chick like her, and, and here we are today living together. So Whoa. quite nice. So you guys are more than just friends. Yes, we are. Wow, look at you. Yeah. That, uh, congratulations. In fact, uh, when you guys were trying to get me on the line with my Skype, you couldn't hear me. So I literally just grabbed her laptop and signed on, and, and that's why you see her face when you ah. can't see mine. Well, obviously that worked out very well. So are we gonna are we gonna <laughs> are we gonna uh, abort the plan? Oh, something's moving here. Are we gonna abort the plan and just go with this? 
I'm, I'm trying. I'm keep. I'm trying to get this <laughs> All going. All right. Well, at least at least we saw we can hear you, which is good. And we're, we're looking at Natasha, so that's not bad as well. Um, let's talk about the fight. Natasha, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but seriously, in the fight, I mean, you took some some heavy duty shots. Were you willing to to keep fighting going into the third round there, or were you kind of relieved that they did stop the fight when they did? No, I I was relieved in hindsight, knowing I had the fractures. But in the moment, I wanted to fight so bad. I really felt the momentum switching. I felt like I had, you know, a second wind. I got my arms back. And that first first part of the round, I was going for you know, really just a lot of control and, and trying to submit him with the different, you know, Anaconda Dar series back and forth. And I remember telling myself, don't squeeze too hard because I didn't want to, I didn't want to gas my arms out. And when we stood back up uh, in the first round, I felt like I had limp noodles for arms. I could barely hold them up. And then obviously he went to town on me, but coming out in the second, I felt a shift. I felt like I got my win back. I was able to get him to the ground quite a bit. And I felt like going into the third, he was spent, and I was going to get him. Ah, oh. was he tougher though than than it did look like he was getting very tired? But prior to that, was he tougher than you thought he would be? Uh, yes and no. Yes, yes, in that he hit harder than than I thought he would hit. You know, and and he, um, I didn't think the guy was just going to fold after the first round just because he had never been into into the second or third. But I mean, I you got to. I, did, I just, I guess I, I was on point with my assessment of his cardio, and I was a little underestimating his power. You know, you hear from some uh, UFC veterans because that's what you are now. You know, a lot of guys don't want to fight these these guys like Glover Teixeira and Jimmy Manoa, guys who are making their debut, who are tough. But a lot of people, casual fans, don't know who they are. Why do you think the UFC has given you fights like this as of late? I have really no idea, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people ask me about that, like, oh, you know, why do you keep taking these fights with these guys? And it's really, it's not up to us. You know, I mean, some guys have uh, the option. Some guys can turn down fights or say, uh, you know, who they want to fight. Or I guess if you go out and you talk enough crap about somebody, they'll put the fight together. But that's never been my style. So it's just one of those things. They tell me who I got to fight and I go out there and I do it. I was really bummed out watching the fight because the day before, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a beard aficionado. Um, I, I, I just love beards. I, I can't get enough of them talking about them, looking at them. And you had my friend. I mean, we've seen some beards, Johnny Hendricks, Kimbo Slice, but that was the most distinguished, healthy uh, looking beard that we have seen in MMA in quite some time. It was just, it just worked. And, and it worked in England with what you were wearing. And then the next day, you were all clean shaven, and apparently Jimmy's camp had asked you to trim it, and you said, I'm not trimming this thing. I'm actually taking the whole damn thing off. What was up with that? Did you at least try to fight it? Is that really what happened? Did they actually ask for you to trim that thing? Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable, but I was sitting in the, the fighter meeting with Dana White and Joe Silva, and we had gone through the wins and everything. You're talking, you're basically all you have to do now is just show up and fight. And Joe Silva came over at the very end of it, he tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, hey, Kyle, I'm sorry to tell you this, but um, you're going to need to talk to Mark Ratner. Uh, they want you to shave or at least trim your beard, and it's in the rule book. Ah. And I said, whoa, wait, the rule book? What, they, got a, they got an MMA rule book that says you can't have a beard? What about all these guys with great beards? You know, I'm, I was looking at uh, big country Roy Nelson and thinking maybe I should grow a beard. This guy's got a nice beard. And... Uh, 
I talked to Ratner and he told me, look, it's, it is in the rule book. It's just if they complain about it. That's why most of these guys have been able to get away with it until now. And, uh, you know, I was disappointed big time at first. And, I, and obviously I'd spent 10 weeks growing that beard and I did think it looked great. And I, I liked the idea of it. And, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I didn't grow my facial hair for 10 weeks to come in with a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> so there was no sense, no sense in trimming it down and going in there and, and fighting like that. Obviously people, it, it just wouldn't have the same. So I just shaved the whole thing off. Do you think that was a dirty move on, on their part? I honestly think there might've been a little bit of an intimidation factor with that beard. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm sure they just went up and said, Hey, what the heck, you know, he can't have a beard that long. And all of a sudden, you know, somebody is like, well, actually you're right. If you do complain and, you know, one thing led to another, cause I don't think Jimmy, I don't, I really can't see another fighter thinking to himself, Hey, I'm going to make a complaint and it's going to go through and everybody's going to love me for it. You know, I'm sure it was this cornerman that came up and said something and then it just kind of fell into place that way. When training with the beard, by the way, do you notice that there's uh, and and if you could put it a little down, cause I hear some feedback now, I think it's from the computer. Um, when training with the beard, do you notice that it's easier on you? Like you get a bit of a padding on, on your, like, does it, does it, does it help you out? Does it soften the blows if you will? I feel, you know, with the big gloves, there might be a little bit of padding, but, you know, with little gloves, if a guy puts it in the right spot, you're still going down. I think if there's any real benefit from it, it might be in disguising the chin location, you oh. know, but obviously um, I've been putting some, some guillotines while you have that beard on, and there's a definite downside to the beard. How so? Because actually Martin Catman was talking about this as he prepares for Johnny Hendricks. How is there a downside? Well, if I get put in a guillotine, it's it's you know, and you got a clean-shaven face, I can wiggle that chin out and it'll slide. But uh, with the beard, there's a lot of grip there that's going to keep that arm in place. So it's really hard to get out of a tight lock like that. Even if I'm doing everything right with my body to posture and and create some distance there, uh, it's, it's still hard to get it, you know the choke completely out. Hmm. Now, obviously, that was a tough loss, and you were coming off. Uh the loss to, to Sharon prior to that. Bonner, where do you go from here? Where, where, where do you think your career goes from here after those losses? You know, I, I have no idea. I, I spoke a little bit. They asked me for a quote after, right after the fight, and I just said, you know, I've got some soul-searching to do. i gotta, I got to see where I'm at and, uh, mentally and emotionally and spiritually and just kind of, you know, really – digest the whole situation, you know, digest the career, digest everything that's going on in my life and, and see if this is something I want to continue to do. Um, you know, thankfully I got six months, uh, suspension to, to figure it out. So it's not anything I have to decide right off the bat, but, uh, it is something where, you know, you look at, you look at your career and, and, you know, whether, you know, a lot of fans will look at me and they'll say, Hey, that guy never had a shot at winning a title. And, and maybe they're right, but, Nobody gets into this sport thinking, I'm going to be a millionaire by being a fighter. People get into the sport thinking, I want to beat somebody's ass, and I want to try to get the title. And, um, you know, getting to the UFC level and, and now being four and four as a, as a UFC fighter, I, it was never my goal to come in and be a 500 fighter. You know, it was never my goal to come in and win one, lose one, win three, lose three, that kind of deal. So um, 
whatever whatever I end up choosing, you know, if I do end up wanting to fight again, I know there's going to be a period of time where I will work above trying to improve before I come back to the to the to the table to fight again. And you look at a guy like Dan Hardy, who took a lot of time after his losses, and he came back and he's he's well again. So that's uh you know whatever the decision is there's definitely going to be some time between now and the next one but you said that you know you, you gave that quote that was September 29th here we are a month later H- have you started to lean in one direction or are you really going to take a lot of time before starting to think about this well to be honest with you i'm i'm leaning towards you know not not doing it again that's that's where i'm at right now and there's there's a number of reasons why I wouldn't just come out and say, Hey, I'm retiring. And, and some of that has to do with, um, medical bills are still covered. And some of it has to do with not knowing when I'm going to get that itch again. You know, I could, I could wake up a month or two from now and just be as hungry as I've ever been. And then dealing with, uh, Oh man, I shouldn't open my mouth a month ago. So, um, you know, there is no finite, you know, no final decision here, but I am leaning towards not fighting again. I'm leaning towards moving on and becoming a fireman. Really? A fireman? Is that something you wanted to do for a while? That's something I've wanted to do since since college, basically. When I first started in MMA, uh, it was on my mind. I got my EMT. Uh, a friend of mine out in uh, Phoenix is a, is a paramedic, firefighter paramedic out there, and he was helping me along through the testing, and we had made it through the written exam, physical, my first interviews, and we're on to the second interviews. And I uh, came in, I was studying with a couple of the captains, and they saw me with a black eye from training, and said, look, man, we, we love what you do, but uh, you could come in here in your probationary year with a black eye, and, and somebody just might not think that's the right look for a fireman, and all of a sudden you're canned with no excuses. So at that point, I just made the decision to go for, for MMA, you know, see how long, I, how far I can take it and how long it'll last and, and then go back to trying to be a fireman afterwards. Mm, okay. And, um, and just wondering, I mean, it, obviously you said you didn't want to be a, a 500 fighter and whatnot, but can you at least, if you do decide to walk away, a lot can change in the next six months. Can you walk away with a, a smile on your face and say, I made it to the UFC, I was on the show, I had some good moments. Like, are you content with what you did at least inside the octagon? Very much so. Very much so. And that's that's a big conversation I had with with uh, my head trainer, Bob Cook. You know, he said, hey, if this if this ends up being your last fight, you know, look at the guys you ended with. You ended with a legend in Stefan Bonner. You ended with a guy who could potentially have the belt at some point in Glover Teixeira. And you ended with a great a great fight that, that had the whole crowd on their feet in England. You know, everybody was going crazy during that fight. And uh I've had, you know, so many compliments, so many nice things said to me since since that fight. So, really, I've got nothing to hang my head about. I've loved every second of it. I'm not bitter about anything. You know, it's fighting has changed me as a person. It's made me a better person. And uh, every camp you go into, you, you learn something about yourself. There's so much personal growth that goes into each camp. Um, like I said, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, that... Uh, I can never look at fighting in a bad way. I'll just look back and and love every second of it. And, you, you know, whether I continue or not, that's something that I'll have no matter what. And just to be clear, Kyle, you're still a member of the UFC, right? Yes, that's that's true. They haven't cut me, so very, very grateful for that. And, um, yeah, you know, 
decide to stick around, it will be UFC fights that I'm, that I'm coming back to. Let's end on this positive note, or I think it's a positive note. Um, not to say that it, the rest wasn't positive, but you'll, you'll see what I'm saying in a second. Uh, we've got a lot of people uh, in the MMA community, thankfully, listening to the show. We've got Filthy Tom Lawler, who just tweeted us and asked me to ask you about the Bahrain toilet incident slash show. What is he talking about? <laughs> oh, God. That brings back some good memories. Well, I was just in Bahrain, and I told, I think, every single person I ran into about this. So last, uh, last, at the end of last year, Tom and I were on a tour together, and we got to Bahrain, and uh, we, were both, we both had to go to the bathroom really bad, so we're looking around. We asked one of the guys where the latrine is, and he's like, oh, it's right up here. So he points us in this direction, and we get up there. I'm not sure how radio appropriate this is, but I'll try to tone it down a notch. We get up there and we both, I got to go to the bathroom really bad, number one. He's got to go to the bathroom really bad, number two. Now, I didn't know this, but there's only one toilet up there. And he just drops his pants and jumps <laughs> down on it. I'm like, dude, I got to go bad. You should have let me go on first. And he goes, just go, just go. So, so I very carefully uh, take a leak in between his legs while he's sitting on the can dropping a deuce. Oh, What? And, uh, he starts. He goes ah, and squeezes as hard as he can, and the loudest fart comes out with a big kaplunk into the toilet, and I start dying laughing, uh, and my stream starts moving up and down. So he's obviously nervous that I'm gonna hit his junk, and uh, somehow we manage to to get it out with no mess on the table. I don't I don't oh. uh, I don't wee on him, but uh, yeah, we were. <laughs> Dying, dying about that, and that's one of my favorite memories of my tour for the troops. <laughs> so that that was a, a new way of uh, crossing the swords, if you will. Yeah, we didn't, we did not cross streams, though. No, no stream crossing <laughs> wow. there. That is disgusting. That is not a positive note. Let's end on this note. I heard you. Uh, <laughs> I actually was texted this picture. Uh, <laughs> people are telling me that they're eating lunch right now, and thank you very much for ruining it. Um, you were you were, <laughs> you were texted this picture of. Uh, your Halloween costume, you dressed up as a, quite the uh, quite the school... Is this from this year? You were a Catholic schoolgirl, and you were wearing a thong, right? I don't know if you could see it, but here's the picture right here on my phone. That's that's from this year? Oh, no. That's from 2005. Uh, oh, the UFC's wow. putting together a little little Halloween uh, thing, and they asked me for my, your favorite Halloween costume. So I sent Prescott Miller in that photo and told him this was the best Halloween costume I've had yet. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Me and three, two of my buddies dressed up as Catholic schoolgirls, and my other friend was the priest, and he kept spanking us the whole night. But it was it was a good show. Yes, as I can see. See, this is why we need you around in, in MMA, at least for a couple more years. The costumes, the toilet stories, the beard, the fanny packs. Uh, I, I think you still have some work to do, my friend. Yeah, maybe maybe there is some unfinished business. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe we left that door open a little a, a little wider today. Uh, Kyle, really appreciate it. Happy to hear the eyes feeling a little better. Uh, keep us posted on the final diagnosis, and uh, if you can, let us know what you do decide in, in six or so months. Uh, it, it's been really great covering you and, and watching you, and, and really enjoyed what you brought to the table. So, uh, I guess selfishly, we hope it it isn't the last we've seen of you in, in MMA in some capacity. Thank you very much, Ariel. I've had a great time talking with you, and it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Kyle. All the best. Say hi to Natasha, and we'll speak to you very soon. Sounds good, brother. Take care.
Mr. Stefan Bonner joining us right now on the line, right here on the MMA Hour. Stefan, how are you? Good. What's up, Ariel? I'm doing well. Uh, did you have a good afternoon? Am I, am I allowed to say where you were, or is that private? This afternoon? Yeah, or this morning, I should say. You're on the West Coast. I'm just at home. Oh, okay. You're just relaxing. Yeah, I'm back at home. Okay. Um, <laughs> the pregnant wife. Right. How How's that going, most importantly? Pretty good. I mean, she could have the baby any day now. She's ready. The baby was like seven and a half pounds last week, and it's all healthy and <laughs> ready to go. That is very good to hear, and uh, we wish you guys a lot of luck. It's a very exciting time for the family, so uh, wishing you guys the best and, uh, and, and, and wishing all our good wishes your way. So obviously it was... It was an interesting weekend for you, Stefan, and this is the first time that we've heard you that we've heard you speak since then. Um, have you been able to digest what happened in, in the cage? And if so, how do you feel about what transpired on Saturday night? I mean, it's, it's, of course, it's disappointing to be taken out like that, and it hurts. And uh, you know, I I really thought I'd give him a you know, better fight, and I felt. <laughs> That's the thing with MMA, especially fighting a great fighter like Anderson. I felt things were actually going pretty well according to game plan. And uh, then I make a little mistake, and he just, man, sent a, a knee in the perfect location right in my solar plex, the perfect timing. And even did a good, did a good job of, after he tripped me when I was getting back up, shoving me. So I kind of bounced off the cage and came into that knee and, you know, made it extra hard and uh yeah and it, it sucks it sucks it, you know it's hard to swallow even though he's from a great he's a great fighter and the greatest and all that it's still disappointing to me what were you thinking when he was up against the cage and essentially letting you punch him in the face and you know telling his corner to be quiet just doing all that stuff what was going through your mind all right you want to do this cool i'll throw punches at you and I'll just stick to my game plan, which is to get off, throw punches, and then clinch him before he could counter. So, it's, yeah, I, 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 I liked when he was doing that. <laughs> but does that sort of play tricks on you? Because usually in a fight, you're not expecting a guy to just stand up against the cage and let you punch him. So are you kind of wondering, like, okay, you're doing it and you're landing. You know, you, you, you put a great picture on Twitter yesterday of you connecting very well with his face. Uh, are you thinking, like, what the heck is going on here? No, I was just trying to stick to my game plan and, like, you know, get off. And before he could land anything big back, get close and smother them. And, uh, you know, look for takedowns. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> and then he did. He, he tied up my arm and landed a beautiful trip. And, like, the one regret I really had was when, when he tripped me, there was a part of me that said, you know, just stay down. You want the fight on the ground. You know, let him come on top and start, you know, like make it, like the more he fights on the ground, the better. Mm. And then there was another part of me that was, oh, you are right, just get up. And then so he's getting up, he pushed me, I bounced off the cage and just perfect me in the perfect spot right when I had some air um, in, in my lungs and it just, it just crippled me. Have you watched the fight since then? Yeah. And 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 have you come to the conclusion that trying to get up was the the wrong move at that point? Yeah, I mean that's you know that's what he taught me in that transition of getting up, really nice push and launch to me, and uh, man, yeah, this is a good shot. I 
You mentioned on Twitter that yeah, it, it paralyzed I've never, you. I've never, I've never been nude like that. Like, yeah, you mentioned. I mean, I couldn't breathe. I, could, right. I was just, I couldn't breathe at all. I couldn't move. I was just like, like crippled, just waiting for my body to be able to get some air in. And it felt like an eternity. And then the ref stopped it. And when I saw the fight, I was like, no, that was pretty quick. It felt like I was trying, down trying to breathe longer than that. How long did it take for you to actually, you know, try to get back to 100% and, like, feel like you're actually able to breathe on your own here? Um, I don't remember. Uh, I mean, it was probably before I could really breathe, almost good 30 seconds to a minute. And have you ever been hit like that before? Have you ever felt that in training or in a fight? Yeah, I've been, you know, yeah, I've been training not in a fight and training, I've, you know, yeah, I've been doing this a long time. So there were a couple of times I went down for body shots. Um, and, uh, yeah, in training, you know, you go down and I always, you know, even from the old boxing days, there's a habit for me to start counting. And then when I get to eight, make myself get up and, uh, but you know, in MMA, you can't, it's not like boxing, you know, you don't get that. So right when you go down, he starts hitting you, you know, I was trying to protect my face, but, uh, I, I couldn't move. And like, that was the key. If I would have moved and uh, a little bit, I, I probably would have got a little more time from the ref. Um, but, uh, I, man, I really couldn't, I was, I was paralyzed. You know, obviously we know about Anderson and how good he is and all that, but after being in the cage with him, was he better than you thought he would be? Just the fact that like, the way he placed that knee and timed it, it was, I mean, uh, and the little trip and the push, just the whole setup and transition. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a part of me that I'm, I'm in awe of him. How long, and, and maybe you haven't yet, but how long did it take, you know, that you had a long trip home and uh, you, you flew back with Dana and all that? Did, how long did it take for you to get over the disappointment of the loss, or are you not over it yet? I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to get over, especially, you know, when I talk to someone like you who's asking me all these questions about it, that, that it brings it back up. But, you know, once I start, you know, talking to some other friends about other projects I have going on or, or you know, like putting in the car seat with my wife or the baby and, and I'm, you know, I find myself looking forward to other things and excited about other things in my life, that's that's the best in terms of coping and getting over it, you know, you just start thinking about, you know, the you know opportunities and, and, you know, things that are happening in your life that, that are positive and good. And, and yeah, then you don't dwell on the fight so much, but yeah, when you talk about it and go back to it and watch it and relive it and it, yeah, it's just hard. It's hard. Now I feel like an ass. I'm sorry for, uh, bringing, <laughs> bring... what else are we going to talk about? <laughs> I just have a couple more questions about the fight and then I'll get off it and ask you about something else. Um, obviously you, you told me the day before you had a very, uh, you know, you had a tough weight cut because you took this fight on short notice. You had to lose a lot of weight. Did that affect you at all in the fight on Saturday night? No, the weight cut was normal. I always feel like, you know, I cut a lot of water the day of and you feel like crap. So you get off that scale. It's it's normal. It was it was. Uh, I mean, in terms of weight cuts, that was that was uh, just a moderate one. It wasn't too. I've had worse. Um, but no, not at all. I felt great in the fight. I just, yeah, like I said, uh, in transition, like I was getting up. He, 
use my momentum from bouncing off the cage. I, I had just taken a breath in, and I mean, if that knee landed an inch higher in my sternum or a little lower, more in the abdomen, I might have been able to survive. But it just it was landed perfectly in the solar plexus. And, and I mean, Anderson's got some powerful knees. I, I say his knees are harder than his punches. Um, wow. His punches have great accuracy, but you know, a knee—that's your leg muscle, your hip flexors. It's like the most powerful part of your body. And uh, with my momentum going into it, it just. Uh, um, it was a really beautiful knee and uh, the perfect placement had a lot of power behind it. And I, you know, I, I, I wanted to, to keep fighting and, and do better than that so bad, but it was just, it was so quick. The fight was stopped before I could, uh, start moving or, or even get any air back into my lungs. I couldn't breathe. And obviously I know you're disappointed about the result, but I'm wondering, can you look back at the week and the experience and getting that big fight that you had been asking for and, uh, up until that point unsuccessful in getting, uh, can you look back at this experience as, you know, all right, you know, I was in Brazil fighting the biggest star there. You know, Ed was just telling us the, the number two star as far as sports are concerned in Brazil. Was it a fun ride leading up to Saturday night for you? Yeah, it really was. It was a great experience. Uh, you know, I just in my mind was really convinced I'd uh, I'd do better, and, and that's just the hardest part. But yeah, just it was a, it's an honor to fight there in Brazil. That's where it all kind of started, and you know that's where you know Carlson, Sergio, both from Copacabana. I mean, I love Brazil and feel it's kind of a part of me uh, as a fighter for sure. So it was really an honor to fight there, and I have a lot of respect for Anderson. It's great just being in there with uh, such a great fighter. Have you decided if that was your last UFC fight? No, I haven't decided. No, I. Yeah, I, I gotta think about that one. Are you leaning in one direction or the other? <laughs> no, just uh, I guess it depends on. Um, It's 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 hard. I'm not, you know, I just I just lost. I just got stopped. So I I'm not like in a position where I could, you know, really ask for too much right now. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. So I, you know, got to see what my manager comes up with. You know, there's a rumor that came out over the last few hours. I don't know if you heard. John Jones, Chael Sonnen are going to be coaches on the next season of The Ultimate Fighter, and they're going to fight in April. And as a result, the Forrest Griffin versus Chael Sonnen fight, which was supposed to happen on December 29th in Las Vegas, is no longer happening. There's a rumor out there, or at least fans are talking about it, you versus Forrest number three to maybe close out your careers. Have you heard about this? Uh, no, I just heard that Jones and Chael might coach. Uh, that was that's I just heard that about a couple minutes ago from my wife. Is that something that interests you? You versus Forrest three in Vegas uh, New Year's Eve card? Yeah, maybe. Is this like the time that I called you and asked you if you were fighting Anderson and you told me no, but deep down you really were? <laughs> no, like <laughs> It was funny because I didn't. I got a text that said, "Like, what do you think of this?" And I was like, "Yeah, right." And I, before I could respond to that text, you you called me. That's that's what it was like. Wow, something eerie's going on here. But no, no one. I haven't talked to anyone um, about that. I actually just 
heard that from my wife about Jones and Jail Coach, and I was like, wow, really? Oh, wow. Well, it makes sense because uh, there's definitely going to be drama, and Jail is very good on TV, and, you know, he's, it's, uh, people are going to want to tune in just to hear what he has to say, and, and uh, you know, the conflict between those two will be very interesting. Um, so it's a good move on the UFC part. I like I like the idea in terms of the TV entertainment drama value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as a as a uh, let's say sporting value, as a guy who fights in two, in the two hundred five pound division, you look at Chael, who's zero and one in the UFC at two hundred five. Does it bug you at all that he's getting a title shot? No, I, I like that matchup. Like, see, I mean, Jones is. Been really good with good wrestlers before, but he's been able to shut them all down. Like, what happens if John Jones gets put on his back? That's something we haven't seen yet, and that's an interesting scenario. And um, yeah, I think there's a good shot that Shale could do that. Does that mean he'll win? Or I think it went no, but that's the start. That's a, uh, you know, a, a, you always want to see guys challenge and be put in positions, and that's you know why I'm a little disappointed. I think. Jones, Anderson, Warren, and take them into deeper water. So, like you know, it's a uh, it's it's disappointing for sure. But um, I think Jail could could make the fight interesting and put him on his back and put him somewhere where we haven't seen uh, Jones and, and you know and give him a challenge. So obviously, it sounds like for now you're you're not going to make a decision about your future. You obviously have a very big uh, event happening in your life with the with the, the soon-to-be birth of your first child. So outside, as far as MMA-related stuff, what else do you have? Because I know you do you do the T-shirts. You're, you always seem to have a lot of things going on. Like, you seem to be one of those guys who really prepared himself for life after you do the TV work on Fuel and all that stuff. Um, what are the other things that you're excited about right now in your career outside of actual fighting? Um, something that uh, I'm really excited about is I've been, you know... I've set up this charity called Garrett's Fight. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it. I have that fundraiser in July for it. And Garrett Holive is a martial artist with Down syndrome, and it's a really inspiring story how he was, after high school, kind of fat, lonely, depressed kid playing video games. His, his dad would have to call people up and beg him to take Garrett out or hang out with him. He really didn't have a life. He wasn't like a normal member of society. Anyways, his dad invested in a ATT affiliate gym in Davie, Florida, right outside Fort Lauderdale area. And uh, he brought Garrett to the gym, and Garrett was like, wow, this looks cool. You know, I want to give this a try. And, you know, he's really smart. Most people, kids with Down syndrome are. He's around five feet tall. And, uh, he was like around 170 pounds, so he's really overweight. And let's fast forward a couple of years. He's been training at the gym, and he's lost like 40 pounds. He's in good shape. He knows about good nutrition, and and um, yeah, he's been training and competing. Um, and which really inspired me. He's doing these Naga tournaments, San Chow matches, and and competing in these martial arts against kids who aren't even disabled. And uh, and I mean that's just inspiring to me, and that made me want to set something. I mean he's got a life now. He 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 plugs gym memberships there. He teaches the kids classes, the other um, teachers and students at the gym. He's made friends with, and they bring him out with them. And he's just got a life, and it's like you know, and and he's healthy now and happy and has confidence, and, and because he, you know he just was able to do martial arts and belong to something. And that's the biggest problem kids like him face is just, just belonging and being included in stuff. And so the charity is uh, A, for, so other uh, kids with special needs like it could, him could participate in martial arts. And, and two, um, I, I want to 
you know, campaign the Special Olympics to offer a little something more in terms of martial arts. Right now, they just offered judo. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like getting thrown hard and landing hard. He likes submission grappling. He likes MMA. So, yeah, I'd like to see him compete on a level playing field against kids, you know, who who also have disabilities. Because, you know, he has a lot of heart by, by fighting kids without disabilities, but it's, it's not fair. A lot of these kids are, you know, he's fighting up a weight class, too. He naturally could probably make 125. He's fighting 135, 145 against bigger, stronger kids without disabilities. So I'd like to see the Special Olympics, um, you know, offer a little something more. But anyways, I've been talking to some uh, directors, and um, we're working really close with Wally Rizaki, the president of Tap Out Films. And um, um, we're, we're working on putting this into motion. My original plan was to make it a documentary, but um, he's uh, seems to really believe we got a, a director that's on board to make this a series and and put that into motion. How and old is he? I'm really excited about that. I just uh, Garrett's 22. 22, okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was just uh, emailing with Wally, actually, right before you call, and I got a great email about that. He's excited about this project, and this director is, is really excited about it, too, and he thinks he can make it, we can make this into a series, and uh, and that really that helped me feel better about the fight. So I'm, you know, just really excited about taking steps forward on this project. Well, it sounds like you were in a good place, and it sounds like for a second there, I took you a step back. I apologize for that. Um, but uh, now we, we end on a good note. That's, a, yeah. that's an unbelievable project. Yeah, I knew. Don't worry <laughs> about it. We, I, I knew we were going to have to talk about the fight. And I appreciate you coming to us first. Uh, it, it was a great effort, a great show. Uh, you did everything you could, and um, you know, I guess sometimes that happens in MMA. And I think at, at the end of the day, if you look back on your career, Stefan, can you, if that was your, your, your final fight, um, are you happy? Are, are you content now? Did, did you get the fight that you wanted, and, and, and was that enough to, if it was your last fight, was that enough to end your career on? I'm definitely happy. I'm, I'm so thankful they gave me that fight, and yeah, I, <laughs> I'm a little apologetic that I, I didn't give them, yeah, I, I didn't do better, but you know, whatever, I gotta get over that, but but yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with I'm, I am. I'm happy. I got nothing to be ashamed of. Um, it's losing sucks, and it's hard to swallow. But um, you know, I went in there with Anderson, and uh, you know, and I followed my game plan, and and you know, did what I had to do. But that's MMA. One little mistake, one little opening is all it takes. And with a guy like Anderson Silva, that's all he needs. And just landed this perfect me at the perfect time, and. Um, and got the victory. So hats off to Anderson, and yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy with yeah, I'm, I'm happy with. I, I can I could honestly say I, I've never I've never had a fight where I went where I looked back and said like oh I choked or or I didn't come to fight or mentally I wasn't prepared or you know even even through like terrible injuries and fighting sick before like I, I still suck it up and and do my best and. And yeah, I got nothing to be ashamed of. By the way, how was the flight back in that private plane with Dana? Oh, the best! I had my own bed. <laughs> wow! Got these uh, this big mainframe database with just hundreds and hundreds of movies on them, um, and so you got your own iPad with hundreds of movies to choose from your own bed, and you you have a flight attendant waiting on your hand and foot, making you food, and it was so funny too. She's like. Uh, 
because I was just eating and eating and eating. She's <laughs> like, oh my God, like, I'm having total deja vu. Like, uh, you know, after Forrest fought in Brazil, like, his wife was having a baby too. And he was a bottomless pit as well. He was such a pig, just like you. Like, oh my God. You guys are That's linked. Funny. You guys. But, but I, yeah, I didn't want the uh, the flight to land. I remember <laughs> the window scene. We were over the desert. Be like, oh no, we're home already. Like I'm so comfortable. I'm, you know, taking out, having chocolate and yogurt, and oh, it was great. By the way, have you decided whether or not you'll you, you'll call your first child Forrest? It was never going to be Forrest. Oh. I'm thinking Griffin Brandon. Griffin Brandon. Okay. And I, and and all, if my wife said if I won the fight, then I I could name him Stefan, uh, but I didn't. So maybe Stefan could be one of his. Yeah, the idea is like I like Brandon Griffin, Stefan, and maybe we'll name him all three. And when he's old enough, pick what he likes the best. So Griffin is going to be involved in the name some somewhere. Oh. Well, you'll see. I'm not going to like promise <laughs> you anything. It'll okay. be somewhat of a surprise. But, okay. Yeah. All right, Griffin, all right. Brandon, Stephen, Stephen, Brandon, Griffin. I like it. Brandon, Stephen. I'll, I'll, Brandon, Stephen, Griffin. But <laughs> we'll see which one he likes around like kindergarten. I'll leave you you with this, uh, Stefan, and then we'll let you go. This is a comment from our our page here, where we have tons of comments on the site. And I don't usually do this, but it, it just caught my eye. Uh, a fan named Wise Toad writes, Honestly, the more I hear Stefan speak, the bigger fan I become. He's just so damn classy and such a big inspiration for me in terms of bringing MMA to the forefront. So there you go. You you may have lost the fight, but uh, gaining fans, you continue to gain fans. Uh, pleasure to work with you on the broadcast. Hopefully I could do it again in the future. And, uh, and, 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 and I tip my cap to you and what you did on Saturday night against the greatest of all time. And most importantly, wish you and your wife uh, the very best with the upcoming birth of your your first child. Awesome. What was his name again? Well, his name is Wise Toad. I doubt that's his real name, but that's that's where he goes goes by. Well, th- thank you, Ariel. Um, I got to say, you're, you're you're a class act yourself. I mean, as hard as it is to talk about this, it, I'm glad I got to do it with you. And uh, thank you, Wise Toad. That that really helped. Thanks so much, Stephen. Keep us posted, and, and and good luck in the coming days with your wife. Appreciate it, No sign of Forrest? Oh, there he is. Oh, hey, Forrest, how are you? Good, I didn't know it was on yet. Man, uh, the, the, the slackers behind the glass on my show, they don't even tell me you're on, so I'm killing time, and there you are just waiting for me, so I apologize for that. How are you? Uh, I'm well, I'm well. It is so good to hear from you. It's been a while. Actually, I haven't seen or heard you do much since your win over Tito Ortiz. Did you just feel like you needed to take some time off from us, from us dirty dirty media? What, what was I supposed to be doing? I don't know. Some people like to, you know, you know, like to have their face out there, be visible, be at no, fights. Not you know, you know uh, I do media when I have a fight coming up, and the UFC suggests strongly that I do it. But here you are, what, two and a half months away from your next fight, and you're on my show. What an honor that is once you preface it like that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping we can get it out of the way so <laughs> that I won't have to do it, like, December. So this, meaning with me, or this is just your one interview that you're going to do for this fight, and no, that's it? No, just, just with you. I'm just marking you off the list. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm get that out of the way. I kind of feel like this is the, the interview before the interview, if you know what I mean. This is just a, a catch-up, how you doing? Oh, uh, well, fair enough. 
Well, uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm sitting in a hot car like a, a baby or a dog. Just sitting in a hot car off in front of the gym, about to go to work. Probably, uh, probably going to die in this car. Well, I hope not. Well, depending on how long this interview goes. Have you? I saw that clip where Matt Sarah visited you. He's doing those uh, video blogs. Your car, man. What is going on there? And have you cleaned it up? It, it was, it was rather disgusting. All right. So we had some guests come and uh, stay with us. And um, there's a teenage girl, like my wife's friend's daughter, um, actually cleaned it up because she was just so disgusted <laughs> by it. She, she had to clean it up. How I, was, I was like begging her. I was like, don't bother. Seriously, don't bother. Like, what's the point of starting? It's not like, you know, it's at some point I'm just hoping Simon will give me a new car. How, <laughs> how long guy, have you had that car for? Since uh, 2005, 2006, Jeez. whenever I won the show. That's the one I got. Same car. The same car that you got off uh, the Ultimate Fighter 1. You know, it works pretty good. I mean, it's pretty zippy. It gets decent gas mileage. In. And the thing is, you get to sit up straight in it. I hate cars where you have to lay down. And it's real small, so it still fits places, but you can kind of sit up in it. Like, cars you have to lay down hurt my back. <laughs> um, and how, how, how often do you clean it? Other than when you have the 19-year-old the girl come and do it. Check it out. Here's how often I clean it. Um, I leave town, and my wife, for whatever reason, will get stuck using my car, and she'll actually take it and have it cleaned. Oh. But I've never seen it ever, I don't think. Wow. And you just had... It, it, it's you, not really a feel pride. <laughs> you know, I realize it's, I'm a pathetic human being. It's just the way it is. So, uh, so this fight with Chael Sonnen, interesting fight on many levels because... Uh, you actually fought him and beat him back in 2003. We'll get to that in a second. But it wasn't a fight that was on many people's radars, perhaps because we didn't know if Chael would move up to 205, and he was talking some smack about some other people. Uh, did it surprise you when they offered you this fight? No, oh, well, Chael asked for it, is my understanding. He asked oh. for it, he asked for it, hey. And uh, I think I was just the first one to pop up and say, sure, when? Well, I didn't even say sure. I said, when? When and where? <laughs> where, 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 you know? Why? Because you liked it that much? No, no. I just, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think it's stylistically a good matchup for me. You know, obviously, the thing that's been getting me in trouble is guys that are quicker than me and, you know, beat me to the punch with something I don't necessarily see coming, you know? That's, that's the problem I've had recently. And so he, so I guess for you when you say when, it's because, like, if this fight was taking place in, uh, you know, I don't know, Brazil or, I mean, it wouldn't make much sense, but... The the Las well, Vegas is is the kicker for you, right? No, it's done. done. <laughs> you know, yeah. No problem. Now, what do you remember from uh, that fight in two thousand three? You beat him. It was actually a one night tournament, if you recall, for a promotion called IFC. Do you remember anything about that fight? Yeah, I remember everything about it. It's uh, you know, it's so far in the past, it doesn't matter. You know. Okay, but what was it I like? Wrestling was the stuff like where people jumped off ropes. So that was that was my experience with wrestling. And they're like, he's a good wrestler. And I was like, well, is he gonna like fly an elbow me? Is he gonna you know do an atomic bomb drop or something? I didn't know. He submitted him via triangle, which is kind of his uh, his kryptonite. Are you gonna look for that again here? Well, I mean, you know, uh, probably not. No. You know, I think he's, you know, I'm trying not be uh, on the ground too much. Try and get up. Try and play different stuff and I don't know we'll see we'll see how uh, how I feel going into it you know we're still a ways out so 
Right. That's what training is. It's actually what? 12 weeks. To right. Um, and when does training camp start? Today. Oh, wow. Today. What, what good timing. Excellent timing, yeah. He was flirting with a John Jones fight. We thought, you know, he was going to get that fight. He's been talking about him. Were you worried that you weren't going to get this fight, that he was going to be moved elsewhere? No, I wasn't. I mean, and he still might, you know. He's, uh, I don't know. He kind of just run around and say, hey, I want to fight you, I want to fight you, I want to fight you. <laughs> you know, I was like, all right, sure, you know. But uh, if something comes up, you know, I'll, I'll fight whoever on December 29th. And I, I, that's, that's not true. I won't fight whoever. <laughs> Actually, in a laundry list of people I want to fight and people I don't want to fight. Who's so on? I'm not, not going to watch who's on what list. Oh, that was my next question. You knew what my next yeah. question would be. Yeah. Um, and and so I'm wondering. I mean, are you a fan of the uh, the the Chael Sonnen persona? He has developed a persona. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, do, do you... Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I think it's great. Yeah. Genius. Do you think that he will yeah, try? Well, he's he's a grinder. Nobody wants to fight him because he's a very tough fight. Fans don't, you know, they're not blown away by him because a lot of them don't understand grappling or wrestling. You know, they want to see a big knockout, whatever. Um, you know, so I, I mean, I appreciate his fighting style. But what he's done is basically create this character, which is, you know, pretty much him personified. And uh, now people want to see him. You know, now people are interested. So he, he sells the fight, even though, you know, guys ain't lining up to fight Chael Sonnen. Even if you beat him, it's going to be a grind. It's going to, you know, he's going to put his elbow in your face repeatedly. You know, it's a tough fight. Do you think he's going to try to uh, get on your skin with, you know, words and uh, Twitter tactics and things like that? Are you, and, and are you susceptible to that kind of attack? No and yes. <laughs> So, okay, so then it's good to know that he won't do it. Now, uh, do you think he would have beaten John Jones if he would have gone in that fight? Like, do you think that highly of a skill, skill set? Um, I don't know. It would have been a rough fight for Jones. The thing about Jones is he's got a great guillotine and great arms for it and uh, a good clinch. He's so tall with such long legs. You know, you got to, you know, you think Chael coming in, yeah, man, those knees are going to be flying at you. That guillotine is going to be there. So, you know, Jones is a tough guy to shoot on. He's got good wrestling reaction speed. So, I don't know. You know, you know what was interesting about them announcing this fight and the timing of it? Because just a couple of weeks earlier at a UFC on Fox 4 pre-fight press conference, Dana White told us, the reporters, this. He said, I would like Forrest Griffin to retire. Nothing left for Forrest to prove either. He won the Ultimate Fighter. He won the title when people thought he couldn't. He became a huge star. He made expletive of money. Uh, he's got a beautiful wife. He's got a baby. You know, if you don't want to be world champion and you're still in the mix, why? And then they give you this fight. Yeah. Well, where did that come from? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand what he's saying. You know, a guy that talks like me, you know, that's the problem with being a realist. People don't want that shit. They want you to say, I'm the best ever. This is the best thing ever. You know, my wife, my wife summed it up, summed it up for me. She said, you know, you ever heard one of the movie stars on the late night say, it's a pretty good movie. It's not the best movie out there right now, but it's pretty good. <laughs> you know? Nobody ever goes and says, hey, I'm a top 10 fighter. Well, maybe top 15. I can beat a lot of guys. Not not necessarily those guys, but I can beat a lot of guys. Nobody ever says that. They always say they're the best. But that's the thing with, uh, you know, having a grasp on reality. I know I'm not the best. But, but I still really want to fight. You know, I want right. to be on the Rich Franklin plan, which apparently means 
I'm going to have to travel around the exotic countries <laughs> and fight with okay, But, I mean, if I want to keep fighting, I guess that's what I got to do. So did you talk to him after he said that and, and reassure him that you're not interested in retiring anytime soon? No, I mean, I just talked to him when he asked me about the jail fight. It was the only time I've talked to him since. Oh, really? Um, and what did he say? Because at, at one point he's uh, he's asking for you to retire, and then the next day he's offering you a huge fight against Chael Sonnen. Why did he change his mind? How would I know? That's a better a question better suited for Mr. White, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but I'm wondering if you asked him that question. Because he's coming out publicly and almost saying, I want you to retire, and then he's offering you a big fight. So I was wondering if you were like, hey, why the change of mind? Well, I don't know. I took it as a... Uh... You know, my own personal, do you want to be a fucking fighter speech? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Okay, you know, you're, you talk, you know, you're, you you talk like you're old and you don't, you know. But the thing is, I just love fighting. I, it's not like, I know I'm not the best, but I'm still pretty damn good. And I, there's a lot of people I can go beat. And, you know, what do you do? Like, what am I supposed to go do? Right. I have no other skills. I, I enjoy doing this. There's nothing I'd really rather do, you know? Um, they won't pay you to watch movies and Netflix all day, so let's <laughs> just probably do this, you know? Have you thought about how many more years you want to do it for, at least? Yeah, I mean, it's not long, and that's another thing, too, you know, saying you're you're not uh, long for this sport is another thing people don't really want to hear. Right. But, I mean, realistically, your body's only got so much, you know? It's not the, the, the numerical years, the time spent, you know, beating up your body. How many gears still going? I have no idea. Right, and you know, he, the guy's not even close to forty. I think he's like thirty-four or something. Yeah, he's my age, but he's right. had one thousand tough fights. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, it is amazing. He—he's aging in reverse dog years. You know, <laughs> like man, those are fighter years. One thing I, I watched that little, uh, you know, the original thing, that little documentary, cool thing, and. Uh, Dana White, due to the stress of his job, has also aged like a fighter. Oh, yeah. I look bad for the years, but he's, he's right there with me. You know, the stress, flying every day, you know, fights falling out, stuff like that. It's taking a toll on him, too. Yeah, and he has uh, Meniere's disease. He has an ear problem. You're talking about the Forrest Griffin, the Ultimate Fighter documentary that aired on Fuel, right? Yes. Yeah, that was really well done. I liked it. Did you like it? I, I did, actually, considering we shot it in about... No time at all, you know. Was it? Did you shoot that during the uh, Ortiz fight week? Uh, no, right after. Right after. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, it was very well done, and I, and I highly recommend it. Just a couple more minutes with you, and we'll let you go. And we appreciate the time for us to, uh, very, very much. Do you think you'll be one of those guys who will always have to stick around in MMA? Because, as you say, you don't really like or know how to do anything else. So, do you think you'll have to be a coach, or maybe you'll come on the media side of things? That seems to be very uh, no, in vogue these days. No, none of that. Let's not get crazy. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> come on the media side of things. Uh, there's so many good fighters that, you know, Rashad, Stefan, uh, Chael, Stan, uh, uh, Florian. They're already doing a, a, you know, a good job doing it. Um, well, you know, I, I'd never like to take the path that's already taken. That's not really my, that's not my strategy. Okay. So what do you think you'll do? Uh, you know, I, I could get a job working for the UFC. They do a lot of charitable stuff. I wouldn't mind, you know, learning, you know, what exactly they do and, you know, uh, being the guy that has to look for all the requests for stuff and, and decide, you know, who, who gets 
what, you know, it's a, it's a tough job, but I, I, I like doing stuff like that. You know, I wouldn't mind dedicating the rest of this life to uh, trying to help others. You know, I've been very fortunate, and, uh, you know, uh, it's weird. I just would like to help some other people. I, I used to think, like, when you hear movie stars and famous people talk about, like, helping others, and when they go to India and they do great stuff like that, I used to think that they were just kind of trying to buy public favor. Like, oh, if they think I'm nice, they'll go pay 12 bucks to my next movie, which is going to suck. But, um, you know, there's a point where, like, if you're a decent person and you realize, like, your belly's full, you have what you need, your, your needs are met, then you kind of look around and you say, man, you know, I'm doing great, but not everybody around me isn't. You know, I should, I should probably do something about this, you know? Mm. It's a long story. I actually, uh, so I start praying couple years back okay and um you know this gonna sound crazy but god answered me and so i thought well i might be schizophrenic i've always been a little off so i prayed to my neighbor's dog and he did not tell me to shoot people in parked cars in fact all he said was like squirrel 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 he just said that again and again it was horrible so anyway god told me to do stuff i asked him like tough questions and he gave me answers and i really hated the answers he gave me or he or she i don't know the right, higher right. power the imaginary head friend, whatever, um, because it was all like, you know, why why is this? And it was like, oh, you know, there's enough food for everybody. We just don't distribute it equally, you know? And it's like, well, why do these people have to have diseases? You know, why do kids have diseases? And it's like, you know, so you can help them. You're supposed to help them. That's, your, that's why you're here. And um, so I quit praying right away. I was like, whoa, this guy wants me to help sick people and hungry people? That's I was just like... I was hoping for something different. Those are the answers he gave me. And 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 so you stopped praying right after that? No, I'm kidding. I didn't. Oh. I didn't. I just uh, now I just feel <laughs> crappy. Now I'm at the point where I actually, you know, most of my life I was kind of agnostic. Now I'm actually at the point where I do believe in you know the, the something more and the higher power. And I just I still don't live my life accordingly. You know. What was the turning point? How does someone go from not believing there's a God to to believing there's a God? Like, did something happen? Did you talk to someone? Something happened to you? Oh, man, you know, who doesn't, don't you want, everybody wants there to be a God. You know, you want, uh, you want bad people to suffer. You want people that are suffering to do well. You know, everybody wants that. You want there to be a God. It's, It's just an innate need in us. You know, because we're the only sentient being ever to exist, we, we want to know why. We start thinking why, our own mortality. We're the only creature that ever realizes that they're going to die. Mm. Um, for me, you know, it was always a thing. And then that was a weird story. I, um, I was really kind of at the apex of my life. And I said, hey, God, don't you want me on your team? I, uh, you know, I got this sport. I'm champ. I got a, a wife a, or a girlfriend, a very good relationship. I'm stable. I'm you know, like I, I was trying to bargain, like, hey, pick me first. Don't you want me on your team? And uh, I don't know. It started working out. And then right after that, everything went to shit. It was weird. Like, health, everything. My family, like, my best friend died. Like, crazy stuff started happening, you know? Wow. And uh, so, you know, I prayed, I prayed some more. So why is this, you know, I just, I, I come over to the good side, and, and then you throw the stuff. And he's like, the answer he gave me was, um, I had you come over so you could deal with all this stuff, you know? So I, I bought in, you know, I'm still there. I'm just not very good. <laughs> like, uh, it's tough when you know the answers, but they're really hard choices, you know? Yeah. And they're really, they're not fun. It's not like stuff, you know, it's okay, like, 
once a month they go to the boys' town and hang out. That's cool. But, um, yeah, he wants me to do it, like, four hours a day, every day, like, make it the thrust of my life. That's not, that's not that fun, you know? How often do you actually speak to him? Uh, not that often. Okay. Not that often. Because, you know, if I do it, he's going to give me answers that I probably don't <laughs> want, so. So when Boom. you say, just to be clear, when you say like join your team to God, you don't mean death, right? No, no, no. no. I mean like you know, you know, people that are religious and believe right. in something, and people who don't. And I was like, you know, kind of in the middle. I was like, well, who wants to pick me? Do you go to church now? I do actually. Yeah. Wow. How often? You have a kid too. Just just once a week. Okay. Has that I, has that helped you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was I was getting at. Did, did, do you feel like the timing of it is related to when you had your uh, your daughter? No, it was it was actually a couple years before that. Oh wow! But do you feel like a better person inside now? Do you feel like you you have more meaning and that you're I don't know you you're you're more, you're more on the right path? I should say. Not really. Like I feel like I see. It's almost worse. To be honest, I feel like I see the path I should be on. But I'm I'm too lazy and selfish to actually fully commit to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like, do. I do uh, get it. You know, I, I did. Uh, I came up years ago. I put it on Twitter. Actually, I came up with a, a mission statement to uh, to find my happiness and helping others find their happiness in the name of God. That was kind of my life mission statement. And um, yeah, I haven't really done that so much. <laughs> Do you think that the UFC should help guys, you know, like they should have like a chaplain there or, you know, someone there to no, talk to you before? No, no, I don't. Not at all. No? As business is business. You know, your personal beliefs are personal. Let's keep them that way. Right. I'm not a, I'm not evangelical in any, you know, if, if somebody asks me and they give me the opportunity, I would love to talk to them and share my experience, et cetera. But I'm not, I'm not knocking on your door. You know, you got to come to me. I don't. You know, you gotta you gotta want something. You gotta want more. You gotta want some sort of understanding. You you know you're not gonna. I, I don't see the point of walking up to people and just trying to convert them. You know, it's it's almost like a diet. You know, you have to want to do it. This person has to come to you. They have to hire a trainer or something. You know, you can't just I don't know, go up and say, hey, do you want me to train you? And the guy's like, I don't really care to get in shape. Do you ever feel conflicted, given how you feel now and what you do for a living? Not at all. Okay. I mean, come on, look at the way I fight. I'm a little too nice, probably. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a sport, man. It's a sport. You know, it's not It's not combat. It's, I hate when people say, oh, it's a war. It's not a war. There's a referee. There's a very slim chance I'm going to die or even get seriously hurt, you know? Hmm. My shoulder might get popped. And I might not be able to fight anymore or wipe my ass with my right hand, but... You know, chances are I'm not going to die. You know, there's a ref that stop it. You get you go to a doctor right after. You know, it's it's pretty pretty easy. It's not that big of a stressor for me anymore, to be honest. Be- I mean, look at what happened when I fought the Anderson Silva. It can't possibly get worse than that. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've already seen the bottom, and it wasn't that bad. You know, I I made it through. You know, I I survived or whatever. You know, so. Just fighting, man. It's not. Uh, it's not the end of the world, you know. And that's a that's a fantastic segue. Just two last quick things. You uh, obviously a man you know very well, a very good friend of yours is about to go into that same challenge in just a couple of weeks in in a tougher spot because he's going to Brazil. Stefan Bonner to fight Anderson Silva. Yeah. 
have you talked to him about that experience? Yeah, yeah. I said, whatever you do, don't take Valium all during the week to sleep. Because um, not only will you fail your drug test, but you won't be super sharp in there either. Okay. So no Valium or, or Xanax or whatever it was. Don't Did you do that? That is a sleep. You didn't do that before huh? your fight, right? I actually failed my drug test, I think, for, for Xanax, which I had a doctor prescription. Was not, I was just... I didn't do it before the fight. No, I did it the night before because I was nervous and I couldn't sleep. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't think anyone knows that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, what's, what's the point? Right. <laughs> why, why have more humility to humiliation to a bad situation? So did you talk to him about the things you, you might have done differently? And, and based on the fact no, that he doesn't no, that know none of that? No, I think he'll be all right. He's got good people around him. Do you think he has a shot? Because he is the biggest underdog in the history of UFC main events, 14 to 1. I do think he's got a shot, actually. Uh, I was thinking about going and put a little money on him. Wow. Uh, just, you know, for shits and giggles. But here's the thing. Stefan's got better wrestling on top end than, than you realize. And I don't think Anderson's going to really want to commit to to his punches, you know? I don't think he's going to really want to step in and let stuff go. Because he's not going to want you know to close the distance too much on stuff, and I don't think. So you actually think That's he has a shot? Great, yeah. And he, he does. He's never been stopped or finished. Yeah, I mean submitted or or, uh, or knocked out. The only time he's ever been hurt is when Jones hit him the, uh, in the back of the head without a spinning elbow, which he just really didn't see coming. Right. Uh, will you watch the fight? Oh yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, you're not going to go there, right? That would be that would be quite the moment. Like if you're in his corner or something, you know. It just seems like you guys are so linked to each other, and now here he is fighting. Yeah, the... that would be horrible, though. Yeah, you don't want like I still have the I still have the smell of Anderson's urine on me. I don't <laughs> I don't want to go selling up his corner. That's crazy talk. Uh, at least you can look back at it uh, that way. And and finally, I, I I was just wondering, you know, based on how uh, Dana responded and Tito responded, do you regret what you? How you reacted to your fight before knowing that you won at UFC 148? Oh yeah, yeah, certainly I do. Of course, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. How quickly yeah. did you regret it? Um. Well, when everyone told me in the back, like, "What are you doing?" Like, so as soon as I got back to the locker room. Okay. At the time, I thought that was pretty amusing. I thought it was pretty funny. But once everyone told you, then you realized that it, it, not only walking back, but taking the mic and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, all that was just nonsense. But he hasn't yeah. been too kind yeah. after. He seems to think that he won the fight. Have you even watched it? Uh, you know, I haven't watched okay. it. Eh, probably for the best. <laughs> well, Forrest, I appreciate the time. We've taken up too much of your time. Thank you so much. It's great to hear from you, and I hope you will reconsider uh, you know, taking me off the list for pre-UFC 155, because I always do enjoy, uh, even though you think I've changed, which I've actually taken that to heart and tried to go back to my old ways. I don't know if you've noticed That's it or not. Very good of you. Very good of you. I, I appreciate that. Here's the thing. I yeah. don't think Dan is going to make me do an interview with you, so this is probably the last time we're ever going to speak ever. <laughs> The last time I saw you and spoke to you was in February, Saitama Super Arena, of course. It's yeah. been, what, uh, eight or so months, a little less than eight months. Were you just missing me? Was that it? Like You, no, you, you I, felt like you needed some Hawani in your life? No, no, no? not at all. Because that's what I was told. I was told. Like, you was misinformed, man. You were you, sitting around on Saturday and you're like, you know who I haven't seen in a while? 
the beta I, male. I, I have I have never said no. I have never said those words. My lips has never said those <laughs> words before in my life. What that's wishful thinking though. Well, maybe maybe it is wishful yeah, thinking. Yeah. Uh, but it is good to have you here. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you so much for coming. It's a it's a real pleasure. And we even brought out the uh, the rampage. Action figure, man. What's up? What's up with this? Look, he's been you, through the. Now, now, what you done done to him, man? You. He's been through the ringer. You you, you put marks. Up. What what what? And then look at the hair, man. It's like like what, what what's up with that? Like it's supposed to be you can black. Speak to New York Rick back there. Who who, who, who he's did in this? charge? Yeah, we'll like, deal with him later. Okay, man. But um, we have a lot to get to. Yeah, you it's like y'all been messing with me. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know what happened to your chain, by the way. That's yeah. Uh, yeah see, that's that's what it is. You, and they put John Jones. I mean. A little yeah. respect. Look, John Jones don't got a mark on him. Well, what? in the backside there. Yeah. All right, so let's get right to it. Obviously, there's a lot to talk to you about. I want to work backwards here. I mean, in the last, like I said, seven and a half months, a lot has happened in the world of Rampage Jackson. There's a lot to get to. But I want to work from the most recent and then go backwards. Obviously, you're supposed to fight uh, Glover Teixeira, UFC 153. Yeah. And then we found out the unfortunate news that you injured your elbow. And dislocated my knee. And I mean, dislocated. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my ankle. And your okay. But we, we didn't talk about that, though. Well, <laughs> we didn't. We, the elbow was most serious. What exactly happened, and most importantly, how are you feeling right now? Well, I'm good now. I went to see Dr. Coker in um, Connecticut, and um, it's just an old injury that I've that I've had um, for years. I first injured it um, like a like a like a like what two weeks before I fought Forrest, and um, Dr. C came out and um, healed me up over the weekend. It took him just a weekend to heal me up. He just really knows what he's doing. Like it's like. A, when you hyperstend, I went. To, I slammed this one guy. He scissor kicked his legs and hyperstend my my arm years ago. Okay. And then like so, every now and then things I'm not gonna say how how, in, how he gets injured because you know we got some fighters here that don't that be watched. They don't have honor. But every now and then my my elbow will flare up again. Like you get inflamed and stuff like that. And it's never fought, bothered me in the fight, but it's bothered me in sparring and training where you got to you know do it. Uh, every day and every now and then it'll, it'll hurt. Then I can you know, I can take like thirty seconds to go back, but sometimes it gets severe, severe where I can't even move. Your, you can't even move your arm. Really? Yeah. So um, which one is it? That it, one? Yeah. It was okay. it was this one. And um, so um, I did the day I was sparring. I kicked the guy in the hip and dislocated my my um, ankle, and I didn't want to stop because the sparring was really good. I was going really good, and then like um, the next couple of rounds later, I um, hurt my my um, elbow. But if I hadn't been in Brazil training. Uh, if my doctor could have came to me or something like that, I wouldn't have to pull out the fight. But since I had to leave Brazil, you know, and you know, like I'm a big guy, and you know, I, my my weight cut is on the schedule and stuff like that, you know. You getting phone calls in the middle of the show? Yeah, well, people, you know, I don't know. They don't know your life. The world is watching right now. And this guy, he's an MMA guy too. He, he wow. should he should know. Hater. Uh, well, yeah. it happens. <laughs> and uh, you know, and um, since I had to leave Brazil, that's why I had to fight because I would have been good. Like, I would have been good. In two days, three days, but since I had to leave, and it took him like three days. This one was it hurt worse than the last time. It took him about three days to fix me, and do my ankle. He fixed my ankle in like five seconds. He just pop, pop it back in, and I, I could have like if I had a camp here in New York or something, right. I still could have fought. When did this happen? It happened like uh, it happened on a Monday. I'm bad with dates. It happened on a Monday. Whenever okay. we talk, whenever whenever Dana whenever Dana texted about it, oh, uh, tweeted about that it. Day. So when you injured yourself that day in training, did you know right away that you were not going to be able to fight. I, I, me and my manager talked about it, and we, when we, um, actually we waited the next day because I thought that maybe it would go away, and um, we we waited and see if I could if I could uh, train and stuff like that, and I, and I was thinking well maybe I could keep running, but then like oh my ankle is messed up. I had I know I got to lose weight, and then uh, we thought about it. I said we made a plan like well I got to go to New York, and then we'll go come back, but you know 
you're not eating really clean and stuff like right. that, gaining weight and not training. But we was, we was going to miss a week out of camp, and I was like, you know, my last fight, you know, so I fought injured and and stuff like that, and, and I had all those problems behind that. And I said, like, I'm not going to risk that again. So I said, you know, I just pull, I just pull out this fight and come back strong. I want, I want my uh, my next fight to, I want to be close to 100 as possible and, and show the world what I can do. You know. And we will get to what happened in the last fight in a second, but I'm wondering, um, why were you in Brazil? Because I haven't known t you to be the kind of guy who trained in Brazil. Was it just because this fight was taking place in Brazil and you wanted to stay close? Yeah, this fight was uh, taking place in Brazil, and you know I always wanted to go to Brazil. And and um, uh, uh, Mario Sucata, um, like the, our team's jiu-jitsu coach, before you know, saying he went back to Brazil and opened up his gym stuff in Brazil, and and he's like, oh, come come train with me and my gym in Brazil and stuff like that. And we went to Recife, uh, Brazil, and I just I just wanted to soak up the culture and train and you know get my jujitsu up real good because Glover got really good jujitsu, and even though he was running his mouth like he gonna try to knock me out, I knew he was gonna try to take me down and, and hump my leg like everybody else do that swears, you know, saying by God that they're gonna try to knock me out. So I just wanted to go there and get some really good jujitsu training in, and and um, really work on my ground skills and you know stuff like that. So I, it was a good place to train. Were you the one that called Dana to tell him that you were going to pull out of the fight? Uh, I told my manager to call and tell him. You know, I just told him like, yeah, I got to pull out. I felt bad, but you know, what I'm saying this is my first time ever pulling out of a fight for injury. Uh, you know, I've been fighting injured. I have, I fought so many fights injured. Like some I win, some I lose. Like the knee I had surgery on, I, I fought Rashad on that injured knee. I injured a knee in the Rashad camp, and I injured the knee in college. Actually, you know, what I'm saying I was surprised it lasted that long. Really? Yeah, I, I originally injured a knee in college wrestling, and um, I never had surgery on it and stuff like that. And I'm surprised it, it lasted that long. And and I fought with with the messed up knee for. So many years, and and then John, you got John Jones kicking, kicking your knees backwards and stuff now. So it's like, and you know the other knee was giving me problems and stuff like that. And, but you know I I dealt with it and rehabbed that one while I was doing it and fixing it and got got that one good and stuff like that. It's just like I'm I was like man, you know what? I want to fight close to 100%. This knee has bothered me for years, and I'm getting older, and you know saying, and I just wanted I just want to like make sure I'm close to 100% so I can put on a good show for my fans. I think they deserve that. Right. What did you think of the um, the matchup against Teixeira? Because Shogun, you know, famously he didn't want to fight him. He didn't think he was a big enough name. And then when they announced that you were going to fight him and everything that had gone on behind the scenes, this was reportedly the last fight on your contract. People thought that the UFC was sort of feeding you to Teixeira. Yeah. He beats you and then you go bye-bye. Yeah, Is know, that the way you viewed it? No. See... You know, a lot of a lot of fans like what people what people got to understand. A lot of the fans in the UFC are are the new fans to MMA. You know, what I'm saying they got to take that in consideration. Just because Shogun didn't want to fight that guy, you know, who knows why Shogun fights? I fight to pay my bills, and you know, I got I got kids I got put through college, and I got some kids I got to save up for lawyer fees and bail money. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying so. It's like I, I got things I like to ha I like to have fast cars and I like you know I like the the good life I like the, you know go in the club make it rain sometimes so I got doesn't yeah yeah who doesn't you know I got it so I got to fight so I don't fight to be famous I don't so I don't care if he's a big name or a little name I, I just care it's like you know I'm going to fight put on an exciting fight and get my bills paid that's what I care for who, who you know Shogun he may he, he may he may like the 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 all the and come with oh what name he's fighting and stuff. Right. So, rankings rankings like I don't care about that stuff like uh I saw 
I saw him. Uh, I saw they showed me. Who, I didn't know who he was. They showed me clips. You of never him. heard of him. Never heard of him. They, wow. And they showed me clips. I'm like, oh, he's he's a sighting fighter. He's tough. He bangs. They said, oh, he can, he knows jujitsu and stuff too. But I'm like, I don't care. This guy bangs. Like, yeah. But okay, I fight him. And you know, and I didn't think that. I thought I thought he was tailor made for me. I thought it'd be a great fight for the for the um, fans. I thought that my last fight was so boring. I wanted to redeem myself. You know, what I'm saying it takes two to make a sighting fight. You know, what I'm saying one guy wants to fight, another guy wants to. Or a run, or just lay lay on top of you and stuff like that. It's like it gets kind of boring for the fans. And if you guys go back and watch my fights in my my career, you can tell what I care about. I care about uh, exciting the fans. That's why I am the way I am. And and that was the whole reason around why I was upset as I was back in the past. You know, I lost a lot of love for for fighting and stuff. And I can honestly say, like Dana White and the UFC, like took a lot of love out of me for for MMA, but. Since all this stuff is something weird happens, I got injured and and I got and I got healed up. And Doctor C, you know, saying he healed up my elbow and he fixed some other stuff that was bothering me. Like this guy's a miracle worker, like the best doctor ever in the world. He's worked worked with Shaquille O'Neal and a lot of other, a lot of top athletes. He's the best doctor in the world. And he fixed some other stuff and showed me some stuff. I'm like, wow. And my body is, you know, reason why I start, started hating training because my body was hurting so much when I trained. Everything hurt. My shoulders, this, elbow, all this stuff hurt. But now he fixed me up and I'm doing good. Now I'm back to training really hard and I'm loving it. And I, even though I don't got a fight now, I'm still training. Hmm. It's like I used to be. I, the old Rampage is back. Tell you. It's interesting that you mentioned that. You said a lot there. But I remember when we had our, our talk in, in uh, Tokyo. Um, when you walked in, we would play the video games and all that. A lot of people enjoyed that. And I got the sense from that interview that the love was starting to go away a little bit. Yeah. And now, obviously, very good to hear that you're you're getting it back. But why did it go away for a minute there? Well, you know, I, I really, um, you know, I don't want to uh, you know, like touch on it too much. But, you know, it's no secret that, you know, I was having problems with, um, with, with um, the UFC. I, I lost my love when I lost that Forrest fight because mm-hmm. I know that I won that fight. And honestly, I wanted I wanted to cry like racist stuff. I did want to do that. You know, black folks, we, we good at that. Mm. But, you know, like um, I just don't think it's fair for, for a man who to go out there and, you know, you know, I, I know I took the light, I took the fight softly. I took, I'm like, oh, Forrest. I, I didn't train my hardest, you know what I'm saying? I was coming off, I was coming off the, uh, the Dan uh, Henderson fight and I had like a little, just a little injury on my, on my, no, so I didn't, you know, I didn't keep up training stuff like that. But I'm like, oh, Forrest, I just knocked this guy out and stuff like that. And, and I trained, but I didn't train my hardest and stuff like that. But I knew, you know, I knew I was like, I'm going to do enough to, just to win this fight, uh, train enough hard to win this fight. And then he injured my, my knee. He kicked me in the knee. And I, and I felt like, oh, I'm the champion. I'm going to do just enough to win this fight. And I felt like I did. But my, but after the fight, you know what I'm saying, I, um, I, I didn't react the way, People thought I would. I was like, I accepted the defeat, and I, I, you know, I knew that I won that fight. But I said, oh, you know, he kicked my butt, stuff like that. I, I you know, I, I, you know, saying held my head up high, and I, and I walked out because I didn't want to act the fool, and and because I, I know how it is. Like people don't know, like uh, what when I went back home to Memphis and stuff like that. I'm from the South, you know. what I'm saying a lot of white people coming up to me and stuff, saying stuff, saying like um, derogatory stuff to me. You know, what I'm saying after that loss. Yeah, after that loss, a lot of white people saying stuff to me and stuff like that. I'm like. It was some racist shit they were saying to me and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, you know, like, it shows your true colors. Like, because anybody that watched that fight can clearly see that I, I won that fight. And if you're happy over somebody winning a fight like that, it shows you how much of a bigot you are. And so that 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 took a lot of love from me and a lot of love from 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 my fans and, and everything. And I started smoking cigarettes and stuff more and, mm. and doing all that stuff. And I just, I didn't, I didn't have the love for uh 
for fighting as much. But I, I kept that to myself. I didn't want to be one of those guys like, oh, you know, I lost that fight because you know, I was black and stuff like that. Because when I did the whole Ultimate Fighter with, with uh, Forrest and they gave him special treatment and stuff, I, I did. I felt like it was racist. Like, really? Uh, yeah, I did. But then when I did the Ultimate Fighter with Rashad, felt the same thing. And I, was, uh, uh, and I was like, oh, it couldn't be that because right. Rashad blacker than me. <laughs> and, and then I felt like, oh, it was because they came from the Ultimate Fighter. And that's what it was, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that they screwed me out of that fight with Forrest because I'm black. It's because he, he, he's, a, he's their baby. You know, he's the one who put them on You think so? Him. You don't he, think it was just three judges looking at a fight? I'm, no. I'm, I, well, you know, honestly, like the judges in the UFC haven't been doing a great job right. all the time. So and I'm it's just important saying, to note the UFC doesn't hire the judges. It's Nevada well, in what, your case. People can think whatever they want to think. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to say that. I'm just saying that... Um, this is how I felt. I'm just right. saying this is how I felt at the time. I had my own mind to think stuff. I'm not a sheep. Like, I feel like a lot of people in this world is a sheep. I just feel like I'm not a sheep. And all I'm saying is like um, this is how I felt at the time. That's why I lost the love for, for sure. fighting and MMA and UFC and all that stuff. And um, I felt sorry for myself and everything. And uh, I felt like that fight hunts you. you know, I felt like I want, I want to fight. And, and I've asked them over and over, give me a rematch with, with Forrest. I don't care. I just, want to, I just want to prove to myself and the world, like, I can beat him. Right. You know what I'm saying? I did beat him. You know, like, I, I was real proud of myself that I didn't give up. Like, people don't know how, how bad that, that that kick hurt. He kicked me in my knee over, and I'd never been kicked like that before. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, so that's... But I want, I, I'm, I'm curious. That was 2008. Right. You've had great moments since then. Yeah. You, know, you, right. beat, you beat Machida. Yeah. You know, you had, you had a tough fight against Jardine. Right. So, but in Japan, I got that sense. Right. How'd you get it back now? It's just it's just one of those things like where now that you're healthy. Now, like what what was the epiphany the, that made you feel like all right, I'm back? Well, it's like some of the fans and stuff like um, like some of the fans like and stuck you know stuck you know stood in there and gave me support and um now like uh like uh, Lil Wayne made a song and and put my name in a song and now Two Chains made a song and really? put my name on yeah and it's like I'm thinking like man you know the world you know what I'm saying hasn't forgot about me you know what I'm saying I used to be one of the best fighters in the world and. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, my people out there, they still, like, support me, even though I haven't been doing it. And it's, like, giving me back my love for, for, for the fight. Like, I want to go out there and make make the people who support me uh, proud. And I want to uh, show my my family, I want to show myself that I still could be one of the best in, in the world again. And I know it. I know it. I can. When's the last time you felt this way? The last time I, the last time I felt like this was was back when I was champion. And, really? And when I was, like, um, you know what I'm saying, uh the, the the undisputed champion and back when I was fighting in Pride when I was smashing people that I wasn't even supposed to smash. Let me play devil's advocate. You know, in the fight game, we hear got you know in the fight game, people there's so much that happens boxing, MMA, and often we hear people say before every fight, best shape of my life, yeah. best I'll ever will you're be. You're supposed to. You're supposed, you're to, say supposed that. to say that. That's what fans. I know you're supposed to say that. You don't want to talk about your injuries. Of course, of course. So but if someone's here. watching this right now and and you seem to be in good spirits and you you're saying that you're you feel. Yeah, as good, if not better, than you did as champion. Why should they believe you? They, they probably shouldn't believe me. I don't. I, they should probably just wait and see my next fight. Mm. Then they can believe me. They don't have to take my word for it. Cause you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it if I. You know, I, you know, I say the same thing. Like ah, I'm ready to retire and blah blah blah. I'm. I'm not. I thought I go. I'm, I thought that I was going to want to retire at at 35. I said that. You know, I'm 34 and stuff now. I feel. I feel good now. Like you know, I got the best doctors around me. You know. Uh, like I got the doctors back in California, you know, Dr. Kessler and Dr. Moore who did the surgery and stuff on me and, and 
and I got you know Doctor C out here, and I I got the best doctors around to work on me, and I'm taking uh, measures. I'm I'm you know I'm taking drastic measures and keeping my body good. I'm start ice bathing, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it. I know I'm older now. I'm just gonna give it a good run, and you know what I'm saying I just want to show the world that I still can be the best, and and they don't have to believe me. What today? What to, whoever the UFC put me in 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 the cage with next. I don't care who they put me in there with. They can I show them. Scale of one to ten on the the health meter. How healthy are you right now? Your entire body, like considering all these things you you've you've talked about here. I can honestly say I'm eight and a half nine. Really? Yeah. When's the last time you felt that good? Last time I felt that good was eight and a half nine. Probably, probably, um, probably back um, back in the pride days when I was coming up. So so the 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 elbows okay. Yeah, that was good. The knee, the ankle. That the the knee the knees good. You know I. You know, you had surgery on it. You go through all those things. I rehabbed it good and stuff like that. The knee's good. It don't bother. It don't bother me uh, when I'm when I'm wrestling or anything like that. I'm I'm so happy about that. And the ankle is is good. Like I'm running. I'm running like four miles. Good. Like before, I was so lazy. You know what I'm saying? You barely get two and a half out of me. And like I'm running four four miles. And I'm I'm asking. You know, what I'm saying my training partners, come on, let's do six tomorrow. And really? It, yeah. And it's not like me. I'm happy when I do one. Yeah. But that's just me. I'm sure. <laughs> and, and so then I'm wondering, you know, 153 is October 13th. In hindsight, do you regret pulling out, or do you not think you would have been ready to fight him? I know, I know, I wouldn't have been ready. I wouldn't have been ready weight wise. Okay. Because you got, you know, you got to make. I got to make weight. I'm a big guy. Right. How much I, you weigh right now? If you don't I'm, mind me asking. I'm. I'm right now. I'm probably like 232, 230, What's your usual rock, walking around weight? <laughs> two forty. Really? So you're actually coming down now? Yeah, I'm finna. I'm finna start. Um, Trying to walk around by 220, 225. That's one of my, my goals to start walking around like that. Because, you know, you get older, you you fill out more. How right. old are you? I just turned 30, believe it or not. And you still a little pimp squeak. You know, I actually have been working out. Have you noticed? No. Doing a few. You know, and now I'm a father. you gotta be ha- you got to have some muscles to carry that kid. My son's in the 92nd percentile in terms of weight. His, 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 I'm pretty proud. His, his mother must have been a specimen. She must have been an athlete. I thought you were going to go in a different direction and then... We would have had a problem. You don't want no problems. <laughs> you don't want no. You want to squash it right now? No, well, you know, this we is can, all we, can, <laughs> we can move this stuff. We can move. We can move. We, can, we don't got much room to squash it. Up I now. know it is. You want to squash it right now? It is a tough. Listen, I'm never going to say that word. I have. You know. By the way, I, since you're bringing it up, there are a lot of copycats in MMA. Let's just put it out there. I'm sure. And a lot of people, because you gave me those problems, which was almost two years ago now, mm. trying to do the same thing. And you know what? I don't know if I appreciate it. You were the first. We had it out. We squashed it. Now people are trying to do the same thing. And I don't know <laughs> if it's genuine. If you don't like me, you don't like me. Yeah. But if you're trying to copy you... you well, know. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't like you. Yeah, that's true. Because I'm kind of like on the border. Like, we got cool in Japan the last time, but... That was cool. And then you got then, mad at me. And then you said some shit. Well, not really. We'll get to that in a second. Up, I'm just saying. You, but there are a got, lot of people who are copying you, just just so you know. You know what? That's, that's been going on ever since I got to this sport. A lot of people even copy me and stuff like that, but they say that's the uh, best form of flattery. That's what they that say. That's true. Whoever they are. And you've always had this sort of love-hate relationship with the media. Honestly, like, people don't understand this about me. Like, uh, people on Twitter talk shit, and like, I don't fight to be famous. I've said it from day one. But you enjoy the perks of being famous, right? What there perks? Are, Tell uh, me the perks of being famous. You talked about the fast cars. You get money because you're famous. No, 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 get, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Those are perks. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. All right. Fuck that. Like, rich people have that shit. They ain't famous. True. Okay. 
You can get the same shit. But those are the perks of being famous as well. No, no, that's not the perk of being famous. With money and stuff like that? Okay. That ain't ain't the perk. Uh, uh, Gary Coleman was famous as hell. Where's his money at? Well, everyone's had, you know, there Uh, there, there are stories of people who didn't deal with their money. But what I'm saying is. That's not the perk. It's not bad. I disagree disagree with you. Um, That's not a perk of being famous. So you'd be happy if you were just Quentin Jackson, nine to five job, happy with your family, living the life. Honestly, money's not everything and stuff like that. But honestly, I can say, like, uh, if I could turn back time and stuff like that, if I if I could live a normal life and with my family and stuff like that, and would have to, uh, if I can have all my privacy back and stuff like that, really? I would I would stay construction and worker. not do any of this. No, I wouldn't. Really? Yeah, because so much so much good has happened to you. You've met so many people. You've traveled the world. That's good. You fought in front of what fifty thousand people, whatever. Uh, um, Seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. Yeah, that's all good, but it all goes out the window when you're just trying to uh, eat dinner with your family yeah. or something, or you're on a date with a hot chick, and you're trying to be all cool and stuff, and you got some person walk up to you while you're eating, talking over your food, and you're a big germ free asking, can they take a picture with you? And when you say picture, spit come out your mouth, <laughs> right on your food while you're eating, and you're on, you know, or when you're in a club, you drink it, just trying to be a regular guy, and you dancing with this hot chick. and But the hot and, chicks like that, don't they? I no, don't know this. No, I'm just I'm, telling you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like you, okay. you, you dancing and you got guys, you know, saying begging to buy you a drink while you dancing with this girl and or on the picture while you dancing with this girl. I've, I've, you just don't understand. I don't want to go into. It. I'm just saying. Like I, 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 I would regularly just be a regular guy, make pretty good money, put my, you know, have with my with my family, so I can just be a regular guy. Well, you aren't a regular guy. I see your your. I'm rampage. thankful. I'm thankful. Right. I'm, I'm thankful because honestly, like people don't know this. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I might write a book and stuff one day. But hmm. you know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm supposed to die a couple times in my life. So I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people in my neighborhood and stuff like that didn't make it or in prison and stuff like that. You know, I could be like one of the guys on the street corner begging for. So don't don't get me wrong. I'm grateful. I'm happy that you know what I'm saying my heavenly father, you know. Gave me a job where I was good. I, was, I grew up a fighter. I used to fight bullies and stuff all the time for my friends. I had a bunch of little short friends, little skinny friends, look like you, because <laughs> I hated bullies. You know what I'm saying? I'm thankful that, you know what I'm saying, the skills that God gave me to be a fighter, I can make a living at it and stuff like that. But if people really sit down and remember, like, when I started fighting, it wasn't popular. Right. You know what I'm saying? I used to fight in Japan, and I come home, and then I was a regular guy. So it was just a little bit different. People, people got to understand you got to walk a mile in other people's shoes. Like, I don't think, a lot of people want to be famous. A lot of people, oh, I wish I would be famous. I wish I would be famous. But you lose, your, you lose, you lose all your privacy. Who, who, you know, I wouldn't wish, I, I wouldn't wish for fame. I wish, wish for health and wealth. You, you mentioned a couple of times you almost passed away. When was that? Well, when I was, when you when were I, younger. When I was growing up, you know, yeah. I got, I've been shot at. I had a guy put a gun to my head and pull the trigger and the gun didn't work. It was Get jammed. Out. Yeah. And he, he killed, he killed somebody like a, a week later with the same gun. Cause it was like, Oh, Oh, he probably got an old messed up gun, you know? And thank God it didn't. How old were you? I was in sixth grade. What? I grew up in the hood. Why is someone coming up to you? He was in, Cause we was fighting. He was jumping my cousins. I told you I used to beat up the bullies. Right. He was jumping my cousins. I got my people's back and we was fighting. And, um, he was, he was a man. He lived in a project right down the street from, my house, and he was a man at, at the age range. You know, he could fight. I was a man. You know what I'm saying? He, and I, I, you know, we we scrapping, and he put the gun to my head. But he, nothing was there. He, it didn't work. Wow. Yeah, I've been hit by cars like a couple times, like big times. Supposed to have been dead. That's why I got this big dent in my head over here. What happened there? Uh, my cousin chased me with one of those, you know, those water guns where you pull the trigger and right. and, and the ink disappeared later. But I had a white shirt on. My mom was coming pick me up. We were supposed to go somewhere. <laughs> I didn't want to get that. You, it yeah, don't yeah. disappear all the way. And I just ran in the street. 
This car hit me and, and it headbutt me and I jumped right in time so it wouldn't run me over. It you was jumped going, onto the car? Yeah, I was I was young. I was like in like third or fourth grade. I was a little, little bitty guy. Jeez. The car was going like forty five. Back then those cars were made out of metal. And it, you know what I'm saying? It, it messed me up for a little bit, but you know, so I'm still here. You mentioned, uh, and that is unbelievable, and I guess that gives you some perspective on life, and it will make you thankful for I am everything. Thankful. I am yeah. thankful, but at the same time, it, it gets overwhelming. Sure. In the moment, when people are coming up to you, I, you know, I, can, I can see how that it could get. Um, so now with this newfound love, right, this newfound love for the sport, or maybe regaining your old regaining. love for the sport. So I guess a lot of people would like to know, because it seemed like for a while there, you just wanted to have one fight in the UFC and go away. You well, wanted to go elsewhere. Does that mean... You want to stick around, maybe? Well, the UFC is not MMA. Sure. I'm not, but, I found, they, but, I but let's be honest. They are, right now, the NFL of MMA, right? They are yeah. the top dog. Yeah, I agree. And they, you know, they, they have the most viewers on pay-per-view. And well, I can, tell, I can tell you this, that um, since I've been um, vocal about my um, you know, plans to leave the sure. UFC, uh, my manager has been getting numerous emails and phone calls of people Offering way more money than I'm making right now. Really? Right. And people, and like, if you think about what I've been saying is that I don't fight for fame. I fight for money. And so I don't care if, if the UFC is like, you know what I'm saying, like the, the um, NFL and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? They could be like the NFL, but, but pay, pay you like a water boy because they are the NFL. And like, that's no, that's no bueno for me. So these other shows, they might not be as, as famous, but I, they probably think that I can bring that show up to, you know what I'm saying, to fame. They're willing to pay. And we can't negotiate with them or nothing right now. But uh, my manager left me like, oh, we can't negotiate right now. But right, because you he, have still a fight left on your contract. Yeah, and, I, and from, from from what my manager said, like I don't I don't look at the contracts. From what he's saying, like we can't negotiate. But they've been throwing numbers at us. And my manager was like, my manager was like pretty pretty happy. Like so, he said like, when I finish my fight with the UFC, we we not wear it. Because what go about do, the UFC? Have they tried to maybe patch things up? And because. You're still a draw for them. You're still one of the top light heavyweights. You know, have they tried in this sort of downtime, or are you not interested in that? Well, well, honestly, the UFC hasn't said anything to me. The UFC, they, 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 they've been great. Like, like they um, taking care of my my injury. They've been paying the, the doctors. Like they pay for my surgery. You know, the UFC, the, you know, what I'm saying they they've been really great with the, all the injury stuff. They uh, reimbursed me for my airplane ticket and stuff like that. And I wish they reimbursed me for how much money I spent on camp. Because uh-huh. I spend a lot of money on my camps. Cause I pay my my sparring partner. I take care of them. Sure, I take care of the camp because you know that's that's how I'm not cheap like some guys that used to be on my team. Oh. I, ain't, I ain't gonna say no names. Okay, but, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, <clears throat> what? But, you know, what was so, that? Uh, you know, it's like, you, you know, did he it, fight this weekend? <sighs> okay, you can continue. So you know, I, I I I do I do I take care of my people. You know, what I'm saying I do what I gotta do. Right, and and, and the UFC has been been really good and stuff about like that. But they haven't said anything to me. Like it's it's honestly I keep it real like the the I, I I haven't complained about a lot of stuff, you know that a lot of the reasons I had a problem with the UFC I haven't complained I'm not going to complain about them because, you know what I'm saying it's like it's it's me it's personal like when whenever the UFC want to talk to me I tell them face to face like things like what they should do and stuff like that but I got people offer me like way more money than what the UFC is is talking about and it's a different ball game now though right. Back in the day, there was Pride. Obviously, there was yeah. the UFC. Now there's, you know, there's Bellator coming up. There's yeah. some other organizations, but it's tough. It's tough out there, and even it's tough in the UFC. I mean, they've they've canceled two events in the last, yeah. you know, month. I mean, it's it's. I wouldn't want to be a free agent in this sport right now. I, well, I, you you wouldn't want to well, be, but, you know. <laughs> but me being a free agent yeah. is, is looking very promising. To it me is. Right so, now. do you want to get this fight over with? Do you want to fight maybe this year and then test yeah. the market? 
2013. I'm not listen. I'm not in a rush. Like you know, I'm not saying the UFC paid me like a slouch. Like they, they honestly, the UFC paid me pretty good. I can, I have to admit. You're happy with it? Well, you know, I'm not a greedy person. I'm happy with it. But honestly, like I was saying, like no, it's not worth it. What what stuff I got to go through with um with my privacy issues and and, and stuff like that. But it's honestly, but you're still gonna have that if you went elsewhere. I'm still gonna have it when I went elsewhere. But elsewhere offered me me more money. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Like okay, think about this. Like uh, I think uh, no, I'm nowhere near famous as like, like um, like basketball like Kobe Bryant or like actors like um, you know who's a big star Denzel Washington. Denzel, I'm not. I'm, but I'm more. I'm just. I'm more accessible as those guys. Sure. And I don't have. His, I don't know if those guys roll with bodyguards and stuff like that. But I go. We go and people see me. And I'm still trying to be a regular guy and stuff like that. So people see me. Everywhere and sometimes it, you get to a place and you and say you 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 take one picture with one guy and people recognize. Then you there for thirty minutes taking pictures. You know what I'm saying? Or, or you just got to sometimes just got to be rude. So it is. It, but it's, some might say that's the beauty of our sport, right? That you guys are so accessible. On the flip side, you know what I mean? On the flip side, it's the beauty for the fans, right? But what if I'm what if I'm on my way? I'm I'm I got a meeting somewhere. Or I'm somewhere. Sure. So and then if you say no to someone, it's hard. You're a mean guy. They, well, they remember that and they call you an ass and all yeah, that. Yeah, it happens, but it's hard. But I'm just saying, what I'm saying is like sometimes like those guys who make a whole lot of money like Shaquille O'Neal and, and, and those guys, they, say, Watch, they can go and they can probably, they probably own like private islands somewhere. They can go and just, sometimes you just want to go where people don't even know you. It's weird. You want to go like, you want to buy a ranch in Montana and just go somewhere where people don't know you. A lot of, a lot of actors do. They have like houses. Sure. With, and I can't afford to do that. So it's like. But I guess. I'm surprised to hear you say you have this newfound love. It's good to hear you say that because for a while there in the middle, like March, April of this year, it seemed like you just wanted – you were almost thinking about leaving MMA. Yeah, you were done. Was. But then on the flip side, I thought the newfound love would come along with I want to be in the UFC. I want to fight in the – you know what I mean? This well, is the UFC what, is not MMA. Sure, sure. No, that's fine. I guess you surprised me on both ends here. Uh, I guess. But you want to fight for many more years. I, I still got a couple more years in me, yeah. Like, after I'm done with MMA, I want to go and do boxing. Really? Yeah, I, I've done everything but boxing. I, I, I want like high level boxing. Yeah, you, you heard Kimbo and Roy Jones are going to have some sort of uh, exhibition match. Oh, that's Did cool. you hear about that? No, I don't is that the kind of thing you want to do, or no, like I want, a celebrity I, thing, or no? I want to, I want to go and try to box somebody. I don't want to box the top boxer because I'm not a boxer, but I want to go and and do a boxing match. I want to go and do. I want to go do kickboxing, you know. Saying sometimes I, I want, I want to go. And f- I want to go and put on exciting fights. I think I'd be exciting for a boxer because, because you know, right now boxing is kind of boring. Like nobody takes chances. I'm coming the way my style is coming out and, and boxing. I'm coming either I'm gonna knock you out or, or I'm gonna get knocked out. Right. It's hard to do that in MMA because you you got to be you got you can't come out, uh, you know, you know your guns, you know, blazing blazing because you know somebody take you down. They waiting for you to overcommit and take you down. So MMA is kind of your stand up is different when it's wrestling in there, sure. but in boxing, uh, kickboxing, you just just go. Is there a chance that after this one fight is over, then you go straight to boxing, or do you think you'll stick around in MMA a little bit? I, I don't know. It's, it, it depends on uh, where the money take me. As uh, I think a famous man once said, the cheddar makes it better. Damn right. It's, it's a lot. Of, I tell that to everyone. There's a lot of meaning behind. And then behind I quote that. you. There's a lot of meaning behind that because people don't. I think the most fans they don't know what goes on. We train six days a week. Um, I train three to four times a day, and, and and so by Friday, you hurting your body is hurting, but you still you stiff, but you still got to get up and go train three or four times that day, and and then you think about the uh, how much money you're getting paid. That's the only thing that goes to my I don't know I don't know what goes to other fighters like oh how famous I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. They don't 
that don't resonate with me. Like I'm thinking to me, I'm thinking about how much money I'm getting for this fight. This is what keeps me going. How much money I can save up for my kids so so my kids can have a good college education and and so I can buy me this this new car I want to. That I like that stuff. Uh, I want I want the uh, you know I'm waiting for Lamborghini to make a photo. You know what I'm saying? I'm saving up for this. I want my kid to go to Harvard or something like that. That's that's what keeps me. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think about oh how many guys are gonna come. I beg to buy me a drink next time I go to the bar. <laughs> are you making more now than you ever did? Yeah. Or as champion, did you make more? Uh, honestly, I, I honestly I did. Used to make more back when uh, I used to make I used to make more back when I was uh, when I was champion. Yeah, because the pay per view numbers and stuff uh, is different. Everything's okay. different. But now, now I, honestly, now I'm making I'm making I'm making less. But but people can argue because you know I'm winning I'm winning less. But I still do the same amount of work. I still go train just as hard. I still go and, and put just as many butts in the seat. To me, it's not about that. But you know what I'm saying? It's like my my main shout is not I always just I want to make more money. It's like I want to be respected and stuff too. Right. Just felt like my last fight, I, I went out there, I, I didn't pull out of my fight, uh, and I, I put my, my health on the line and stuff like that, and I fought. Why didn't I, you pull out? I didn't I didn't pull out because um, it's Japan. Like uh, you know what I'm saying? I felt like they didn't they didn't have enough um, pride veterans on the card. I just felt like if I would have pulled out, I just felt like it would have been a bad look on that card, and I didn't want to uh, disappoint the Japanese fans. To, uh, see, the Jap- well, people don't know about me. I'm very loyal, and I think the Japanese fans, they, they've been very good to me over the years, and, and I really it's no secret. I really like them. I like the way, how, how respectful they are. See, like the Japanese fans, like if I lived in Japan and I was real famous hmm. in Japan, then it wouldn't bother me because they're very respectful. If I'm talking to somebody, they wait till I get done talking, and then they ask me, Really nice for a picture, and if I'm eating and stuff like that, they they sit there and wait till you get done eating, and they very respectful, and and, and so I appreciate I, I do anything for a Japanese fan, and 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 so I, I went sometimes out, a little too much, too much. I went out yeah. there and fought, and I I even tried to I did a slam, and it took everything, it took all the energy I had that, that one slam, but I did it because I love Japanese fans so much, and that's why I didn't want to pull out, and I didn't want to mess up the card for the UFC because you know is that why you missed weight because you weren't. I couldn't you run. You weren't 100%? I couldn't run. So you knew? Yeah, I knew. Did you tell them? What? Who, the UFC? They, yeah. knew, they knew I was injured, yeah. Really? So when you told them you weren't weren't going to make weight, were they surprised? Well, I, I, I didn't know I wasn't going to make weight. Okay. When did you come to that conclusion? Like, I, I, I walked the streets with you on a Thursday night. Then the weigh-ins uh, were yeah, Saturday I, morning because it was Japan. Yeah, I just thought I just thought I could cut I, I thought I could cut the weight. I didn't, I didn't know that um, I didn't know that I was going to have to lose over 20 pounds. Hmm. I just I thought I could I thought I could make the weight. And in hindsight, do you regret taking the fight? Do you regret sticking on the card? I just re- I just regret losing to a, a person like Ryan Bader. He sucks. What do you mean? <laughs> he sucks. I say it to his face. He sucks. He talked all that all that trash on how he was gonna how he was gonna knock me out. He he obviously knew I was injured because I didn't make weight. He think I took the fight light, and I, and I talked to him man to man. I said, look, just make it a exciting fight. I knew it was a chance I was gonna lose. But I I don't want to lose a boring fight in Japan. He made the fight really boring. Got no respect for a guy like that. Got no he sucked. Right. Like if I knew that I'm fighting a guy who's not 100, percent I'm finna show out. I'm finna go and do whatever. He could have he could have took me down and won on points, beat me up a little bit, and stood up and 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 did his thing. He, he was he was winning to stand up too. I don't I mean, what people don't don't know about me is like I have no ego. I don't care. You know it sucks when you lose fights. It hurts me and stuff like that. But it hurts me more if I lose a boring fight. Hmm. If I win a boring fight, I don't like it. So you would rather him knock you out? 
Yeah, sight and fight. Going and I go out for the for the fans. Yeah, and ex 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 Vanley. Now me and Vanley had some some wars. Right. He he gave me two of the worst ass whoopings ever, and you know I I got knocked out. I never assaulted with him about that. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a sight and fight. Like the fans in Japan, they come up and tell me, oh, they like. Love your warrior spirit. Mm. That's why they like me. They, they, I love your warrior spirit, and and you fight like samurai. You know they call me Coco Jean Samurai, and and, and so much honor. Because because after my fight, I didn't make the excuse. I was like, oh, you win. I'm, it, it happens. Like I'm a fighter. I've been a fighter my whole life, and people don't understand that about me. Like the new, new the, the the new fans and stuff like that. They don't understand. Like the fighters, these new fighters, they have no honor. Like John Jones poking people in the, in the eye and and kicking the knee back. That's 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 like that's something like you think he's dirty. That's very dirty. Like kicking somebody. Look how he look how he was doing. Vitor. Vitor, right. Vitor take the fight on short notice and stuff like that. And this is how he respects him by kicking his knee backwards and stuff like that. Like you're supposed to be a man of God and stuff like that. You can you can you can injure somebody. You can you can sever their career. You can you know what I'm saying. You can you can mess people up for for life kicking a knee back like that. And you know what I'm saying. And he and he and he, and he does it repeatedly over and over. Like. That's, that's to me that, that has no honor. I take a lot of honor in fighting. That's, he has no he has no honor. Mm. Like, I, I have honor when it comes to fighting. Do you feel he was dirty in the cage with you? Yeah, I feel he was. I don't I don't complain about it. You know, mm. he he knows how to use his reach. You know, what I'm saying he he poked me in the eye a couple times. I ain't complaining about it. I'm 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 a fighter, stuff like that. You know, and I just feel. But when I see him doing it to Vitor, like you know, what I'm saying like he got to protect his balance. But Vitor took the fight on short notice. Right. You know, what I'm saying he was like really gunning for his knee, like kicking his knee backwards and. And I know how he feel. I'm like, he he messed my knee up like that. Like I don't I don't understand how sport don't make that illegal. Cause think about uh, John Jones. He's fighting all the top guys. And say if he you know he, that knee. What if he put out? What if he put everybody out? The it, knee injury that you're talking about with Bader is it? No, nah, this, nah, this is a different. A different that's, knee that's injury. A different, okay, that's a different knee injury. Um, what do you make of John Jones? By the way, like you know, I don't know if you saw the stuff that was going on in Toronto, but he was getting booed like really booed. I've, I've heard. I've heard. Yeah, well, why do you think people don't like him so much? Because he's fake. What do you mean by that? What do you think I mean by? It? But I mean, what, what what does fake mean? Like, how do we know that what we see? Like, I, I start. I'm starting to think that we're starting to see the real John Jones a little bit. He's starting to speak his mind a little more. Um, perhaps in the beginning, he was trying too hard. You know, trying to get everyone to like him, so he was really trying too hard. But from a fighter's perspective, you've probably been in you know intimate settings with him, whatever. What do you mean by him being fake? Like, the guy we see at the press conferences, that's not the same guy? <laughs> no. Am I off here? Are you sleeping right now, but your eyes are still? Because I know some people. <laughs> He's fake, man. That's all uh, I said. That's all. I, 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 don't, I don't agree with his fighting style. I think I, I think I can beat John Jones. I know I can beat him. A John Jones type of guy, you got to fight twice. You know what I'm saying? Is it? He's just he's just one of those guys that you know you just gotta get past. You gotta get past him poking you in the eye. And and John McCarthy did a, a big John did a great great job of having him keep his fingers closed and stuff. And I heard him kept saying over and over. But you know what I'm saying? Like that the knee the knee kick back was like what what if he what if he everybody he fights he put him he put him out for like mm. six months eight months. Who has who has to go be in the weight class to fight? I don't see how even even his elbow his spinning elbow. Like you're not supposed to strike to the back of the head, but if you go back and watch it, all, all those strikes land on the back of the head. I don't understand why he's allowed to do these things. You know, I just don't understand it. But you know, it, it looked flashy, it looked cool, and stuff like that. 
But I'm just saying, I'm not even tripping on the elbows that hit you in the back of the head. I'm I'm tripping on the eye pokes and and, and the kicking the knee backwards. That's they're just it's just unhonorable. You know what I'm saying? In the division right now, because he's fought a lot of the top guys, including yourself. Who do you think has the best chance of of beating him? And there's still Hendo out there who you beat. I I, I think that um I think that Rashad has a really good chance of beating him. Really? Yeah, Rashad fought him after coming off an of injury, and Rashad was out for a while. Like, you know, uh, John Jones is one of the best fighters in the world. You can't come off a of, off a uh, injury and fight the one of the best in the world. You need a warm up fight. What do you mean? Rashad fought in January of that year. I know, but he just come off a knee injury surgery or something, yeah. then, right? Nah. He had yeah. some type of injury. But he had fought twice. He beat Tito and then he fought. No, he had, he, Rashad had just come well, off something. Maybe some, you know he, something. Uh, yeah, he, he, he Were was you rooting for Rashad that night? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I was. Wow. You must really not like John Jones. I just, I just, I just don't like what John Jones stands for. Like, uh, I just don't, I don't like what he stands for. Like, he is like, he's a very good fighter, and he, I think he can do a lot more damage, and I think he can be more exciting if he, you know, what I'm saying, fought more to, you know, he's he's a good he's a good fighter. I just don't like some of his fighting styles and stuff like that, and I just don't I just don't like how he crawls. I just don't like how he crawled. He crawls in like. What you supposed to do? Like, wh- like, what you supposed to do? Somebody yes, crawling. you. He did that, right? Right. What yeah. you supposed to do? Somebody crawling in on the cage. You just all these mind tricks. I just don't like. I just don't like people like that. Like, I won't, come, come on and fight. MMA, MMA is, is is um not what it used to be when I started. You know, what I'm saying like, MMA got famous for guys getting there, fighting and going at it and putting on a great show. That's how MMA got popular. Now it's like, it's, it's it, you know our sport evolved so fast. I'm scared it's going to evolve into like boxing the way boxing is. And I think I can help boxing out. And I mm-hmm. think I can help MMA out. I think I can. But, you know what I'm saying, there's a couple different type of fighters out there. I think the fighters that, like, how I am is a dying breed. You got fighters like me, Vandalay, or, you know, you got Chuck Liddell. You got um, Chet Congo. You got all these fighters that, that, that come come to fight and, and we show up. You, you got, like, fighters like BJ Penn, you know. you know Who else? There's a lot of fighters like us like that come. You know you're going to get a show. You know you're going to mm-hmm. get a good fight. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 but then now you got these, now you got these other guys that you, you, you're gonna watch. You, you're wondering like, you know, what I'm saying what, what's gonna happen? Is you, you know, you, most most time you know the fight gonna go to decision, and a lot of guys fighting not to not to lose instead of fighting to put on a good show. And I think fighters like me and and um, other exciting, really exciting fighters are, are dying breed. How would you uh, characterize your relationship with Dana these days? I don't know. Like me and Dana, we we cool sometimes. We like me and Dana, we text, and then I'm tell you guys something, man, about Dana, man. Dana is he is really a cool, he cool, he's a cool guy. You know what I'm saying? Dana is an alpha. You know what I'm saying? I'm an alpha. Sometimes alpha. I know. Well, I feel it. Yeah, they, all but, of us we're sort of on the same page, right? Well, we're on the same wavelength. Well, you 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 should hope so. Right. Well. Well, you should hope so. I'm getting there. Well, you either born there. Or, or oh, really? You born alpha? Really? Born. Something you born into. You can't develop it. It's born. It's a so it's not it's not a you believe it's a it's a it's a nature thing. It's a nature thing. For me, I think it's nurture. Well, listen, honestly, like in in a while, like the the, the lion, he's an alpha and stuff like that. But when he gets old, the younger alpha will come up there, they go, you know. There so, you go. But There's but that, still time. But, but still, but that young alpha, he was he was born alpha though. That 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 the lion that was born beta, he can never even he would ne- he wouldn't even get the balls to even test the alpha. Well, or if you do, you know, and sometimes different ways, different ways. Well, you know, you can go different well, ways. Well, you wishful thinking. You have uh, you, you there. You go again with, with your wishful thinking. Look at this. Look at this studio. That's good. This is my house. We're human. Betas, <laughs> betas are, are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this I'm not putting down betas. No, okay. Now, don't don't get me wrong, people. When I say this. there's a lot of betas in the world, right, and stuff like that, and, and people really they, they're really smart. 
You know what I'm saying? A lot of time. But alphas, no, we ain't always the most intelligent. No, no one will, so, okay. no one will ever say that. Okay. But I, I want to. I don't want to get you off this tangent here. You were saying something about Dana that he's really cool, but the alphas. Yeah, we we but you know, like yeah. okay. This is the thing about Dana and the UFC. Dana uh, is looking out for his brand, the UFC, and sure. stuff like that. And I got nothing against him, and you know, what I'm saying he want to do what's best for for his brand and everything. And and Dana's a, he's a good guy. Me and Dana always been cool. I'm trying to tell you, even before I, I came and, and fought in the UFC, Dana, me and Dana was cool. He used to give me tickets to the UFC. And didn't they buy WFA just to get you? Yeah, essentially, yeah, you and Machida, right? Yeah, Dana and, and listen, Dana saved my ass. You know what I'm saying? Back How so? Then, uh, back then, man, I was going broke, man. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? I, I ain't gonna lie. I, I was going broke because I like to spend money too much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dana, Dana, you know what I'm saying? That's why I did so many favors for them. That's why I fought um, uh, um, Jardine. That's why I did so many things. That's why I didn't want to pull out of fights when I was injured and stuff like that. And and Dana's a cool guy, I'm telling you. But, you know what I'm saying, he's looking out for the brand. But what what but what I think that they don't understand is that I'm looking out for my brand because because after I retire, the UFC still is going to be there. The UFC is still going to make money. Still, UFC is still going to be going strong after I retire. And, and but after I retire, you know, what I'm saying I got to find other ways to make money. I got to find other ways to um, uh, get my kids, you know, what I'm saying through school and put my my son through private school and all this. And I got to find other ways to have money to make it rain in the club. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But the UFC is still going to be going strong. Like the UFC ain't going to be giving me no oh rampage. You used to do a good job for us, huh? Here goes this money sure. every month. No, but see, but people don't understand that. They, are, I think a lot of, I think a lot of times the fans they don't know what they're talking about. They, the fans are selfish. They don't want to see you retired. They don't understand that. They don't look into my life and see what what bills I got to pay. They don't know that I still take care of my mother and father back at home in Memphis and put my little sister through college and and my and my older sister taking care of her and why she having stuff. Like they don't they don't know this stuff. They don't they don't know what the things I do with and stuff. So I, I only I know that I know that I got half of my friends. Uh, employed because the, the recession is bad and mm. a lot of my friends lost you know lost their jobs I can't afford it so I'm so I got them doing stuff for me you know take they don't know that you know they don't know how much my bills is a, a, a month and they don't they don't know like when, I'm thinking like oh man when I retire what what I'm going to do the UFC is not going to pay me every month so so I respect Dana and I respect what he what him looking out for his brand and stuff like that but I just want people to respect me. And, and respect. I'm looking out for my brand. I've I, I've created Rampage. You know, what I'm saying my cousin named me that when I was eight years old, and and I created Rampage to the person he he is now, where where people will want to buy this. Mm. And, and and do you know how much money I make off this? Mm-mm. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You feel me? Yeah, I do feel you. You know, I asked Dana about you this weekend in Toronto uh, after the UFC uh, 152 fight. And it's kind of interesting to hear what you said. And now I want to play for you what he said about you. All right. Uh, this is just on Saturday night. Okay. Uh, we have that clip, Isaac? All right. Here's Dana White talking about Rampage Jackson. You'll be able to you hear You better not been talking shit. No, 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 no. Actually, someone was trying. I'll explain it because you may not be able to hear the, the people asking the questions, no. me and this other guy. But you'll hear Dana very clearly. Here we go. My, ra- my relationship with Rampage is like a fucking roller coaster, man. One minute we're cool, next minute he wants to kill me. I don't know. Right now, I don't know. It's one or the other. We're either cool or he wants to kill me right this second. <laughs> Someone, someone's asking about the flyway tweet. He tweeted tonight? Something real friendly? No? And I guess he wants to kill me tonight. I guess it's one of those days. So there you go. That's kind of what you said, essentially. 
Some what? days you're cool. So so let's find. Yeah. Are you cool right now, or do you want to kill him? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. It with that. sounds like you're cool. I'm cool. I don't think my my tweet was 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 that bad. I was just I was drinking beers at the house, kind of. You know what I'm saying? I was just kind of disappointed. Like I, I about what the flyweights? You thought it was a boring fight? I just I just you know I just yeah. But this, this is my opinion, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, no one's gonna hate you for your opinion. Okay, yeah. He wasn't happy about that. I don't know if you heard. He went on a whole. Not about you. About the people booing the flyweights and saying that he, he actually said if you thought the flyweights had a boring fight, I'm paraphrasing here, don't ever buy a UFC pay-per-view. Do me a favor, don't ever buy a UFC pay-per-view again. Okay, I won't ever buy a UFC <laughs> pay-per-view again. That's what he said. I won't because that, that, I'm not used to I guess I'm not used to seeing like they're like two, they're like two swollen midgets fighting. You know what I'm saying? Like. It was it was bad. They was so they, like I just not used to saying. They're talented, that. man. They they are. They, they listen. They, I like I like I like those guys. Like, I like. On, I'm just saying. Like I'm just saying. It was just missing something for me. I'm sorry. Sure. But different but, strokes for different folks. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Like right. everybody's not going to like the same thing. You know, what I'm saying like some people like to see a little bit of guys uh, go at it, and some people don't. But it is good to hear that you're at least on somewhat good terms. Are you gonna talk at some point? Or are you gonna try to clear the air? Or I don't know. Like I don't. I let my manager. I let my manager talk to him because okay. I don't. You don't want to call him personally. Try to have a meeting. Yeah, because yeah, I'm. I'm not. You know, it, it, some, it, it can go wrong. Like 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 I said, like sure. two apples. But then, like he can say something like I disagree, and then we there we go. Then me and him arguing. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, I want to ask you about something that the, part of this whole going backwards here, um, this fighters only story that came out. Can you clear it up for us? The thing that happened with they said that the, the, the UFC doctor gave you TRT and all I that. I don't know. Who, I don't know how anybody would ever. I don't know how they got that. I said the UFC doctor gave me TRT. What happened? Can you, forget about the story. And I like those guys. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus or anything. But what exactly happened there with the doctor and the TRT before the beta? Okay, fight? when I got when I got injured for when I was training for the betas, I had one month. To go to the fight, the choice was either pull out or go and see this other doctor that can, you know, saying maybe help me out because that's what that's what the surgeon told me. The one who actually did, he said, he said, right now you didn't tear anything, it'll heal up if you don't fight, you just stop training, you, and, and you know, what I'm saying. So I was like, oh, and I went to go see my other doctor, Doctor Kessler. I said, I still want to do this fight. Is there anything you can help me with? He said, all right, let's talk to this. This this guy he he's um I forgot exactly he said he's into wellness and stuff like that he can do acupuncture and all the different stuff and I saw the guy he was like he said well um if you you still want to fight I can put you on uh, testosterone it give you you know what I'm saying a little you know a little bit more oomph and you know you you know what I'm saying make you where you can train and um and and you can still make this fight but he said but first. I got to see if your levels are low. Hmm. If your levels are, aren't low, then you know what I'm saying you don't. I can't do that for you. Then you just other things you can do. You got to do acupuncture and just go train easy and stuff like that. And so he tested my levels, and he, and he said, "Oh, yeah, you you, you qualify for it." He, he said, "Actually, your levels are very low, and we should we should bring you up anyway, whether you had this injury, injury or not." And he did that, and I felt good right away. And I and I and I trained. I still couldn't run on it really. I tried a little bit, but you know, what I'm saying the pain was was not as severe and stuff like that. He was right. I, I made it to the fight, and the other doctor was right too. I ripped it in the fight, and I had to get surgery. Mm. And then, then, um, but he cleared it. He, what he did, he just told them that I was on it. Cause it was like them what, being the UFC. Yeah, he just told the UFC this fighter's on this. Yeah, it's not nothing illegal. No surprises. He gave. He did. He did his thing and so I wouldn't get like a federal drug test or whatever I don't know he he just told them like oh this fight is on this it's like it's a medical thing like if I would have had like um diabetes or something he you know you had to tell him same thing okay and, and that's what he did and and after the fight 
and stuff like that. After after why I went back to see my doctor, he's, you know, he took me off of it. I don't need it, so I don't. I don't. So even, it was just a one shot deal. Yeah, I just I just did it, and it helped me out and stuff like that. And I, he took me off. I don't I don't use them. I'm not saying that I would you know would never go back to it later if I ever needed it again. But right, I'm I not thought it was it. the kind of thing that if you did it once, you have to stay with it for your whole life. Uh, no, I never heard that. Oh, okay, so and. It wasn't the UFC doctor though, because that's what it said in the article. I don't, yeah, the the guy in the article, the guy that wrote an or article, was it he, he wasn't by he, the UFC doctor. He wasn't. No, it wasn't even recommended by the UFC. Okay. Doctor. The guy who said that he didn't, even, he wasn't the one interviewing me. Like somebody else interviewed me and sent the interview over to him. He's him being a British guy and me being a black guy. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> lost in translation. Lost in translations. Okay. And he just he couldn't understand my accent. I guess and he just said he just he just wrote whatever. I don't know who the guy is, but I hope I never meet him. <laughs> so the next time you fight, you won't be doing this? No. You don't need it? I don't need it. Okay. Well, that's good. Better that way. It's a hot topic in our sport, and good to clear it up. Well, you know, every, like like I said, like everybody have a problem. I think people need to... Um, I think people need to wise up and, and mind their own business a lot of times. Yeah. Like, if it's nothing... If it's not anything legal, then... That no one's abusing it. I don't. I don't see nothing wrong with somebody's older and they're not abusing it and stuff like that. Like, like say, say you know, like, so what? If they're not abusing it and they need it as a doctor and 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 they truly and the doctor you know gives it to them. Like, so what? Like, if somebody had cancer and they can cure it, you gonna get mad? Like, you gonna get mad at this guy because he's trying to cure his cancer? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, people. Do, I just think people need to grow up. We're running out of time. I want to hit on a few other things, and then we'll let you go. All and right. I appreciate the time very much. I was told by good sources, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you received an interesting uh, text message from a Matt Mitrione. Yeah, Matt Mitrione. He heard about that. Uh, recently, right? Recently, yeah. What did. happened there? Well, me and Matt, you know what I'm saying, we, had our, we bumped heads uh, a few times like on Ultimate Fighter Show, and he heard that um, I had to pull out of this fight with Glover and stuff like that, and he, and he thought, and he and he knows there's like might be my last time fighting in, in the UFC, and he want to take his opportunity to kick my ass. He think he can kick my ass because uh, we kind of like bumped heads a few times, and I was like, I I told I, I told him I'd be down to fight him on the show, like him, me, and Titus had a problem, and me and Matreon, because you know, so I felt like you know, since some of my guys got cheated and stuff on the show, and I. I, he beat a couple of my guys, and they, you know, they, those guys acting real cocky, and I wanted, to, I, I wanted to fight him. Right. So, so he, he sees his opening now, and he, he said, "Man, I, you know, since he's now never, he want to, he want to fight me." He reached out to you to tell you this. Yeah, I he's re- a heavyweight. You're a light heavyweight. Yeah, but you know, I don't care. You know, it, you know, what I'm saying to me, it's like I respect him for I, 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 I'm a fighter. You know, I respect that. You know, what I'm saying I don't care. I will fight a guy bigger than me. I don't care. You know, what I'm saying. If he if he if he think he can knock me out, let's go, let's go. He he, he said on the show he think he can beat me. He want he want he want to beat me and stuff like that. I don't know if they played. I didn't watch the other fight. I don't know if they played in any uh, the episodes. But the cameras was yeah. there when we bumped in. I, I think it was a while ago, but I, I vaguely remember you guys because you were on opposing teams, right? Yeah, he was on Rashad's team. Yeah, but did that come out of nowhere? Because he's not really. Again, we, not we, the same. We we've had problems like after the fight with him and Congo, he said some stuff. Okay, and uh, he actually. Um, Said some stuff about one of my teammates now, Big Rob Braun. Rob Braun wanted to fight him. Rob is um, it's gunning for him. So it's kind of like, man, he got a big mouth, man. He 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 says, he, you know, what I'm saying he says some stuff. I wouldn't mind closing closing his mouth for him. I, so is that the fight you want next? I don't. I that, haven't asked you that question yet. I, so. I, like honestly, like I said, I don't care. I I want I want to fight Glover, but he's not. Sure, he's fighting like, like Maldonado. Pe- yeah, like so he's he's fighting. I, I fight whoever. 
So if you did fight him, would it be like at a catch weight or would you just yeah. be at heavyweight? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be I guess, catch weight, but I don't care. You're going down in weight right now. You just told me. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Still, I don't care. I mean, like, I won't be, I won't have to cut to 205. I want to walk around my 220, 225. That sure. I, I fight when 220. That's, what I, that's how much I weigh when I fight anyway, right. half the time. Is the UFC interested in this? I don't know. I don't know what he, I don't, I don't know what his relationship is with Dana. And stuff like that. I guess I don't know if Joe Silva got a. Uh, uh, I don't know if Joe Silva got a match make everything. But you know how I feel about Joe Silva. Oh, well, I don't get. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Like, okay. Joe I Silva, heard you say some things about. Well, him. Joe Silva got a match make, so I don't know if 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 I don't know how to, I don't know how it worked. Okay. All right. So you're saying, Mitrione? No. Yes. I'm not quite I, sure where you stand on this. I'm down to fight Mitrione. Okay. All like, right. but but what people don't understand, like, I don't know why. People think that we fight who we want to fight in the sure, UFC. Sure. People think that. Like I, I see that on Twitter all the time. Oh, what happened? Oh, where you want to fight? Like, yeah, I'm, I want to fight whoever. But it's up to the UFC. It's not like boxing in that in that respect. Boxers yeah. can fight whoever they they want to fight, and they can back out. Of, they can you know duck people who they want to duck. Like me, I never ducked any fighter ever. And and only fighter, only fight I ever tried to duck was Matt Hamill. It's only, it's only because I just Cause didn't want to fight him. Yeah. I didn't want to fight didn't him. Get your juices flowing. It didn't get, yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see nothing. I didn't see what I gained by fighting him. Like, and and sure enough, look at what happened. It was a boring fight. I feel like so. So what's next for you here? I am um, what I go back and I start training. I see what's up. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. You know, I'm just gonna do me. You know, what I'm saying I got some talks for, for reality shows, some some movies. There's like a lot of stuff. On hand, I just got to see what's up, and you know. Um, You're gonna go back to the movies. Yeah, about, wasn't there supposed to be an A team too? No, we never. That oh. never was. You know, you know. So I'm, I'm right. I'm actually writing movies. I got this really you know, this crazy MMA movie that that um got in my head. I'm doing music. I got. I'm starting to get a little bit better in my music. Oh yeah, you, were, you didn't you come out with a rap song? I got a couple of them. Sp- spit some rhymes. Is that how they no. say? It? Come on. No. The people are watching. I this don't is care. a good way to get out of the. <laughs> I don't care. Come on. No. In your movies, do you have a role for like uh, perhaps like a Jewish reporter, white guy from Canada, anything? No. I, like a reporter type, no. just to ask the hard questions. You know. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare do a movie with you. Oh really? I wouldn't dare. You 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 would bring down the ratings of, on the movie. <laughs> My Q rating. Yeah, 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 it'd be bad. They do those like focus groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie. The movie. Any movie with you in it would just flop just because you in it. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm so su- actually I'm surprised that your your um show is I popular because right. you pretty you like, said it was the best show on Twitter. I did say that you didn't because <laughs> you know why? Why? Because you told me to I say didn't that. Tell you to say that. You told me to say no. No, listen. You tweeted. People were people were very surprised. They were like, "Wow, you and you and Rampage are friends." Yeah, you know, only reason why I said it was the best show is because I was going to be on there. That's that's my reason. Oh, why. You were trying to elevate. The yeah, show. because Twitter, you can only say so much. Right. And I'm like, forty characters. Exactly. Honestly, I'm hating on Twitter. I have to say that. Why? Because you're down on it. You mean? I don't like it that much. A lot of negativity. A lot of negativity on Twitter. Like like I get a lot of people. I get people follow me just to hate on me. And I'll be trying to block them, but you know what I'm saying. I just don't Ariel. understand that. So I, I, I don't tweet that much no more. Ariel. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Matt Mitrione. He just called into the show. What? Um, he's on hold. If, if Put you'd that like motherfucker to talk on the phone. You want to talk to him? Fuck yeah. Fuck Matt him. Mitrione just called in. Yes. Our we have pal. him on the line. Matt, are you there? I'm here. What's going on? What's up, Eric? What's up, Rampage? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> What's going- well, I guess... Um, you were listening? Let's, let's get some- yeah, well, I heard a little bit of it. Hopefully let's uh let's get some shit started up here, man. I I I got I told like I told Rampage, just uh 
it's something I'd love to happen. Have the fights that are available in the heavyweight division. I asked for seven different people, and everybody said no. And I got one that you know I, I've already got been offered a fight on December 29th. And you know, no disrespect to Phil Freeze, but <clears throat> kind of like Rampage said about Matt Hamlin, doesn't want to eat my juices flowing. So fuck it. <clears throat> you know, Rampage is a swinger. He doesn't want to fight. People want to wrestle. You know, he uh, fuck it. And all season, he walks around as much as I weigh. So. No, we can we can get down and, and we'll put a we'll put a weight limit on it. We'll have to make a catch weight. I have to cut and get to a number. And uh, it'll be a fan. I think the, the fight would uh, it'll be a fight. I think the fans would love. And uh, they know we're gonna get in there and scrap and earn our money. We both have heart. We both bring it. I think it'll be a beautiful fight. I think I think it'd be um, a pleasure for me to find a slam like a big heavyweight, so everybody has strong arms. <laughs> well, what do you what do you I make be- what do you make of him saying he fights at what you walk around at? That seems like a shot of your weight. I'm just saying that, Matt, because he's in studio and you're not. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry about it. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I think, I think Rampage would be one of the most fun people in the, in the world to punch in the face. I think so, it would be great. So it seems like there's a mutual respect here to a degree. You both want to bang, but uh, like, are you are you annoyed by this or Rampage? Or? I, I have to honestly say that I'm, I, I respect him for reaching out and saying that he want to fight because we talked about it on the show. And you know what I'm saying? We we didn't see eye to eye. You know what I'm saying? He had some smart remarks and you know what I'm saying? It, like he ain't no like he ain't no pussy about it. Like a lot a lot of times people man, y'all just don't understand a lot of fighters out there, they they like the being called a fight and stuff like that, but a lot of times, man, there's a lot of pussies out there. You see a lot of pussies walking those cages sometimes. Mm-hmm. You can tell by how they fight, you know what I'm saying? And and Major Allen, he do he do bring it. But you know what I'm saying? If he step in the cage with me, he's gonna regret that damn phone call. He's gonna regret that text. They're gonna be hey, one. It's funny. I, I never regretted going to the bank a day in my life. Yeah, you. And I never regretted going with that window. You go, you, go, you, go, you go regret going to the hospital. Trust me. Hey, it's okay if I come with a check with it. It'll be all right. All it'll, right. Be, it'll be rough when those smelling salts will be pretty sharp. Yeah, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna enjoy spending it. <laughs> you never know. Okay. You never know. You ain't gonna enjoy hey, spending. You ain't gonna enjoy. Hey, you, 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 you gonna be paying? For, hey, you lucky UFC paid for your doctor bills. Cause that's where your money will be going, homie. I'm telling you, this is a bad. This is the worst time. This is the worst time to call me out, dog. When I'm getting up to 100, 100 percent, you you have you having bad timing. This might be one. Of the, this might be the first fight you ever turned into a wrestler on, ever. Oh yeah. Okay. So where do we go from here? Should, well, I, should I call I, up the uh, UFC? Man, yeah. so I'll, I'll fight Matt. I'll fight Matt tomorrow. Okay. I don't care. I'm, I'm ready. Outside New York. Let's do it. I'm ready. Wait, you, you name it, brother. Hey, as long as there's money in the line, I'm down, brother. Yeah. I'm down. All right. Well, it's out there now. People know. Matt called in. He said, what do you, you want to say anything to Matt before we let him go? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to punch you in the face. Hey, train, hey, train hard, man. Train really hard. Hey, for real. Hey, we'll train. bring you wrestling. Okay. Yeah, I ain't wrestling. I ain't, I ain't wrestling you. I like standing up. Right. I ain't wrestling. Right. You work. Hey, you work on your wrestling. You work on your wrestling. Hey. Whatever you do ain't gonna be good enough. You work on your wrestling. You that's what okay. you do. All right, little dude. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you how I'm gonna whoop your ass and still do it. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna knock you the fuck out. I'm gonna knock you the fuck out. Left hook. Left hook. Left hook to the chin. Left punch. Right hook. Good night, Irene. Left hook. Right to your motherfucking chin. That's what you going. Your last fight in UFC too, but that would be a ugly way to go out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> man, you have no idea, Matt Matron. You have no idea. I thought whoop your ass. I'm gonna embarrass. I'm gonna embarrass the shit out of you. You gonna change your name and you gonna move to a third world country. Hey, you you whoop me, you clown me. How's that? Man, you go, you go get clown. You go get clown. How you gonna clown when you when you already knocked out? Oh man, oh man, you gonna get clown, dog. 
Dog, you gonna you gonna get clown for real. Hey, dude. Hey, after I knock you out, I'm gonna do that Korean dude dance on you, that that, that Opa Gangnam style and shit, right on top of your motherfucking ass. Dude, I'm so fucking horsey dance on your motherfucking ass. I'm, man, after I knock you out, I'm gonna call the Korean dude to come in the fucking cage and do it right. He go, we're gonna learn how to do the dance, we're gonna be doing it right on top of your motherfucking ass. You know what I think, man? I think it'll be I'll buy you a drink with, with my win money after after you wake up. Yeah, yeah. If if I hey, if I if I lose to you, I'm fucking quitting uh, alcohol for the rest of my life. That's a promise. Hey, well, how about this? If you lose to me, why don't you not fight in the UFC anymore? That's, 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 that's good. <laughs> wow. Hey, I'm already I'm already on that road anyway. I'm already on that road. I take I take that shit. Hey, hey, motherfucker. Hey, put, hey, hey. Let's do it. Hey, let's do it. Hey, let's do it like this then. Let's do it like this. Winner takes all. Wow. What, as in both purses? Yeah. When, hey, I got a big, I got a big boy purse too, baby. Winner takes all. I know, I know. Winner takes all. Yeah, that would, I'm talking about your, I'm talking about your sponsor money, everything. Winner takes all. Ooh, that be sexy. <laughs> Winner takes nah, all. Put on the line. Winner takes <laughs> all. Are you, that, are you that confident? That's, that's how confident. That's how confident I am. I'm gonna hand you the worst motherfucking ass whooping in your motherfucking life. I've seen you yeah, fight. I've, I've seen you fight. I seen, I seen you fight. I I, yeah, I seen you, you fight. Have. You fought and you one. Saw you your fought. Boy run away from me too. Oh man, you hey, you oh. you ain't got hey, you ain't got nothing. You ain't got nothing on my homeboy. You fought an injured. Uh, you fought an injured uh, uh, Congo dog. And no, no, I had surgery after that fight. I had three surgeries after that fight. Well, so you tell gonna, me about fighting injured. Well, you gonna well you gonna have some surgeries after I fight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's all right though. Got, that's they got, all right. They got, hey, they got to put some cement in your in your chin. You you actually think you got hands enough to put to put on me like that? You actually think you do, dude? Dude, like, dude. Do, I, do I, I train? I do with people like Tyrone Spong, uh, Overeem. I, I bang with them every damn day, son. You got nothing on what I got. Nothing. Okay. I can't wait. Can't wait to touch you, bro. Man, I don't care who you. I don't care who you spawn with. They can't fight for you, dog. They can't take these fucking hey, bungalows. Hey, I don't need anybody thong. to fight for me, son. I, I never uh, have, never will. Ever. All right. All right. Hey, I'm, I probably it's gonna be so nice to punch you right in the soup cooler, son. All right. It's gonna be lovely. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, Hey, right. you know what? I might even I might even kick you because I know you can't kick. I might not even kick you. I might just put hands on you the whole time. <laughs> hey, do hey, do whatever you do whatever you think you you got to do to win this fight because I'm hey I'm down on winner takes all. You think about that one. Oh, that's a sexy offer. God dang it, I want. Hey, Matt, he said his contract's bigger than yours. If he's saying winner takes all, you got to do it. I do. <laughs> First of all, do I. Not the pride here. If I would have been in a better situation, if I would have been in a better situation, I would be interested in it. All right. But that's technical, dude. Well, we, well, we, uh, well, very nice. Well, we appreciate you calling in, Matt. We appreciate you checking out the show. Don't sound like he. Don't sound like he. Um, as confident as I am. Right. Well, you got money on the back. Though. Hey, I got, I got, I got. Hey, I got more to lose. On, on that, so you know what I'm saying. Hey, I just, hey, I just putting it out there, dog. I don't, I don't blame you for not taking it, but you just need to know how confident I am that I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. Let's do it. Like I said, just work on your offensive wrestling, son. All right, all right. Bring, bring your good underwear, cause they go get shitty. <laughs> Matt, thank you very much for tuning in and calling in. And uh, who knows? Hey, how about this? If the fight happens, can I be like? I don't know the the guest ring announcer or something, you know, because this is the fight that was made on my show essentially. So can I get a piece of you the talk pie? to Dana? He said, right. "Yeah, you can be whatever the hell you want to be." All right, all right, all right. I well, think it, I, that sounds good. All right. phrase, I can't wait to punch you in the face. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Thanks, Matt. All right, uh, Rampage. We got to let you go. Belly. Bye. Bye. Wait, wait. I have to tell you one thing before before we go. You're upset? No. Okay. You put this tweet this morning. 
And you just referenced it. Do we have this tweet? Uh, we have the video. What about the tweet? We'll get it right now. Okay, forget the tweet. You mentioned the Gagnum style. Yeah, man. In the tweet. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the guy, too. PSY? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm his biggest it, fan. You now. tweeted him something. I, we were supposed to have it, but they, they messed it up. Those guys back there, I don't know what they're doing. You said, he said in the tweet, he's going uh, back home, yeah. and you said next time, you've been working on the dance. Yeah. I've been working on the dance. Have you really been working on it? I've been trying it, man. I haven't got it yet. Let me just move this out here for a second. Yeah, I'm not going to do it right Come now. Come on. Isaac, put the music on. No, man. Come on. I'm not doing the it. People, when Overeem was on my show, he, we did the Dougie together. Yeah, did the Dougie. You, man, it was, uh, you can hit it. You can hit it. No, the problem is my, my teammate over here already yeah. videotaped oh. me trying to do the dance, and, uh, and I'm not you looking good. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking good. Oh, I yeah. love this song. Come yeah, it's great. Oh, there you oh. go. <laughs> Just give us a little. I can do it. I can yeah. do the hand. Yeah. Yeah. But what if you... <laughs> there it is. There it I can't, is. I can't, get, I can't get it yet, man. What about that kid, right? Man, that kid is good, man. Look, I can't get <laughs> Just get it. Just for a second. For a second. Show Come on. We're in New York. Turn it up, man. Turn it up. 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 Come on. Turn it up. Do you hear it? <laughs> yeah. You gotta do the thing with the... This is gonna collapse. It's like an earthquake. That's good, man. That's good. Here, you gotta do it at the same time as him. Here we go. 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 Hit it. Open Gangnam Style. Oh yes. Yes. Oh wow. This is your best performance since. Philadelphia. That's the best move. That's my favorite move. <laughs> you do the thing with the likes there. I can't get it, man. That's not bad. Rampage, Thanks pleasure, man. Make, Just go on the mic. Just go on the mic before we say goodbye. Thanks for uh, letting me make a fool on your show. That was fun. I can't that was a fun. That was, that was, that's called leaving I'm, on a high note. Dude, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. <laughs> I can't get it yet. Your next fight, you come. Oh, there it is. Come back soon, big guy. Hope I know how to do that dance by the time you get back. I gotta say, you're on your way. I'm on my. I've been. You're kind of breathing hard too. Yeah, I've been. I've been <laughs> practicing. I've been practicing. I've been practicing at the club. No, I've been doing it in privacy. But my uh, my teammate caught me doing it. He he caught me doing it this morning. Oh, he didn't know. And he and he videotaped. And That's he, cold. Did, so you were just doing it in front of the mirror, practicing. I know. I'll be watching the video, and I've been trying to do it. <laughs> do you just sit there watching the video? I watched. I watched the video at least twice a day. In the privacy of your own home? Anywhere. I watch that video on my, on my phone. You know, home, I watch that video twice a day. Do you do it at the club? Haven't done it at the club yet. I was in, I was in a club uh, <laughs> I was in a club in L.A. the uh, other night, and the DJ, you know what I'm saying, said, was I, and I went up to him, I, and I was like, hey, man, uh, how you doing? He's like, you, you got request? I said, yeah, man, can you play the Oval Gangle style? He's like, get out of my face. <laughs> oh, really? I would have paid to see that. Man, I, was, I love that song, man. It's a great. It's very catchy. The most liked video in YouTube history. But I'm going to tell you something. I made yeah. this song, I made this song, um, like, uh, right after my fight with um, Ryan Bader. Yeah. And it's a really good song. Right. But it's not as good as that. But he gave me the confidence to go make my own video. Really? Yeah, You're going to make a video now? I'm going to make a video now. Really? Because it's a funny song and stuff, too. But he gave me the confidence to do it. So I'm going to see what, what the budget is and stuff like that. I'm Heavy gonna... in it? No. Okay. You, 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 might, you, you, you might make my it. video flop. 
You think about it. All right. I, you All know right. what? You, I'll put you in the video. One last clip. One last clip. You got to promote it. my video, though. Absolutely. All right. Then I'll Ab- put you in. One last clip. This is a message from your biggest fan. Who is that? And I think it's appropriate to put it right now because we're leaving on a high note. All right. You're refocused. Here he is. You got it? Hey, Quinn, man, I love you. Keep your head up. Wherever you want it, wherever you want to do, man, I'm your number one fan. I'm with you. Can I be in the Spendables, too? I mean, uh, can I be in 18, too? Can I be in 18, too? Okay, I just want to be the boy that just says something and keep walking. I just want to be in the movie. All right, Quinn, man, I love you, man. Whatever you want to do, I'm your number one fan, baby. Thanks, man. That's Marcus Brimage. Had a huge win this past weekend. Oh, he's a he fighter. Did, he looked like... You like, remember him? We saw him together. We were seeing, he was talking about the chubby white girls. That's him. He's, that's it. He's a UFC fighter. Guy. That's the same guy. He's undefeated in the UFC now, 3-0. He continues to defy, to defy the odds. He uh, had a huge win over an undefeated guy in Toronto this weekend. So oh, I, really? I told him you were going to be in studio. He uh, wanted to send you that message. What's his name again? Marcus Brimage. That's the one who liked the fat girls. Exactly. Yeah, he looked different because like he got attacked by a shark that time mm. right there. Though, but big win, though. It's a big win. Yeah. Oh, man, tell him thanks, man. Tell, I will. Hey, tell him it's... I know you're used to the computer. Yeah, damn. Um, but yes, Pat Barry went MIA. I was hoping that maybe we could play some we'll tricks get, we'll on We'll get him back on, and All we right. will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got something for him? Yeah, I got some funny lines about his most recent knockout. Oh, against Shane yeah. Delosario. Very impressive. Great fight. Great fight. Now, uh, how has your life changed, Puya, since you've been on this show? I can imagine it's Paparazzi. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's been... No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's been just a really good YouTube channel. I'm partnering up with a guy named Will up in Canada. Um, he does my animations, helps me with ideas. Our channel is getting a lot of subscribers. Being on your show last time helped a lot, so... We have a lot of fun ideas. Someone in Brazil told me that one of the most famous like TV personalities in Brazil, this guy has like 700,000 Twitter followers, tweeted just like a week ago the video this of still... you on this show. Yeah. Oh, the video of me on the show? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was very random. And, this was uh, like a week ago? You said? It was maybe like two, three weeks ago. Oh, okay. Some random guy wondered if you had a spike, but you are now partnering with SB Nation, right? You're now part of the family. Yeah, I'm part of the same family, and um, they helped me make my channel look more professional, and um, so maybe they'll get me, I don't know, sponsorship, like wow. U.S. Marine Corps. No, wow. I'm just kidding. Mio I'm just kidding. Energy. <laughs> Mio Energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you have these animations now. You're really stepping things up here. Yeah. You, you mentioned Will. How did you team up with this guy? Because the animations are incredible. Yeah, Will had his own channel, um, and he still does. It's called Fight Arts Fandom. He made these summary videos of the events after they happened. So he made a video of Diaz Condit summarizing how all the cancellations, injuries, how it led to that. Really good animations, really good artist. So I thought if I could just focus on the voices and he could do the drawings, the art, then we could you know team up and make really elaborate videos. And um, so I messaged him. Um, after he posted one of his first videos, I said, let me do the voices. Uh, and he said, well, show me some samples. So I oh. posted a sample video, no animations. I'm not good at animation. So I posted a sample video, black and white, really boring. Uh, but the, he liked, the voices are funny. And that's the video that you, you tweeted. Um, I think JDS tweeted it. And um, then I thought, wow, I, maybe I can do this on my own. Yeah. So I made like 15 videos and... Um, it got to a certain point after the Henry Gracie video that I thought, I can't, there's no way I can post videos regularly and do what I want to do mm-hmm. uh, visually. So uh, now we teamed up and um, we just have a bunch of great ideas and anything we want to happen, we can make it happen on the screen now. Uh, so you used to do those sort of sketch animations, yeah, which were still very good. They were pretty good, but I mean, it took a long time and 
I was sort of I was tracing around real images. So they looked very real. Okay. But it was me in Photoshop tracing around real images in black and white. People call it like pencil sketches. Uh-huh. Um, so they're pretty good. Uh, but this is very authentic. He does it all by hand and he can do anything really. Yeah, unbelievable. The Diaz stuff. I mean, we'll get we'll get into that. I'm I'm just wondering um, a lot of people ask me this after your last appearance, what exactly do you do, by the way? Like, how are you able to come here on a Monday afternoon? <laughs> well, I used to work in finance for five years. Oh. I didn't like it. I went back to school okay. uh, for a while um, at NYU studying information technology, and it was a computer science program. I didn't like that very much, but just after I started that program, maybe like a few months after, I started posting these videos, um, taking some web development classes part-time. But now I think I can really do something with this. If I oh. get a video out every week, um, this really, is your gig. I really think, I really think there's enough of a demand yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for this to, to do it. Um, in no other sport, where I think would this be possible? If I did like Kobe Bryant impressions sure. or Derek Jeter, no one would watch. And you can't search on YouTube. You can't find much like basketball impressions. Sure. But I think the following is strong enough for MMA that um, the demand is big enough that we could actually make a living doing this. Absolutely. It is a very passionate community. Yeah. I you know, have thrived off that and am yeah. a product of that. And uh, they definitely support you. So it's yeah. great. It's great that you're... And the characters, the, the personalities. Oh. Like, you don't have a Quentin Jackson sure. in, in any other sport. I saw you do some tennis ones and things like that. But I think MMA is, is the way to go. Yeah, I made a tennis video imitating like Federer, Djokovic. They have millions of Twitter followers. Way more than any MMA fighter. But it got like 5,000 views. Sure, impossible to sort of break through that wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So this kind of reminds me of like when Seinfeld was on The Tonight Show for the first time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not comparing this <laughs> to The Tonight Show as far as MMA is concerned. But if you want to, go ahead. Uh, but this is big. You in studio. We've never had a comedian, if you will. Do you consider yourself a comedian? On Facebook, yeah. I'm listed. Oh, very nice. My fan page is a comedian. I only have you have a fan page? I only have 100 uh, something That's followers. Awesome, <laughs> What's the uh, the address if people uh, want to go? Facebook.com. Puyarebek, P-O-U-Y-A-R-E-B-E-K. Why did you go with Prebeck? It seems like it's a good nickname for you. Because Prebeck's my real Facebook. Oh, oh, my, my, oh, my gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right, so what we're going to do here is I'm sort of going to interview characters, and you're going to respond as the characters. Yes, you're going to imitate yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that is true. I'm going imi- to imitate myself, the only one that I can really imitate. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, I could use, as I mentioned to you, I can use a good laugh sure. here. So uh, I'm very happy that uh, that you are here and uh, and hopefully we can have a good time like last time. All right, here we go. We're going to start with my country mate from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, George St. Pierre, who, of course, came off that big win on uh, November 17th, UFC 154. All right, here we go. Okay. All right. George, considering the major knee surgery that you just went through, has this year been the most oh, – has this been your most difficult fight camp? Uh, to tell you the truth, uh, it was easy for me because – I believe in pain. I don't believe in the the pleasure. Uh, I make sure that my uh, I make sure that my camp is always very painful. That's why I train in the, the freezing cold, and that's why I have no sex during my camp, not even with my aunt. And I make sure that I don't have any uh, wet dreams either. Uh, to tell you the truth, I haven't had sex since my first fight with Matt Sarah. Uh, so the last five years has been very very painful. 
<laughs> oh gosh! By the way, have any of these guys ever come up to you and been upset about these? Uh, That's the last brunch you went. Oh, the <laughs> yes, I've noticed you become a little X-rated as of late. You gotta keep the attention. Yeah, you, you know? do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So none of these guys upset, right? Um. None of them. I gotta imagine the Diaz brothers. I mean. Oh yeah. Well, speak. That's a very good segue. Because speaking of the Diaz brothers, <laughs> Nick is up next. All right. Here we go. Nick Diaz. Nick, do you feel as though you are appreciated as a fighter? Uh, no, I'm not. No. Uh, <laughs> here they have me fighting every two months. You know, throwing me in a fight after fight after fight, <laughs> fighting for free, not getting paid. What I want to get paid, anyways. <laughs> Uh, here I got to sleep in the back seat of my car You know what I mean Meanwhile they're putting me up against these guys Throwing spinning back fish shit Kicking me in my lead leg That's not a fair fight You know what I mean They got all these, all these systems Organizations Rules Regulations Point scoring shit You know what I mean I, I don't have time to keep track of that It's just It's a long story man I, I'm just You know Whatever dude I'm done with this interview I'm done <laughs> Nick has developed into one of your best ones. Thank you. Unbelievable. That that was people like my Nate more. I think. Oh really? Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know. They do you just... want to freestyle some Nate for us? He's not on the list here. Uh, you want me to do it at the very end? Yeah. Uh, right now? Okay. Oh, at the very end. Okay, yeah, let's do it at the Is very that end. Bonus I, I have some bonuses <laughs> for you. I'm putting them on my list here. Okay. Make sure you ask Nate. Um, okay. Well, here's Pat Barry, uh, because he wasn't on the show, but at least we get him in this form here. Pat H.D. Barry. All right, Pat. People seem to be underestimating Crow Cop as of late. But going into this fight, you obviously respected his skills. Am I right? Uh, I've seen the things he's done to men, and it is scary. It's whack. Uh, I don't want it to happen to me. <laughs> my name is H.D. It means hype or die. And I've just, I've just hyped him up just so much in my head that I'm going to go in there and just die. Guaranteed. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to let him submit me, but hopefully in two weeks... We'll be singing songs together in his car in Croatia. Just just two handsome men grappling together all day in the gym, singing songs together on the car ride home, possibly even showering together. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I never even knew that was his nickname. I you knew see? HD. I didn't know it stood for Hyper Die. Oh, it's, yeah, it's his Twitter handle. Yeah. Hyper Die. I never even put two and two together. People think it means high definition. Yeah. Or, uh, but I think he should change it to 1080p, just to confuse people That's... more. <laughs> All right, there he is, Pat Barry. At least he joined us uh, in some kind of form. Okay, this is one of my all-time favorites here, and it's a two-parter. Okay, that's right. Vitor Belfort, the phenom who faces uh, Michael Bisping on January 19th in Brazil, and I see you have a problem. <laughs> home, homemade, homemade, yeah. homemade. You actually homemade? Wow. You <laughs> I, made painted, that I painted it, I painted it. Oh, my God, this guy's unbelievable. The Boni SIE hat, which I tried for the first time in Brazil recently. You did? Fantastic. I was going to buy one. It's like, you can't find it. You can't find them, but it's unbelievable. If you're ever in Brazil, I, highly, I can't believe you made that on your own, and it's very accurate. Boni SIE. I didn't want copyright infringement, so I didn't put the Boni. Oh, you're very smart. All right, here we go. Vitor Belfort. What, what are 10 words that come to mind when you look back on your career so far, Vitor? Uh, I can't do it in 10 words. I need 20. I've been, uh, I've been hit in the head too many times, so I bought some cards to help me remember. Here we go. Pleasure. Buddy. Old dinosaur. Young lion, <laughs> tired goat, <laughs> hungry pig, <laughs> blood, 
God, oops, God, sorry, God. <laughs> the new breed. <laughs> Old school. Mentality. Job. Jesus. Journey. High level. Disneyland. And sex. Okay, now we're gonna try to uh, use all the words and uh, make a poem out of that. I started in the UFC as a young lion, feeling like a hungry pig when I win, like a tired goat when I lose, fighting hard like an old dinosaur in my last fight against the new breed, competing every time at a high level with an old school mentality, enjoying the journey the whole time like I'm a kid in Disneyland, <laughs> buying a Christmas present for Jesus and giving a high five to God. You didn't use buddy, pleasure, or sex in that uh, in that poem. Uh, bro, uh, having sex after a fight is a true pleasure, buddy. <laughs> that is just that. I, I, Vitor needs to see that someday. We need to make that happen. Get him on. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, I think I'm getting like heart palpitations or something here. Jeez, I'm crying. <laughs> I have a cold. A lot of mucus coming out of me right now. All right, let's move along. Uh, so we're going to hear from Daniel Cormier for the second time on this show. We just heard him moments ago, DC they call him. Daniel, we all know your official nickname is DC, but your real nickname among the fans is Black Fedor. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, they love to call me Black Fedor, and that's fine. <laughs> I got to admit the resemblance is pretty uncanny. Sometimes I sit down. And I uh, look at the footage of myself chopping wood outdoors. And I say, holy shit, you know what? They got a point. I'm pudgy. I'm black. <laughs> I'm a middleweight fighting as a heavyweight. I can't seem to get in the UFC. I am Black Fedor. It's pretty cool. I got to be honest with you, Ariel. <laughs> yeah, she just texted me while you were talking right there. <laughs> Not about this, about something else. Uh, I never heard you do Daniel Cormier. It's That's a, a brand new, brand deb new. world debut. <laughs> Another, it's, not, it's not my best, but... No, no. I, 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 you heard it? Yeah, I heard it. I okay, heard okay, it. Okay, okay. Uh, another relatively new one is a very good friend of the show, The Energy. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, I actually was at a uh, pro wrestling event, which I mentioned many times on this show. His fiance was there. She's a wrestler oh, as well. Eve. Eve. Yeah, 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 yeah. So here he is, Henner Gracie, back on the MMA Hour. Henner, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a sensitive guy. A lot of people know this. Uh, I used to get... <laughs> by the way, he wrote this, not me, but it's very accurate. Uh, I used to get teased uh, a lot when I was a kid, and I'm wondering if you can do any sort of bully-proofing for me. Arrow, what you don't seem to understand <laughs> is that you're still getting picked on by alpha males like Rampage Jackson and Czech Congo. But you don't need to sit here and take it. If you sign up for Gracie Academy, Hiro and I will give you step-by-step -step instructions and tutorials on how to deal with them using leverage, timing, patience, pressure, balance, energy, efficiency, and drinking lots of Red Bull. Act now. Because Hiro and I, we're not going to keep these videos online forever. No. Imagine all that secret knowledge available. Online. That would be crazy. But today, for Toby's payments of $19.95 a month, Ariel, you too could learn and become the most dangerous beta imaginable. Dang. <laughs> I could sell anything. 
<laughs> that was great. That was an amazing one. I love Henry Gracie. All right, here we go. We've got Alistair Overeem. The Demolition Man, the Ream, he returns to action on February 2nd against Bigfoot Silva. So, Alistair, you're coming off uh, a very long layoff, and it has been... Uh, I'm wondering if it's been tough adjusting to fight camp and sort of getting back into the swing of things. Well, particularly when it comes to eating, I have been having problems. Um, sometimes I eat food as I fall asleep, and then I forget to finish chewing. <laughs> And uh, I wake up and I have uh, a mouthful of beef in my mouth. <laughs> but I don't know. I think that uh, it's a blessing in disguise because then I can wake up and seamlessly begin eating again. Uh, I eat breakfast when I wake up and I make sure it includes cow beef, horse beef, uh, pig beef, fish beef, rat beef, any beef, really. Anything and everything in the beef family. And I make sure I follow my two breakfasts immediately after, by lunch and dinner, because, uh, I don't know, I don't like to break up my day with all these goddamn meals. <laughs> when you're big, like me, you have to stay eating constantly. When you're scrawny, like you, it's hard to get big. You cannot. You cannot. Except for the nose. Maybe you can get the nose a little bit bigger. I have a big nose, too. Oh, yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> oh, wow. I love how you say everything. That's just everything. The, everything. Uh, on the, on the, <laughs> I'll never forget when he was on the show and he said, uh, goodbye 20, hello 30. When it was his birthday. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. How are you doing there? Are you feeling yeah. good? good? I'm feeling great. We're at the halfway yeah. point. Sort of. Actually, we're past the halfway point. Mm. But uh, we move along here. We welcome in the man who lost to Roy McDonald on December 8th, UFC on Fox 5. New York Rick's favorite. His favorite, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. So he's, he liked my impression last time, right? He's still very, uh, <laughs> he's still very distraught over the loss, the beatdown against Roy McDonald. But here we go, oh, BJ. Sad. Obviously, a tough loss for you against Roy McDonald. But you said you had a great training camp. So what exactly went wrong for you out there against Roy? You know what, Ariel? I used to think uh, the best way to train for a fight was to jump out of swimming pools, uh, run on the ocean floor carrying a rock. Uh, play a lot of Street Fighter 2. <laughs> I thought it was a winning formula, but uh, Faraz and those guys up at the TriStar gym, they figured me out. I can't stand those guys, man. But can I say something real quick? This man over here, everyone at home watching this from BJPen.com, follow <laughs> this man right here at New York Rick. New York Rick, just want to say, you stood by me. I want to thank you. I'm going to make it up to you. Mahalo. <laughs> wow. I think you just gave him like his, his greatest moment ever. That's the closest he'll ever get to talking to BJ. How was that, New York Rick? I'm fighting back tears. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional and, Emotional and, tears. Yeah, and maybe uh, some comments. And tears. happy tears as well. Uh, all right. This one, when you put this one on the list, you're. I, 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 I've never heard you do this, man. Is this, this is a, a new one, too. This is a, a world exclusive. It's a yeah, debut, yeah, yeah. Wow. When he put Valid Ishmael on the list, you think? I, I, I was like, this really piqued my interest because he is one of the true great characters of our sport. I was worried that people didn't uh, know him. No, no, no. If they watch the show, they know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've talked about him. He's great in uh, Eric Silva's corner. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got some other great guys. A true legend of Brazilian MMA. If you don't know Valid, you're missing out. So here we go. Valid Ishmael making his debut on the MMA Hour right now. So Valid, 
Do you think Eric Silva will be able to come back from his tough loss <laughs> to John Fitch? The people, the people see him fight. The people see him give the heart, the mind, the blood. He's going to shoot the blood in his opponent's eye. Do you understand? Everywhere you look, left, right, he's covered in blood. He's feel, he's feel ready for this. He's ready to do well in MMA. MMA, he is the big sport in the world. Eric Silva showed this. You understand? It's all thanks to Dana White. Dana White, without the him, we have nothing. Dana White, for you, I would kill my son. Fakarakavera, it means with stick knife in his skull, as we say in Brazil. You understand? Then the white, I would donate my heart for you. Rip it out with my hands covered in blood. Is a, a dream come true for all the people, all the audience. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I can't breathe. Oh, my God. That is your greatest one of all time. <laughs> Holy moly. That's my mom's favorite one, too. Oh, my God. You do these for your mom? Yeah, she loves it. She's uh, learned about the UFC. She would have never, obviously, watched. But now she knows Waleed. Can you believe it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, that one was unbelievable. Wow. I think you, sh you should leave after that. There is no way. Oh, my God. We can't. Uh, can not do Anderson Silva. Of course, of course. Yeah, I'm not kicking you out. Wow. That was kudos, my man. You, you. You, nailed, you nailed that man. Wow. When did you realize? Like, is, this one came late to you. The, the, your Wally interviews are my favorite oh, my um, interviews because he's, he's, like, giving you high fives. He's, he's smiling. He's, like, making this face. He is the most interesting guy. You know, uh, I, I was wondering if you were going to go the Dana White route, and you nailed it. That's amazing, because he always gives him props. Oh, yeah. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. That one was unbelievable. I could listen to that. I'd rather <laughs> interview you as him than the actual guy. All right, here we go. You mentioned Anderson Silva, the king himself. Oh, wow. I need to compose myself here. Whew. That, really, that actually really hurt me. I, like, I couldn't breathe there for a second. All right, Anderson Silva, here we go. Anderson, congrats on the victory. Another easy win for you. That's 16 in a row now. What does this win, though, mean for you? Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. All the peoples, the China, the Korea, America, England, Brazil, this is the big sport. This is the big sport. All the great athletes in UFC working hard. Give respect. Different countries of the world. The shell, the shell Sonic, he not working. He have the big problems. But UFC is the big company. UFC is the big sport, the big. I have the Burger King, the Coca-Cola, the Nike. It's the big money for me. I'm happy. I'm the best. BJ Penn, he not the best. I'm the best. Wow. That's bold. That's well. Anderson has to retire. As the, the best. B, the BJ... Uh, it's enough of that, right? Compliments. I mean, he loves BJ, but yeah. I thought it'd be interesting to make him <laughs> claim that he's the best. You nailed it. I, <laughs> I actually think that your, your Anderson got better. Think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, it was too high at first. I think I made it a little bit. But I, you also nailed, like, that, that's, that's all he says now. 
he those gives, lines he gives right you a, there. He gives you like a geography lesson. Yeah. When, you, when you interview him, he just names five Brazilian fighters, like five yeah. different countries, and he says he's happy. And this is the big sport, the big, the big. Go look at his interview. He's like, the big. Every interview. Do you think he even understands what I'm saying? Because I appreciate him speaking in English, but I'd almost rather him just do it with a translator so I can get a real answer. I think that his English has improved, but I think that he um, has some canned answers sure. that um, he gives. Not just you, even if like the official UFC sure. interviews, like post-fight, he just says the same thing to everyone. It's if perfect. You, if you watch his vlog, uh, the Dana's vlog, Dana said, I don't think you're human or something like that. And Anderson said, this is my family. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so after he knocked out Bonner, yeah. Dana compliments him. And then he gives a canned answer. This is the sport. You know, it's like, Anderson, you didn't answer the question. <laughs> Speaking of which, you've never done Dana. I did it in my John oh, Jones. Oh, jo- right, that's right. Video, and people hated it. Why? And Dana's a hard voice to do. Dana's yeah. voice has got deeper as he's gained, put on a few pounds. Oh, years. wow. Uh, no, I'm just, if you watch him in Tough One, sure, his voice was high, yeah. more doable. If you watch him now... It's just as he's gotten older, his voice has gotten deeper. I can't, I can't do it. I just maybe but, one day. Well, that would be a good one. All right, so that was it from the list you gave me. But the, the, I, I, you know, I'm a huge fan. There's some others that I'd love to because when you were on the show last time, yeah. some of your greatest moments were, were yeah, wow. after the fact. Uh-huh. Can I throw a couple at you? Sure. Yeah. I might change what you request, but go ahead. No, no, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that it's not much of a request. I loved your Nick Ring. Oh. I don't have anything Nick Ring ready. And if I did Nick Ring, it would, might sound too inappropriate. So okay. how would I do Nate Diaz? <laughs> Nate Diaz? Nate Diaz. All right, yeah. I'll take Nate Diaz. Okay. This is a short one. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't got a problem with Ariel Helwani. <laughs> uh, he doesn't know how to shake my hand or whatever. But it is what it is. Nothing huge. <laughs> whatever. I'm not going to dog the guy. <laughs> it's just amazing. How do you memorize all this? Memorize the voice or the, or the words? No, like because I know you have like a little bit, but you're you're doing this all off memory a, a yeah, lot I just, of it. I just practice. You just practice uh, a lot, and and the voice is just I watch so much stuff that it's sunk in. Yeah, the yeah. Voice yeah. memorizing that's easier. I love your Chris Weidman. I think uh, your Weidman is very underrated. And Anderson, <laughs> if you're watching this, I'd love to fight you, but <laughs> but I got shoulder surgery. I mean, you can't really hear everything I said. So I might be mumbling in my surgery, but I love my wife and. And I hope my home it gets fixed soon, so I'll be ready to go. Oh my God, the Weidman <laughs> is just great. I love your Weidman. I also love, which I was, I was a little surprised he was on the list because I think this is a, a very hot topic right now. Your Roy McDonald, I think, is fantastic. All right, I got, I got some. Roy you got yeah. some. I got that. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Well, I had, I had a nightmare last night that Dana kidnapped me and George and forced us to fight. Um, and I won, of course, but George is a good friend of mine. And so as I was punching his unconscious body, I just started crying. And I woke up in a cold sweat. <laughs> Isn't he a fascinating guy? He is. I he, like how you call him the, the, the Canadian serial psycho. killer now. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Psycho, psycho. The yeah. Canadian psycho. You told him to his face. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, now, one of my, you, know, you know how I feel about the Honorable Sensei. Oh, yeah. He was one of your best. Actually, my wife and I often do the, uh, when, he, when, he, when he talked about uh, Machida Kun's wazoo is not quite like mine. He really got his <laughs> mind down. Can you do that for me, please, and for her? Sure. Um, well, we worked on 
because his wise is similar to mine, we worked on a lot of things. Punches, kicks, knees, ashtabaki, and some illegal moves that we just found out were actually legal. <laughs> oh, gosh. Andy Couture, I would fight him if we meet in the middle of the desert where no one is watching. We'll see how it goes down. Oh, that's the other great thing about you. You are such a huge fan of the sport, so your your imitations yeah. are very timely. Timely, yeah. Um, I wrote one down here while you were doing it, but I don't even know what I wrote because I think I was in such a, um, a daze from laughing so much. I wrote A-L-D-N-S-B-E-R-G-M. What the heck is that? That's not even a word. How about I do Ariel Hawani? Oh, wow, really? Look uh, at that. My last one. Um, it's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life. Big show today. We have uh, today's show will be entirely devoted to Rick's picks. Wow. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Lots of prizes as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. New York Rick got it. Wow. That was, that's, a, that's impressive, man. Skills. Michael Landsberg. Okay. Um, okay, so Chael Sonnet. So you're saying that he's still an entitled brat. And that John Jones, his parents gave him an uncreative name. <laughs> That's funny. That was a great one. You reenacted it with the set and everything. Yeah, yeah. That was really impressive. Will did a great job. Wow. He did a great job drawing that. And even the background, everything got it perfect. It was unbelievable. Yeah. People, people didn't, uh, the response wasn't as big on that as I thought. But you had to watch the interview to understand. Because that was exactly. a year ago, over a year ago. You had to see the interview to understand that video. What about Chael? Ah, people don't like my chail. Really? <laughs> I love your chail. You know what, Ariel? If you want to do, if you want a chail son an impression, all you got to do is cover your nose, pretend like you have to sneeze. Ha-choo. <laughs> Kaboom. <laughs> That's amazing. By the way, do you have any other uh, sort of, while we're here, and I'm enjoying this greatly, yeah. uh, just other people that you're very proud of, your impersonate, non-MMA, just for the hell of it? Not really. Not really? really? You're all MMA? Um... Pretty much, yeah. I don't just people I know, and a lot of MMA impressions. Um, you know, I can't do any like the presidents uh, very well or famous people right. actors. Uh, Which is your favorite? My favorite impression. My favorite impression to do. I think my favorite video was my Henry Gracie video. Oh, really? That's my favorite in terms of the humor. Did uh, he? He tweeted it, right? He tweeted it. Yeah. Eve tweeted it too. Really? He said. I think I remember him saying. I don't know if this is a compliment or like an insult. Ninety-five percent of me was against tweeting this. Yes, but the other, <laughs> the other five percent choked out the ninety-five percent. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's great. So it must be awesome when the guy you're imitating actually tweets it out, right? That's, that's the best. The best yeah. That's like the ultimate high. It is. It's Who's feeling. tweeted them out as far as the big names? Um, Weidman, JDS, uh, Rashad Evans, uh, Matt Sarah. Uh, Mammoth fan, really? Tom Lawler. That's awesome. Uh, a bunch of uh, people, people about Bisping uh, retweeted something recently. Can you do Bisping? He no, to me he seems like a really easy one. I did in my first video. The people, people didn't like slammed it. me. So you, you read the comments? I read the comments. I read yeah. the comments. Uh, the most overwhelming comments uh, in terms of thumbs up and everything are. Uh, the Diaz brothers, people yeah. say, make this into a weekly yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. video. This could be a, like a Saturday morning cartoon. So it's who knows? like we'll... a Beavis and Butthead type thing, right? It's like a Beavis and Butthead. Right. Maybe one day we'll have a Saturday morning 
Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, Fuel TV. Wow. Cartoon. Is that what you're shooting for? That would be the, would be that would be the ultimate, ultimate thing. Yeah. Are you posting videos now once a, like a, a certain day, certain um, time? You know, it's, it's been like every 10 days, every two weeks. But we're trying to do it, stick to a schedule Yeah. Uh, once every uh, week. And we're going to see how big we can take it. You know, uh, you've heard of like Epic Mealtime. Yeah. So every, I think it's Tuesday at like 7 or something, they have a new one out. To me, yeah. if you can tell people that every week at this time, I think it would be huge for you. I think so. I think so. And I think that we just need to, now that I have him doing the animations, Will, um, I can um, focus on the voices. Uh, we can get them out a lot faster. Hopefully. Does Will have a Twitter? Yeah. It's a Fight Arts fandom. Okay. Uh, and mine is a Prebeck. Yep. And, and the YouTube uh, page? YouTube page is youtube.com slash Prebeck, P-R-E-B-E-K. We have a funny uh, sequel video coming out on Henner Gracie, the sequel to his How to Pee video. Um, we have a video on Diaz Brothers uh, going uh, looking for a house to buy together. Oh, really? And, That's and, amazing. And we're going to do a video, we're thinking about doing a video with uh, you hosting a Legends roundtable discussion. Oh, wow. In place of Jay Glazer. Cause why? Why Why are you bumping Glazer? Because I can imitate you, Jay oh, Glazer. Okay. And, uh, Glazer, I feel like, is an easy one to imitate. He has a deep voice, too. Yeah, he has a and deep voice. My voice is high. But eh, it'd be funny to have you in there wearing well, one, I appreciate of your, it. one of your uh, plaid shirts. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, one final thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, the, the Facebook page is facebook.com slash Puya Rebeck. Puya Rebeck. But you've sort of branded the, uh, the, the, the YouTube page Ultimate Fighting Cartoonship. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Thanks. I just I want like a play on the actual company. Um, it's more memorable than Prebeck. Had I known that this would channel would grow to where it has, I wouldn't have named it just Prebeck. Right. Um, so I would have called it something more catchy. You can't change it now. Can't change it now. Okay. I would lose all the subscribers. But um, but yeah, Ultimate Fighting Cartoonship is the the name of the channel. Can I get one more Valid before we go? Uh, <laughs> just more to, I just want to hear it again. Okay. Let me think of what to say. Um, this man, he learned the Portuguese because he know the MMA is going to come back to Brazil. Give me a high five. That is unbelievable, man. Wow, that is an amazing one. I feel like he would really appreciate that as well. He's a great guy. Hey, what? Yeah, he's on Twitter. Walid, I'm going to yeah. follow him. Uh, W-A-L-L-I-D-J-F-C, I believe it is. Jungle he, Fight. He is my favorite person you have interviewed. Really? He's, a, he's, he's so animated. He's yeah. a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like an old school professional wrestling um, uh, manager. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You could see him either uh, murdering you or giving <laughs> you a hug. He's, he's the widest spectrum of behavior. Well, continue the great work, my friend. You nailed it. This is, this is a great last guest of uh, 2012. You're doing fantastic work. Once again, the YouTube is youtube.com slash Prebeck. Um, you're, you're, you're coming out with these. You're, you're taking it up a notch with the animation. Will's doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Keep it going, man. I think this is great. People are really digging it. Every time you do one, if I don't tweet it, I get like a thousand people saying like, hey, have you seen the latest <laughs> ones? Uh, are, we, we post them on the morning report. I know Sean, who does the morning report, is a big fan of yours. So uh, keep it up. <laughs> We go to Ireland now, and we welcome in Conor McGregor. Conor, there he is, the bearded one himself. Hey, how are you? Conor, how are you? Thank what's you so up, much mate? for stopping by. Yeah, thanks very much for having having me, mate. Yeah, Conor's a thought, you. How are you? I'm doing great. I hear a bit of an echo. Can you maybe turn down the volume on your computer? Yeah, yeah. Now, can how you about now? Can you still hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. 
I don't use this Skype. This I only set this Skype up so I could uh, so I could get on this show with you. I don't really use this too much. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna have to start getting used to these kind of things. Well, you look great and you sound great, and I appreciate well, you stopping by. Yeah, that's good, man. I, I I like to I like to look the way I feel, and I feel <laughs> fucking amazing. Really? Why so amazing? Because you know I'm I'm living the dream. You know what I mean? Here I am. I'm about I'm five just over five weeks out from the biggest the biggest fight in my life and. Things are going good, and I'm getting great support at home. As you know yourself, you're at the same yourself. Everyone's hounding you to get me on this show, and the artists really, really get behind their uh, their athletes. You know what I mean? And I'm looking, looking to go out there and and, and impress. And that's it. That's why that's why I'm feeling good. You know? You know all all the years of hard work, and now here we are. Dana White was in Ireland recently, and he was hounded about you. They were they were asking him all these questions. I, I can't. I, I I'm not lying. Every week I get tons of fans saying, "Get the notorious MMA on the show." Your Twitter handle, of course. They love you so much. Are you aware that you are beloved so much by your fans, and and especially Ireland? Uh, uh, it's grown each fight. Each fight it seems to get more and more. You know, but it's 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 only going. It's only the beginning. You know what I mean? That's what I, that's what I think. This is only the beginning. I'm here to take over. I'm not here to shake no one's hand, or I'm not here to be the token Irish guy in there. I mean, I'm in there to get in and win, and uh, that's it. You know, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to showing the people of Ireland the true martial artists. You know what I mean? And showing showing the UFC and and the the world of MMA a martial artist that they haven't seen before. You know? Do they love you because you're the first, or do they love you because you're you? Well, I'm not the first. You know? I don't know. I don't know. They love me because I don't know. They love me because I love myself. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just, I don't know what it is, but I'm not the first guy either. It was a, you should know this. You know what I mean? You're the, you're the reporter. Whoa. You know, uh, Tom Egan was the first UFC '93. All right. He was right. my teammate. We were only, we were only kids back then. He got, he got a shot, to fight, and it was, it was a little bit too soon for him. You know what I mean? We didn't really know what we were doing back then, and then we have another guy, another Irish guy, but he, he likes to carry the English flag. You know what I mean? So. So I don't know, maybe because there's an Irish guy in there carrying an English flag. Now that we have an Irish guy carrying an Irish flag, the tricolor, you know what I mean? That's that's why that's why there's a big buzz going on, you know. And I and I apologize to Tom. You are right. I will admit, though, not as much buzz for his fight as opposed to your debut. So that's why it felt like the first '93 feels like years ago. You you get my point, right? Yeah. Well, Tom, Tom was on the card basically because they they were in the hometown, you know, and they were looking for a hometown guy to. To promote the show, you know, but I, I, I've built up, I've built up a hype around myself with some good wins and some good performances, and I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not just the token Irish guy. I'm not on this show because I'm not here because they're in Dublin. I'm like, like you say, I'm fighting in Sweden. You know what I mean? So, um, they they want me, and I, I don't want them, so to speak. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a good bit of hype, and I'm looking forward to going in and proving everyone, everyone right. Why do they call you notorious? Why? Uh, me uh, coach came up with that, you know what I mean? Because I'm sometimes, sometimes I'm known to get into a little bit of trouble, and oh, I don't know, just because, just because I'm notorious. <laughs> Where do you get into this trouble? Uh, just over the years, you know what I mean. So growing up and that, I've been in and out of trouble, and I've been with my coach John Cavanagh for for a long time, and there's been some ups and some downs, and you know what I mean, this and that, and but you know he stuck with me and he believed in me and. <clears throat> that that's basically where the name came from, you know. So just getting into trouble and drifting off and doing other things, and then coming back and, you know. But the past couple of years now, I've stuck with it now, and now here I am. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That that's where the name came from. Anyway. Why did you get into MMA? Why'd you... Um, I when I, when I was younger, it was always combat. It was always combat on me on my mind. You know what I mean? It was always self defense. I got in there to be able to defend myself. 
just because just like situations that would happen, you know what I mean, where someone something would happen where you know what I mean, just out on the street or whatever and I just wanted to be able to defend myself and that was it. And that's how I started. I I wanted to be able to defend myself on the street and I started doing some kickboxing so I started doing then I done some boxing and I would just travel around, you know what I mean, try and do all martial arts, you know, ready for anything, you know what I mean? Stay ready so I don't have to get ready. You know, it seems like the Irish fans have been begging for the UFC to return to Ireland since the first and last event at UFC 93. Were you there? I was there, yeah. My teammate Tom was fighting, you know what I mean? So I, I, I was there. If, if they got an event in the O2, it would sell out, no, it would sell out in seconds. What did, uh, what did your man say about, about the last time, your man Gary Cook? Because I couldn't hear. Oh. But I heard you saying Ireland. Well, what did he say? He said he, he predicts they will be back there within the next 18 months. Wow, I was thinking. I was thinking uh, sooner than that. Well, I wonder. I wonder will they think that when I go in and um, <laughs> when I go in and put on a show now in five weeks and uh, make a name for myself. You know what I mean? I'm hoping to drag them back to the to Ireland. You know what I mean? Drag them by the scruff of the neck back and get get a show on. Cause I, I, I have some teammates in the gym that are ready to go as well. You know what I mean? Not, it's not just me. There's a whole whole load of motherfuckers behind me waiting to go, and I'm gonna kick in the door and. I mean, that's it. I'm just, I'm just gonna kick in the door and drag them right back to Ireland. Well, I'm sure a dominant uh, performance. Like, as soon as this fight's done, I'm gonna be on, <laughs> like George Hebier going on his knees and start begging for a, begging for a world title. I'm gonna go on my knees and start begging for a, come back to the O2, come back to Dublin, Ireland. Well, to be honest, I'm not gonna get on my knees. I don't beg for no man, but I'm definitely gonna be saying it a lot. You know what I mean? I definitely want them to come back to my hometown. And there's so many, you know, we, we, we have a long history of combat in, in our country. You know what I mean? A lot of people are true fans of this game, you know what I mean? So it's about time to start coming back and get the, get the fucking act together and come back, you know what I mean? I mean, Dana even says it himself that he gets hounded. Well, if he doesn't want to get hounded, then let's do it. Let's do a show, you know what I mean? I think they may erect a statue in your honor right now because of the, the, this, this talk. And if you get them to come back sooner than, than 18 months, you're going to be an Irish legend, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I am an Irish legend, That's true. man. I'm, I'm a living legend. Yeah, I see myself <laughs> as the champ already. Already? The, you're the featherweight champion yeah, already? Yeah, of course. I see myself from, as the champ from day one. Before I even started training, I always saw myself as the champ. That's now, how I see myself. I visualize myself already there. I visualize everything. I visualize this conversation. I visualize the walkout. I visualize everything going on. I know I, know I have shots picked out that I'm going to throw in this fight in five weeks. You know what I mean? I, I have seen everything in my head, and now it's going to happen. You see it in your head, you're going to see it before your eyes. That's what I say. Could you fight tomorrow? You, you seem ready. You seem like you're gonna jump out of the screen right now and fight me. Stay ready, so I don't have to get ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh my god! I'm ready to go. Yeah. And you're not just the champ. You are a two division champion for Cage Warriors featherweight, lightweight. That's obviously a, a big deal. When you won the the, the last belt, did you know that? Yeah, you know, I think you fought. You fought like what was it, New Year's Eve time around? You know, just a couple months ago. Um, did you feel like, all right? It's inevitable. The call's coming. After that last win, did you know that, that your time was coming in the UFC? Um, I felt, like I said, even before that, <laughs> when I came out of my mother, I felt it. <laughs> you know what I mean? My mother always said that I came out. The doctor said to me, Ma, I came out with my hands up like this, yeah? And the doctor said to me, Ma, you have a boxer on your hands. And, you know what I mean? I knew what I was going to do from day one. And, uh, here, and here I am, you know what I mean? I, I knew it even before the butching of fight. Uh, on New Year's Eve, I, I knew I was gonna get here. You know what I mean? I, I, my my team knew I was gonna get here. My coach knew. My family knew. You know what I mean? I had belief from everyone. I had a belief in myself, and now here it is. You know what I mean? That that last fight, I felt at home. You know, each fight I'm learning. 
each day I'm learning. I feel like I'm growing every day. You know, you know I got this, to... this couldn't have come at a better this couldn't have come at a better time for me. You know what I mean? I'm ready. Honestly, I am ready. This, like I said, with Tom Egan, it was a little bit too soon. We were only little, we were only kids at the time. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Jumping in there and oh, two, nine thousand screaming people didn't know what the fuck was happening. You know what I mean? Now, now we're ready. We've had experience on some big shows. I've, I've had, I've had some big hype fights fighting for them two titles and. You know what I mean? There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of successful successful guys in Cage that came from Cage Warriors, and are now in the UFC, like Dan Hardy, Michael Bisping, and a lot of those guys. And they, none, none of them ever had two belts. You know what I mean? I, I had the I had the deuce. I was wanting around two belts. None of them. None of them guys had it. So I'm looking to have as good a career as those guys, if not better. Yeah, what's the scene like over there? Because you know we hear a lot about the the English scene, and a lot of those guys now coming more to the U.S. because they feel like they need you know better wrestling training and whatnot. What, what kind of training are you getting over in Ireland? Yeah, again, I'm training. I just train. I always train. I just train everywhere. I travel around. I, I like to travel around, and I try all styles of martial arts. I've been back and forth as well to Iceland with Gunnar Nelson, and those guys from Iceland come over. Some good, good solid uh, grapplers and some good solid wrestlers, and. You know what I mean? But see all this crap about going to America and all. People think, people think they need to pack up, pack up and leave, leave their coach. And like, see the way guys change, change coaches halfway through their career. And mm. You're in the wrong frame of mind if you're doing that. You're in the wrong frame of mind if you're if you're leaving the guys you came up with and going to some other gym and trying to start up. You know what I mean? I've guys that I started boxing with that went over to the wildcard gym of Freddie Roach and those because the pro boxers and they, they're just they're just another pro in, in, in there you know what I mean I'm with who I'm with and I, I'll, I'll certainly go around travelling and sparring and training and meeting new people of course but I'm with who I'm with and I'm with them till the end you know what I mean that, that's the frame of mind you need to be in not not move away to somewhere and do you know what I mean it's not it's not the answer you know what I mean so Moving to people are always saying to me, "Oh, you gotta go to America," and you gotta. I don't gotta do fuck all. I'll go to America when when I am going to America. You know what I mean? And I, but I certainly won't be packing up and moving over. I'm from Ireland. You know what I mean? Era, and I'll be here till the day I die. So I so I'm keeping this on record. When you go on a five fight winning streak or whatever in the UFC, you're not leaving. You're sticking there. I'm not gonna see you go to Greg Jackson or ATT or anything. You're sticking there, right? I I, I would certainly, uh, man. I would certainly travel abroad and maybe go training with those guys for a month but then my home is ireland i'm not i'm not packing up and and moving everything you know what i mean there's no way in hell I'm, i'll ever do that but i will definitely travel around traveling around and meeting new people and you know no matter what even if you're training with experienced pros or, or beginners like if you're traveling around and you're getting variety in your sparring partners and your training partners no matter what the level is you always feel like you're learning and you feel like you're growing and you're your your experience in different body types and things like that. You know what I mean? It's always a good thing. So I certainly will travel around and but I'm from Ireland and that that's that's where that's where I'll be basing. Uh, I'm not I'm not jacking it in and moving abroad and thinking that's the answer to all my problems because it's not. What you're looking for is not out there. What you're looking for is in here. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Now, you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying, my friend. Now, are you in Dublin right now? I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> this may be the greatest guest in the history of our show right here. Look at you, making making news right here, making an impact. That's what I was told about you. What are you eating, by the way? Peanuts? Uh, blueberries. Blueberries. Fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> are you... Are you blueberries are good for leaning out, you know what I mean? I'm a lean motherfucker as well. <laughs> lean as they come. <laughs> are you in Dublin right now? I'm in Dublin. I'm in my house. I was trying. 
I was in training this morning. There's a guy from MTV following me around the past four days. Ma- oh. I'm getting getting a mad amount of press. I'm not really used to it. It kind of does me head in a little bit as well. But there was a guy from MTV following me around for the past four days. He's making a documentary. It's going to be out this Friday if you want to oh. retweet that shit. You know what I mean? Now you have well, a lot of followers. Well, I'll but, uh, see. it be out this Friday. But I'll, I'll see if it's up to my standards. I was, I was in today, done some grappling, then done some pads. Then now after this, I'm going to head back down and do some more grappling. And then... Then that's it. Just carry on all day, every day. Now you're not no getting man. a big head on us now that you're getting all this attention, right? You're gonna stay grounded. Um, I don't know. I'm just me. You know what I mean? I'm not thinking anything. I'm just what the way I am. I'm not gonna be the. I'm always gonna be the same. You know what I mean? It's just the way I am. When you walk around really in Dublin, do you get a lot of love? Do a lot of people coming up to you? You're getting a lot of attention from the from the common folk. Yeah, well, I, not not really to be honest. I'm, like I, I don't really go anywhere. Though. I don't go anywhere. I, I wake up, I go to the gym, I go get some food, I go back to the gym, I go back, I go get some food, and then I go to bed. I, you know what I mean? Sometimes I add in a tour session. You know what I mean? That, that's what I do. I don't really go anywhere to be seeing people or not. You know what I mean? But the, the man from MTV following me around, I'm not really used to any of that. And then there's another, there's a TV station called TV Three. They were out. It's like an Irish thing. You know what I mean? They were the, the news people, and they were out doing a little thing on me and. This is the kind of thing you have to get used to, you know. It's a pain. It's a pain in the ass, you know. What I mean, having to do all this stuff while you're training as well. But I, I, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely up for doing doing it if it's going to get me out there and it's going to get Irish MMA out there and it's eventually going to lead to these guys coming back and having a having a show here, you know, once a year or whatever, you know what I mean? And getting my teammates on, you know what I mean? We're struggling. We're broke as a motherfuckers over here, yeah. Mm. All those guys training over here twenty four seven, haven't got a pot to piss in. You know what I mean, so I want to bring shows over for all these guys so we can all get fucking paid. You know what I mean? <laughs> Are you married? No, I have a girlfriend. Just shoot me now. Oh, okay. I was gonna ask oh. what what the 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 love life was like because you seem like a very you seem like a good yeah, catch. No, I have, I have... What? You seem like a good catch. I seem like a good catch. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am a good catch. Yeah, well, yeah. Now, my girlfriend. I'm with my girlfriend day a few years. And... Man, she keep she put me keep me head straight. You know what I mean? You need you need a good woman in your life. Have you got a woman yourself, already? Or, like, or is this or is MMA your woman? <laughs> I've got a wife and a son, my friend. Nice, nice, good and, man. And is she good looking? She's very good looking. I appreciate you asking. <laughs> no. Which but the look at your face? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Look at this guy. No, I'm only messing. I know, I know. Let me ask you about Marcus Brimage. We haven't talked about him. A bit of a, a funky character. Into the video games, likes to do the backflips, but he's looked very good in the UFC. What do you think of him? Yeah, fair play to him. He's 3-0 inside the octagon. He's, had, he's fought some prospects and that and... Yeah, I, I don't really look. I don't really. Give, I don't look into what 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 what, what these guys are, are at. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, there, there's no opponent. You know what I mean? You're against yourself in there, so. I don't really, I don't really look too much into him. He, he seems, he seems okay. He seems like a nice guy. He seems, a, he seems like an okay little boxer, and he's athletic. But we'll see. I think, I think his movements are limited. I think he's limited with his movements, and I look, I look to exploit that. You know what I mean? I, I move in many different ways, and I'll definitely be getting there and looking to exploit that. By the way, are you, on, are you on the main card? I should be on the main yeah. card, but I don't know. I had a, this is my first time. This is my first time out. You know what I mean? I feel like a, a wily veteran. I'm gonna feel at home when I get in there. Yeah, it's gonna feel like nothing. See, everyone talks about being afraid. No, I fear nothing. I'm gonna walk out there, he- head held high. You know what I mean? Hands up in the air and stomp out right forward for him. You know what I mean? Not not a care in the world. What's the so, most? Uh, what's I the most know. amount I'd of like people? To be on the main card. He's, what's the sorry? most amount of people that you fought in front of? Um, four thousand. Well, this is going to be different, 4, my friend. 
Sorry? This is going to be different. There's going to be way more people than 4,000. Sold out Ericsson Globe Arena. Are you, are you ready for that? Four million. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Makes no difference. It's me and him in there. Uh, like I said, I'm going to go straight for him. Hands in the air. Open palm. Chuck Norris style, yeah? Wow. How do you expect to finish him? Um, I don't know. I have a few shots picked, and he's a southpaw as well. And we'll see what happens. He's tough. We'll see what happens. Uh, I am going to finish him, though. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to walk away. I'd like a nice bonus, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm in there to get paid. I'm, like I said, we're all broke over this neck of the woods. Not a thing going for any of us, you know what I mean? So I want to get start getting paid. Maybe get maybe get myself a nice car or something. You know what I mean? I haven't even got a car at the minute, and maybe maybe some nice clothes or something. You know what I mean? A few few suits and some shit like that. So I'm looking to get paid. I'm gonna go for them and look to finish them anyway. By the way, what happens to your Cage Warriors titles? Ah, uh, you wouldn't believe what happened to them Cage Warriors titles, yeah? When I won them titles, when I won the first one, I uh, uh, John, me coach John wanted me to bring because he hangs all the belts we have up on the wall and he's always saying Connor bring down your belt and we hang it up on the wall I was like oh yeah yeah I forgot it I'll bring it down tomorrow <laughs> and then tomorrow I was like oh, I forgot it again and that happened for months and then I wins the next belt and the same thing again Connor bring down them belts we hang them up on the wall I was like oh. and then this guy got in touch wrote me a nice message he said like about he wanted me to come down they're doing some filming about a, su- a talk about suicide and bullying and you know what I mean and, he said, would I, would I come down and say a few words and bring me two belts? I was like, man, th- of, course I'll be, of course I'll do that, man. That sounds great. So I brings me two belts down to the gym, does the few words, leaves the belts there. The only time the belts are in the gym. And then Cage Warrior staff come over to film one of my teammates who's fight, fighting for the title called Pendred soon. They're filming, the PR team are filming him. And uh, I wasn't there. And didn't they take the two fucking belts back with them? What? So now, so now, right now, I've no, I've no belts. You know what I mean? And I was planning on not giving them belts back. To be honest, when it came down to it, I was just gonna delay it as long as I could to keep them belts. And then maybe, when it came down to it, then probably just pay for the belts. You know what I mean? Just say, look, I'll try you a few quid and I'll just keep them belts. Because to be honest, I, I don't know. I'm gonna get them belts back somehow. To be honest, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I will get them belts back. That is a but that's travesty. What I'm saying. You leave, you, you leave something down for two seconds and it's whipped. Just like that. <laughs> that is a travesty. You need to get those belts back. I mean, they're yours. Yeah. But are you the champion, or are you now, like, have they vacated the titles? I'm always the champion. <laughs> yeah, no, no one beat me. <laughs> no, one beat, no one took them belts off me. There is, I, I'm the champ, yeah. I'm the two-way champ. Like, 155-pound champ and the uh, 145-pound champ. All right. But uh, I think, I think of course, of course, now I'm fighting in this, they're going to gonna put two other bums in there to try and fight for it but there really is only one champ and they know it as well as i know it <laughs> and his name is conor mcgregor this might be my favorite interview of all time i'm getting hit up here people are loving you my friend uh you know i got i gotta say i think it's an apropos time to say this you know it's my favorite movie of all time what? in the name of the father you know that movie yeah i know that you know yeah the ira guys i love that movie stuck in jail for bombing, yeah that's all right you didn't like it <laughs> I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. No, it is a good film. It's a good Irish film. There's some good Irish films out there. Yeah. It's actually a good Irish TV show at the minute called Love, Hate, and I'm actually betting into that. It's about Irish ganglands, yeah? From where I'm from, Crumlin and Drimlin. It's, like it's a big TV show. It's having good success, but it's damn good Irish TV. It's not good. You know what I mean? When you see something good coming from our country, I like to support it. You know what I mean? I'm not like one of those little negative, negative people that like to hate on shit. You know what I mean? I support... I support good things that are coming from my country, and you know what I mean. And that is one of them. That show, maybe I don't know if I start getting 
Start getting me a little celebrity up. Maybe I might see a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a good thing coming out of the great country of Ireland. He he is uh, Conor McGregor. His Twitter handle is the Notorious MMA. You probably are a fan of his after listening to this interview. If you weren't a fan of his before the interview, so hit him up. Follow him as he makes his way to the UFC April sixth, Stockholm, Sweden. UFC on Fuel TV number nine. He fights Marcus Brimage. This has been a pleasure. I, I really enjoyed this. I'm happy that they they terrorized me to get you on the show, your fans. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best of luck in your UFC debut and beyond. I'm sure we'll be talking to you many times, though. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Ari. I really appreciate that, man. Thanks for them kind words. All the best to you, and uh, good luck on April sixth. Thank you, man. Thanks very much. Alrighty, that does it for us. I hope you enjoyed that. A little uh, trip down memory lane. A trip down the MMA Hour lane. And you know what's cool about the MMA Hour? Unlike other shows, every single one of our shows is archived on our iTunes page. We have an audio feed. We also have a video feed. We don't pump this up enough, but you should subscribe it. And while you're there, might as well leave a comment, rate it, all that good stuff. There's an audio one. You can just listen to the audio. Or you can download these specific interviews pick whichever one you want from over the years and put on your iPod iPhone computer etc etc that's on iTunes you could also get past episodes on Stitcher TuneIn app or MMAfighting.com so now that you're in the nostalgic mood and we won't be speaking to each other live for another seven days or so go on our iTunes page go back and look at what the show was like in June of 2009 first ever show Trust me, it will shock you. It was called Fight House Radio. It even had a different name. And it's just fun to listen to, you know, the stuff we were talking about then, where the MMA world was back then, the UFC world, all that good stuff. For now, I want to thank everyone who uh, has helped the show over the past year or so. And it's fitting that we do a show like this uh, today because we just celebrated our four-year anniversary. How about five years? I'm already nervous about that. I feel like I need to do something special for that. I'm going to spend the next seven days and really the next 14 days because we actually taped this a week earlier thinking about how I am going to put together a special five-year episode. Until then, I will see you next Monday live. It's UFC 162 week. I cannot wait until I say peace. I'm out of here.